Heather Gutenabend. Gutenabend. See what Midas Touch Network has to say. Uh, I've already seen this. Jasmine Crockett said, Wow, she flipped the script. Yeah, she showed the diaper Donald was holding national secrets in a shitter. She held up a photograph of that. Judge blocks maniac Trump's vile schemes. Hello, I'm Mark Sheen with an urgent message. Will you chip in before Why don't you chip in? Michael Popak, Legal AF. Donald Trump has the dishonor and shame of not only being prosecuted for 91 felony counts and being on trial for crimes in multiple jurisdictions, but he's also the only person I know of that has had not one, but two judges determined that a jury needed to be protected from him and make them anonymous. The most recent example, Judge McAfee, the 30-something young, six-month seasoned judge in Georgia, in Fulton County, has decided to grant Bonnie Willis's motion, the prosecutor's motion, to keep that jury anonymous and protected from who else? Donald Trump. On our most recent episode of Legal AF, former prosecutor and my colleague and friend, Karen Freeman Agnifilo and me talk about Judge McAfee. We had a lot of, a lot of fears, a lot of uh, trepidation about Judge McAfee. His, his uh, bio, his MO, looked very similar to Judge Cannon down at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Young 30-something, never been on the bench before, Federalist Society. But he's like the anti-Cannon. He is running an efficient, well-oiled machine. We get into it. We talk about why that jury here needs to be anonymous. Take a look. Well, we got a one-page order, in, by contrast, by judge, literally one page, second page was just his signature, um, responding to Fawny Willis. Fawny Willis, um, other news today, has asked for a protective order to make sure that Donald Trump, when she turns over material to Donald Trump and the others, that it doesn't leak out into the wrong hands. It's the same kind of protective order that all the federal prosecutors have been seeking and obtaining, one by one, and now Fawny Willis has asked for it as well. We'll follow that, but... Uh, the news this week that we want to cover at the midweek is Judge McAfee in the one-page order granting Fonnie Willis's efforts proper to uh, protect the jury um, from all of the things, the parade of horribles that she listed in her moving papers on the 6th of September, in which she talked about her office, her people being attacked, addresses posted on the internet, um, even on Russian websites under the control of the Russians, um, to try to, uh, including the 23 uh, special purpose grand jury or jurors, their names, where they live, who they love, where they worship, where they study, um, and, and you know what kind of uh, pet they have, all posted on Russian websites, uh, and they've all been subjected to terrible doxing, violent attacks, violent uh, threats, and so is Phony Willis's office, and she wanted that jury to be anonymous, taking a page out of um, uh, Judge Kaplan, a federal judge up in New York, who in a civil case for the digital rape, uh, uh, sexual abuse case against Donald Trump that Eugene Carroll prevailed on, in a civil case, he on his own decided that the jury needed to be protected from Donald Trump and made a whole list of findings against Donald Trump attacking jurors, grand jurors, jury for people, prosecutors, judges, and the like. He did that on his own. The only time I've ever seen that is when organized crime or drug lords 
are being um, indicted and tried, and they want to protect the jury. But now here, the only people that objected to this, Karen, were the media, who wants to get their hands on everything, because this trial is televised, meaning we'll get to see the action, we'll get to see the juice, the witnesses, the judge, the lawyers, but what we're not going to get to see, either by sketch, or photo, or by information, the details, is the jury at all. What do you feel about that decision? What, is, what do you think that shows for Judge McAfee's control of his courtroom? He's amazing, right? So far, he's shown himself to be a true pro. He knows exactly what needs to get done. He knows the law. And, you know, he, I love that it's a one page, you know, this is what we're doing um, order. So I, I think it's great. Like, th look, this is, it was interesting that, that the defense didn't jump up and down about, about this because, you know, I've never had an anonymous jury in one of my cases. It's always been denied when I was a prosecutor because the defense attorneys would jump up and down every time and say, you're signaling to the jury that my client is so dangerous that, you know, it's so bad that they have to remain anonymous and I don't want that to, you know, you're going to, it's going to prejudice my, my case if they're so scared, you know, that they have to remain anonymous, et cetera. So, um, so I thought that was sort of interesting. Nobody objected except the press, but I think the right thing. I mean, you see what happens to, you know, to these are just ordinary citizens who are doing their civic duty and they shouldn't have to be subjected to, you know, the, the, the horrific behavior of, of, people who follow Donald Trump, you know, that's, doesn't matter whether it's Trump himself who has threatened prosecutors and threatened witnesses and, you know, post pictures of, you know, the, the baseball hat to, to Alvin Bragg's head or, you know, whatever. We, we've seen so many examples of, of him threatening, um, doing things that are threatening especially January 6th, right? And he says, oh, you know, I didn't do, he, he, he says, I, I basically denies having anything to do with any violence, but we all know that he is the guy who makes all the violence happen to everybody, whether it's Ruby Friedman and Shea Moss, whether it's January 6th, whatever it is, you know, all the death threats, et cetera. And no, no juror, no average citizen should have to, you know, they're, they're doing their civic duty. They're going to jury duty. They're, it's not, you know, it takes time out of your day and uh, they shouldn't be subjected to that. So I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. All it says is that, you know, you can't videotape them. You can't, you know, sketch yeah. artists can't do something realistic about them. You can't put their images or phone numbers or addresses or any identifying information. They'll be referred to as numbers. And the only thing you'll be able to record or hear is the voice during the verdict or any questions that they have for the judge during the election. But just the voice. Yeah, I... I um... I totally agree with you. In fact, I said something similar to what you just said when the motion was really the judge up in the E.G. Carroll case, who on his own one Friday or Saturday sent out an order, you and I or Ben covered it, in which he said, I'd like to hear from the lawyers as to why or whether there should be an anonymous jury. It was just out of the top of his head. Um, you know, and we thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be Joe Tacopina and Alina Hama, and they're going to argue just what you argued, which is, no, that prejudges him. The jury's going to be like, shit, we need protection from this guy. He must be a bad guy. Um, I think it was like nothing, just like here, nothing. Because it's almost like I feel like the lawyers are convinced that they need an anonymous jury to protect their own client from his worst instincts. Um, because if they give him what he naturally wants, which is tell me who they are, tell me where they live, 
uh, bad things will happen. So sometimes, you know, I had a case that you and I like to joke about um, involving a very famous uh, musician. Uh, and when, uh, when I got him sanctioned because of his poor conduct during a deposition, attacking me and everybody else, uh, the judge basically had me write the admonitions or the warnings that she was going to read him before the next deposition. And she said, why don't you prepare them, Mr. Popak, and send them over to the other side um, for edits. And so I made them really, really, and this is my, this is my wish list. This is like my Christmas list of everything that I wanted, thinking I'm going to have to dial it back. I sent it over to them, and they wrote back, we're fine with that. Because no, no. wow. they knew, right, they let me get, we never got to that deposition, that case settled because of that. They knew that they had an out-of-control client that even they couldn't control, and they needed me to help discipline him and have the court on the bat. I think it's something sort of similar psychosis, psychology, is going on here. Well, if you like that particular clip, one of several, we do a full-length podcast of about four or five stories at the midweek and at the end of the week at that intersection of law and politics. We do it one place only, exclusively, on the Midas Touch Network. Go watch Legal AF. Um, you know, it's worth the time. It's a little bit of a time investment, but it's worth that time investment because we sit at that real estate of law and politics and we bring 75 years of collective legal experience with the three leaders of Legal AF, Ben Micellis, me, and Karen Friedman Agnifilo. Every Wednesdays and Saturdays exclusively on, you know, the Midas Touch Network and every place you can get your audio podcast from. So until the next Legal AF, until my next hot take, this is Michael Popak. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report. And continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Talk. So, um... to society. Hmm. Anyway. See what else Midas Touch has. Step by step, inch by inch, Michael Cohn gives roadmap for humiliating Trump in court four hours ago. This was posted. Thanks for 264, even though those are just my sensors. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Look, no one knows how to beat Donald Trump like his former fixer, Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen knows the roadmap and shares it with us on the Midas Touch Network. Heck, it was Michael Cohen who provided some of the key information that led New York Attorney General Letitia James to bring the civil fraud case approximately a year ago that has now resulted in a partial summary judgment against Donald Trump where the Trump organization, where Donald Trump, his adult Shut kids, down. Eric and Don Dissolved. Jr., and others, 
They will have their businesses dissolved. Their LLCs, their business entities are canceled based on the order of Judge Ingoron. And that all comes from the information and the courage, frankly, by Michael Cohen, who provided this data to New York Attorney General Letitia James. He was at least in part, I'll say, responsible for it. She credited him with that um, when she announced the filing of the civil fraud lawsuit a year ago. So I want you to hear, this is so important from Michael Cohen about the roadmap, because malignant narcissists, sociopaths, people like Donald Trump, fascists, what they want to do is try to wear you down. They want to wear the country down. They want to wear the world down. They want to wear you down. So you just throw up your hands and you say, I give up enough, enough, because fascism can be relentless. And that's why it's important, though, to never give up. But Michael Cohen sets forth a concrete roadmap, how he did it and what we can do as a country to kind of take those lessons and apply it and how we push back, how we can defeat Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans. And it's step by step. This is one of the most important interviews I think you'll see. Here is Michael Cohen. Hey, Michael, play the clip. Now, like, this must be so hard on you. And the answer is, it is. So much harder than people than people know. You think um, being involved in these types of depositions, as you know, I'm also number six on the government's witness list for the New York Attorney General's case. Uh, then I'm also number one on the uh, Manhattan DA's case, even though the number that you're given has nothing to do with when they ask you to come in and uh, sit. You know, in the jury, in the in the uh, witness box, uh, it's just you know where your name falls on the on the list. And I got to tell you, the way I describe it to them is there's only one way to beat Trump. You can't try to sprint this. It's the same way with this lawsuit. You can't try to sprint it and bring you know bring it home. I didn't file a motion to dismiss right off the rip as soon as. You know, I received that frivolous action. The first thing we did, yes, we also filed the motion uh, to dismiss based upon multiple mistakes and the causes of action and so on. But we have that discovery in, and that's what we're now, um, you know, benefiting from. You have to, it's like having a massive boulder and you're trying to roll that boulder up a hill. If you try to sprint it and just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, eventually what will happen is you run out of steam and then the boulder will run you over and kill you. That's Donald Trump. So what do you do? Slow, through patience. Patience goes a long way here. And today, I'm just gonna do two, three inches. And tomorrow, two, three inches. And then the next day, two, three inches. And maybe on Thursday I feel a little stronger. We're going to go four inches. And then maybe on Friday, the same. Right? On Shabbos, we'll get a rest. And then we're going to start again on Sunday. Right? So, ultimately, as I always say about the wheels of justice turning slowly, they ultimately come full circle. So, ultimately, with time, 
that boulder will now be at the top of the mountain and it will be, you know, where we need to be. And that's exactly what's happening. And a lot of the thanks goes to you, goes to the brigaders, goes to the supporters of my, of, you know, Midas Touch Network, of Maya Culpa, uh, of Michael Cohen, of Team Hashtag Team Cohen. A lot of the um, assistance came from you. I couldn't have done this without you, without the support of everybody. You know, these actions, they're not just emotionally draining. They're not just physically draining. You know, when you get a 200-page document that you have to go through, when you have to sit, as I did, uh, for example, in like the Attorney General's case, which they are going to use against me um, for this specific case as well, you got to go through each and every one of those pages. You have to go through the document. You have to watch the video of you being transcribed to ensure that what you say is actually what was being transcribed and that there are no errors because what's on that paper ends up uh, being attested to. And, you know, that then just comes, uh, unless you change it, uh, it's, you know, that's the answer. And so you have to be very, very careful. There is so much work that goes into this. And this isn't compensable work. You know, this is work that you're doing in order to protect democracy for all of us. You know, the last time that we were all together, I turned around and I, I tell you, and I spoke about this as well on our after show. One of the big concerns that I have for American democracy as it relates to Trump is people don't want to listen to what Donald is telling them. Again, I hear these mega morons, and I refer to them as the idiots with the four teeth and the three brain cells, or sometimes it's three teeth and four brain cells. But, and they usually get married and have a kid with less than one brain cell. Here's the biggest problem. Donald is telling you right off the bat what he intends to do. It's not Michael Cohen making it up because I have some animus. It's not Ben Micellis turning around and making it up because he has some animus. This is specifically what Donald Trump is telling us. And yet, for whatever reason, these MAGA morons just refuse to listen. The first thing he's telling us is, on day number one, if he is reelected, he's going to rewrite the Constitution. Man, that fucking chutzpah, the nerve of this guy, thinking that he has the intellectual capacity to rewrite the Constitution? The fucking asshole doesn't even have self-constitution. He's never even read the Constitution. Yeah, he knows the Second Amendment. He knows the First Amendment because he violated mine. You know, he knows the Fifth Amendment. That's certainly for sure. Right? So other than that, you start questioning. He doesn't know what he's talking about on basically anything. Everything is made up, and it's from, uh, it's from a perspective that benefits him. And why do I say he's going to rewrite the Constitution? Because it's important what he wants to do. And again, it's, not, it's just us providing you with facts. Look it up. I'm not the one who's saying it. I'm repeating what Donald said. He wants to separate out the legislative and the judicial branches from a tripartite system of checks and balances, meaning all power will now vest in the hands of solely the executive branch, which means what? Solely in the hands of the chief executive of the executive branch, i.e., President of the United States of America, that being him. You're not a president when you have sole and absolute power.
do whatever you want, you are now the king, you're the monarch, you're the supreme leader, you're the Fuhrer, whatever you want to call the guy, whatever it is, you're not calling him president, you're calling him ruler, and that's what he wants to be. But what did he say the other day? In fact, right, he had his way. He thinks General Milley, General Mark Milley, a four-star general, highest-ranking general, member of the chief of staff, he believes that his actions are treasonous, and he would call for Mark Milley's execution. Could you imagine this shit? A man who has given his entire life to the preservation of democracy, to American values. He really personifies America's military, America's values. He's a decent man. He contacted China in order to tell them that there is no nuclear alert that they need to be concerned about because there were rumors going around that Donald, in order to stay in power, was going to start a war with China. And he set the record straight. And Trump finds that to be, what, disloyal. Therefore, Mark Milley, General Mark Milley, should be executed. Again, this isn't my component. Google it. Look for yourself. Verify the facts so you understand that when we bring this stuff to you, it's not innuendo. It's facts. The problem with Donald having absolute power, and this is something that Supreme Court justices, members of Congress, the businessmen that are right now supporting him, the billionaire class, that tenth of one percent, and that he has helped to make so much money for over his presidential administration, they need, just like every citizen in America, they need to be extremely cautious of that vote uh, in terms of voting for Donald, because the second this guy has that ability within which to rewrite the Constitution to take full power over the government, he will take their money too. And as soon as he gets the opportunity, which will be day number two, any Supreme Court justice voted against him that allowed his tax returns, for example, to be released to, um, you know, to Alvin Bragg or to um, Bonnie Willis or to Fish James or whoever, he will bag them and tag them and lock their asses away in Guantanamo. He will have absolute power to do whatever he wants. And I know it sounds hyperbolic and it sounds dystopian and it sounds like it's right out of the handmade tale and so on. It's exactly the power he thinks that he will be able to take. And you know what? Once this guy is controlling the military, once that he has the ability to turn around and to rewrite the Constitution, which is something he wants to do, hey, number one, there will be no stopping him. It's something that, you know, that I spoke to um, so many people about, including Joy Reid last night. Once you lose your democracy, once you lose a right, is almost impossible to get back. Rest assured, the second that Donald Trump grabs a hold of one of those constitutional rights to violate yours for his benefit, we'll never see it again. We'll never recognize democracy, American democracy, ever again if Donald has his way. It's why voting, making sure, like Ben Shirt, you vote blue all the way, so important. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report. Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us.
here. Let's see what else they've got. No time for distractions. Full speed ahead. Jack Smith told his head about the bogus distractions. Saving with Liberty Mutual now. They customize your car insurance. They only pay for what you need. You could save $700 just by switching. Oh, let me put a reminder on my phone. On the top of the pile. Only. Michael Popak, Legal AF. The attempts to impeach Joe Biden have gone nowhere and nowhere fast. You know, when you have witnesses who say that they don't have any evidence to support the impeachment, and you lead off the impeachment hearing kickoff season with your lead constitutional uh, expert who says, no, he doesn't see anything that would support high crimes and misdemeanors to impeach Joe Biden either. You know, that's not a good beginning. That's a big nothing. You know what else has been a big nothing so far that we need to cover again? It's the special counsel Robert Hur's investigation of Joe Biden's handling of classified documents after he was vice president. Remember when there was only one federal prosecution of, of Donald Trump, you know, Mar-a-Lago, and we slapped our forehead because kind of right in the middle, the judge had just been appointed. There were some good developments in the Mar-a-Lago prosecution by Jack Smith, and boom, you know, the, uh, the Biden administration in late 2022 had to admit that some boxes were in Joe Biden's garage and some boxes that had been at the Penn-Biden uh, Center for Diplomacy or whatever it was, uh, a joint venture between himself and, uh, and a university. That those boxes may have you know, not been properly taped up and cataloged and, and they may have had some classified documents in them. We all said, oh, unforced error, we just shot ourselves in the foot. Why does Joe Biden have documents? But look, the reality is, let's just, I know Donald Trump likes to say, <laughs> Joe Biden's retention following being vice president of 10-year-old documents, the same thing as he did at Mar-a-Lago. But let's contrast on all the ways it's not. Uh, Joe Biden is not being investigated for obstructing justice, deleting video evidence, a conspiracy with his workers to hide boxes and documents from the federal government, Department of Justice, National Archives, and federal judges, delete evidence or, or uh, destroy evidence in conspiracies related to that, and he's not being accused of violating the Espionage Act. That alone is Donald Trump. All that Robert Herr, a former Trump-appointed prosecutor, so he's a Trump-appointed federal prosecutor that Merrick Garland tapped to be the special counsel here, brilliant, all that he and his team have been looking at for nine months is sort of you know, the technical violations potentially on a chain of custody of boxes of documents, whether they were sealed properly, cataloged properly, returned to the National Archive properly, and whether they adhered to proper policies and procedures. I'm already bored talking about Robert Kerr's investigation because of what it deals with. Not Espionage Act, not obstruction of justice, not lack of cooperation with the, with the uh, investigators at all, the opposite. This was self-reported by Joe Biden and his team. We may not have liked it. We were like, oh, darn, you know, this is when Pence popped out. He said, I got boxes too. Everybody raised their hand sheepishly, except for uh, Barack Obama. In fact, I was doing the research. The New York Times had a good report on this. Did you know that every administration, president or his staff, has had a special counsel appointed to investigate them at some point, either in the administration or after it ended, since Watergate, Every president or his staff has had a special counsel appointed against him, except Barack Obama. No drama Obama, no special counsel ever appointed. They kept threatening it. They always threaten. That's the first thing the party out of power does or when they get back into power. 
especially the Republicans. Let's impeach the president. Right? Why not? Lord knows what he's done. Let him do his job. Right? You don't like it? Then stand for election. But to impeach the guy or the woman during their term is, in my view, unless there's real evidence of corruption, high crimes and misdemeanors, is really anti-democratic, anti-patriotic, and undermines uh, the strength and, uh, and uh, the strength of our democracy by doing that. So let's go back to Robert Kehar, H-U-R. Robert Kehar uh, was the uh, U.S. Attorney for, for Maryland, appointed by Donald Trump. He had been in the Trump Department of Justice at one time. He had been the um, Deputy Attorney General, a pretty high position, so like the number two or three position, under Rod Rosenstein at the time that the Mueller, that Mueller was appointed a special counsel to investigate Donald Trump. So he's, he's very well liked and very well considered. And he and his team have quietly, quietly, no press conferences, no updates for the last nine months, been talking to people about Joe Biden, particularly Steve Ricchetti. Steve Ricchetti is sort of a person that we don't normally talk about. He'd been a trade representative, and more importantly, a senior close trusted advisor of Joe Biden. It was sort of responsible for what Joe Biden would do after the vice presidency. You know, it wasn't immediately obvious that he was going to run for the presidency, and there was a gap, right? Hillary ran first, and so Joe needed to do something. You know, he was in his late 60s, early 70s, and he, he was vibrant, uh, as he is now, and he wanted to serve his, his uh country as he had for the last 50 years. And so Steve Ricchetti helped set up not-for-profits and, and boards and, uh, and uh, diplomacy, uh, you know, uh, uh, units and diplomacy uh, uh, boards for him to serve on and set up the Penn Biden uh, Center uh, to do, uh, to, you know, to keep him vibrant, keep him relevant. So Steve Ricchetti knows a lot about what happened to those boxes and documents that were at the Penn Biden Center. What, how'd they end up, some of them, not all of them, in the, in the garage for Joe Biden and other things. So they, they've interviewed him, we know that. They've interviewed Anthony Blinken, who's our Secretary of State, because a lot of these people, just recall, a lot of these people that are in the Biden administration now worked with him when he was Vice President. Jake Sullivan, who is our National Security Advisor, Right, like the number two job in security after the, after the Secretary of State. He was a, a slightly lower level advisor for the Vice President. So they interviewed him. Ron Klain, who became um, Joe Biden's Chief of Staff, but had a role in working with him and Obama when they were in office as President and Vice President. They've interviewed him. So they've gotten all these interviews, and they've done other interviews too, um, because they've been working for nine months and billing, you know, billing the taxpayers for all their work. And the only open question, as the New York Times outlined, rightly so, is will Biden sit for an interview? I, I don't know if he sits for an interview. He may. Um, he's, he's transparent, and he certainly wants to contrast himself with Donald Trump, who is the opposite. I don't even he's more he's opaque isn't even the right word. He's just a black box uh, of obstruction. And so uh, Biden will probably, I would imagine he would sit for an interview. If he, it may start with a series of questions that are, that are given to him that are then written with his lawyers and then he signs under oath, probably something like that, you know, and, and before we get to an actual sit down with the president in the Oval Office, uh, which is where that would happen likely. But I think at some point Joe Biden certainly is going to participate willingly 
and transparently um, give it, but also uh, in the investigation, but also, you know, cabin it so that people understand he's got a job to do, which is to be the leader of the free world on domestic and foreign policies. I, I just thought the most interesting fact, and I'll give you my view, if you've got a nine-month investigation that's been leaked through, and they've been talking to these people, the worst-case scenario is that Robert Herr concludes that Joe Biden's team under him, but not him particularly, was a little sloppy in their adherence to the Presidential Records Act, the chain of custody and protocol, but not a crime. Remember, he's a U.S. attorney, so he's, a, he's looking for a crime. Like every hammer sees a nail, every prosecutor looks for a crime. And I don't believe, and I think it would be not even remote the chance, it's like no chance, that they're going to find willful intent to keep classified documents by Joe Biden to match up with, with uh, what Donald Trump's being charged with and will go to trial on in May uh, of 2024 in Mar-a-Lago. They're, they're not even comparable. As I like to say, it's like apples and bowling balls. I mean, these aren't even in the same realm. Although, again, it was a little bit of a forehead slapper when we got the reporting at the end of January that, uh, that Joe Biden had a couple of boxes, whatever it is. Whatever it is. I say a couple. 50 boxes, you know, it's not a lot given he was, he was been in public service since he was the youngest senator in the history of America and the oldest president. He's got a lot of stuff, right? Think about what you got. If you had to move tomorrow, think about what you have in your house, basement, attic, apartment, and the like, storage unit, that you'd have to, like, wrap up. Could you do it? Is it perfect? Who has an inventory of things they have in a storage unit? Let's just leave it at that. But the worst, it'll be a wrap on the knuckles for some other people around Joe Biden about how they didn't properly um, catalog these things and get it back to, to the National Archive. But not espionage, not obstruction of justice, not a conspiracy to delete and, and uh, destroy evidence and tamper with evidence uh, and the like. That's holy on Donald Trump. But I think it's important on the Midas Touch Network as we do our part to protect and preserve democracy, that we talk about things that are even a little bit uncomfortable about people that we respect and that we admire and that we're following, like Joe Biden, President Biden. And so I don't want to be, we'd be remiss if we didn't occasionally update when there was news about the investigation of him by Robert Herr, um, his own special counsel for this particular narrow issue. Um, there's no special counsel looking into anything else, just to be clear, around the globe about Joe Biden. I know the MAGA Republicans would like one. They'd like Merrick Garland to appoint a special counsel to look into, um, you know, all of these BS issues about charisma in Ukraine and money to Hunter Biden and somehow ending up in Joe Biden's bank account. But there's a reason that there, you don't really hear a lot of pressure on them. Think about that. As much as they're in the press about their sham impeachment hearing, using witnesses that don't even support what they're proposing, I mean, I don't know how much vetting they did. If your number one lead witness to kick it off, a constitutional law professor, looks everybody in the eye, millions of Americans, says, I don't see any high crimes and misdemeanors to support an impeachment. That's not a good beginning. It went kind of downhill from there. But you see, that's where their effort was in. Showpieces, political theater, literally, performative art to attack Joe Biden. You don't see them pressuring Merrick Garland, even when he came before them a week ago and sat for four hours defending his, op his administration and, 
the leadership of the Department of Justice. Um, they didn't say, they didn't pound on the table and demand the appointment of a special counsel to investigate, you know, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. I mean, they did. They had a couple of fringe Congress people that tried to do that. But you don't see them, you know, putting up a giant whiteboard, you know, J112 of our request that the that the Department of Ju Joe Biden's Department of Justice investigate Joe Biden as a special counsel. You don't see that, like that zero dark 30 breaking on the window every day. Because that's not what they want. Because they know, first of all, Merrick Garland's not going to do that. Because there, has not, there hasn't been any evidence developed by the FBI or the IRS or any other banking records that indicate that Joe Biden is corrupt. Even just saying that is sort of ridiculous, right? Donald Trump came out of the, the, uh, the swamps of New York real estate business to become the president of the United States with very little money. None of his financial records were made available. None of his Internal Revenue Service tax filings. First president in 100 years didn't even get his tax returns. So there was very little vetting of him. He was, he was opaque, purposely, purposefully, to the American people. They had to, like, thumb up or thumb down based on his celebrity, based on his uh, puffer, his P.T. Barnum. His, that's what they had to vote on. Joe Biden, in contrast, not forget about his tax returns, which is, which is made public every year. He's literally been in the public eye for over 50 years, 5-0. There has been plenty of time, 50 years of time, for the press, investigative reporting, prosecutors, state and federal, to investigate Joe Biden. He is so transparent, he's so see-through, you almost can't see him. There was an old... There's an old song from the movie and Broadway show Chicago, Mr. Cellophane. You can see right through him. Joe Biden is Mr. Cellophane. You can literally see right, you can almost see right through him. He's been in the public eye since he was the youngest senator in the history of America and the oldest president. You know what that means? You've been on the public stage and you've been vetted, right, in the crucible of our, of our um, media attention. He went from, you know, newspapers like the New York Times, the Washington Post doing investigative pieces about about corruption in Washington, including Watergate, you know, to social media, which does it in the nanosecond. And he has survived all that because he's not corrupt. And the only reason that Donald Trump now, the comeuppance of Donald Trump, not a fall of Donald Trump, he was always in the sewers. People like that lived in New York knew that. But now the American people see it. And that's why he's been indicted 91 times for 91 felonies. We have a joke at the Midas Touch Network. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me 91 times, Donald Trump. That is the stark contrast, not only in the person, the character, the leadership of these two people that are running for the, for the highest job in the land to be the leader of the free world, but that's the distinctions that we're seeing between how they handle classified documents. One, Joe Biden was a mistake. And oops, right? He had cookie jars, but he didn't have his hands in the cookie jars. And he's returned the cookie jars. Donald Trump, different story. Hands in 91 cookie jars, right? And then tried to hide them and destroy the cookie jars so that the government wouldn't find out about it. That's different. 
and Robert Herr, I'm sure after nine months or whatever it's going to take it to wrap up this investigation of the taxpayer dime, is going to conclude that there were no crimes committed by Joe Biden or anybody around him. We'll continue to follow things that are uncomfortable, even about the people that we like and that we admire. One place, the Midas Touch Network. Help them get to 2 million free subscribers. The bigger they are, the Midas Touch Network, the more your voice matters and is heard. If you like what I'm doing here, give me a thumbs up. It helps with the ratings. I do hot takes like this one in one place only at the intersection of law and politics. And that's the Midas Touch Network. Uh, you can follow me also. I'm one of the leaders of Legal AF. It's what you think. It's on Wednesdays and Saturdays we curate the top five stories just like this one at the intersection of law, politics, and justice. And we do it in a show we think is hopefully informative and a little bit entertaining. Wednesdays and Saturdays, and you can get it from, you can get it on your audio podcast wherever you get audio podcasts from. Until my next hot take, until my next episode of Legal AF, this is Michael Popoff reporting. Hey Midas Mighty, love this report. We continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at Midas Touch to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Democrats shred the GOP. Did you know that people everywhere are recommending Their good faces and it's amazing. I'm Ben Micellas from the Midas Touch Network. I want to show you this clip of the brilliant Democratic minority leader, Hakeem Jeffries, as he tears into the MAGA extremism and incompetence. Play the clip. Our Republican colleagues have refused to find ways to partner together far too often and instead continue to double and triple down on their extremism. Yesterday was a big example of the charade, the illegitimate impeachment inquiry that they've launched. Two days before government shutdown, they hold a hearing where their own witnesses testify that there's nothing in the record to suggest that President Biden committed an impeachable offense. Their own witnesses. So this is another example of Republicans governing in fantasy land, bowing down to the extremists in their party, being distracted from taking care of business for everyday Americans. We should be focused on dealing with building a healthy economy. We should be focused on solving problems for everyday Americans. Mm should be focused on quality of life issues, should be focused on public safety, should be focused on making sure that our children receive a high quality public education. The extreme MAGA Republicans focus on trying to drive their conspiracy theories and their right-wing ideology down the throats of the American people, and it's a shame. You know, it's so important that we play clips like that that are not getting attention on legacy media because not only is legacy media not playing clips and showing the American public the truth, but then you have right-wing disinformation media like Fox. So watch what happens here when
the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, goes on Fox. And he has an incredible explanation on the importance of America leading the way with technology. But the Chiron that's run on Fox, this disinformation echo chamber, Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin-style propaganda network runs the Chiron. Biden grapples with growing disapproval as you have Pete Buttigieg talking because they're trying to manipulate their views. So ignore the bottom, listen to the words and the common sense of smart, intellectual, compassionate people who happen to be Democrats as opposed to this MAGA Republican extremist nonsense. Play this clip of Pete Buttigieg. have an auto strike that shows no signs as of now of being solved. And soon enough, it's going to move into its second week. And I was just wondering, Donald Trump was in Michigan on Wednesday night. He was saying you got to hold firm because otherwise China's going to have all your jobs in a matter of two years' time. And the Inflation Reduction Act provided so much money for green energy. Did the administration sell out these union jobs in order to build electric cars in America? Well, the opposite is true. Uh, we want to make sure that the electric car, the new technologies, are built in America, just like the old technologies. If a new technology is coming, right, which it is with EVs, and China has built an advantage, which President Trump allowed to happen because he didn't do much to promote American-made and union-made EVs, uh, now we're in a situation where uh, you can't just trap people in the old technology. I'm sorry, but like the, the idea that America is going to compete and win in the 21st century by clinging to 20th century technology, uh, that's a recipe for those jobs to disappear. And I know exactly what that can do uh, because I grew up in the industrial Midwest surrounded by the, the literal carcasses of the factories of companies that couldn't innovate fast enough. Uh, sometimes when, when I'm hearing this dialogue and this debate, uh, it, last week when I was testifying in Congress hearing a lot about EVs, I, I feel like it's 2005 and I'm meeting people from the Rotary Phone Society uh, this new technology is here. The only question is whether it will be built in America and whether it will be built uh, largely by union workers or whether it will be built in China. Uh, clinging to the old technology is not a recipe for success. And importantly, uh, the UAW agrees, uh, right? They're not saying we have to uh, somehow trap people in using the old technology and the old kind of cars forever until the last dog dies. What they're saying is this is the dawn of a new chapter in the auto industry. But, but these, these union electric workers, vehicles are yeah, the future, but, and they want to make sure that they get good union benefits making them. Just want to make because, folks, here is the problem. This is Fox. This is Maria Bartiroma earlier in the morning. And here she displays a fabricated text message used by MAGA Republican Byron Donalds during the impeachment hearing, the sham impeachment hearing. AOC called it out that it was fabricated. She showed what the real text message said and showed that Byron Donalds was cherry picking certain words and putting them together to try to make it look like Joe Biden. By the way, when he wasn't even president, was trying to influence Hunter Biden's businesses. When this was about helping Hunter Biden out when he was a drug addict and was so broke he couldn't afford to pay alimony. And the MAGA Republicans just distort the message, lie about what it says. And then even after they're called out for the lie, even once you prove it's a fabricated message, they run with this. Play this clip. Yeah, so what do you think is the most damning evidence then? 
Well, I think I think the answer that uh, we had uh, Hunter Biden and his uncle Jim Biden negotiating an oil and gas deal between the Chinese Communist Party and Russia and using the vice president as a mechanism for a shakedown on these people when they weren't getting paid. And again, that entire scheme started when Joe Biden was vice president, continued while he was out of office and continued up until the end while he was running for the presidency. Just so you can see, here is the full text message right here that talks about the issue is alimony and that Hunter Biden was broke and destitute and needed help from his father in 2018 at a time when Joe Biden was not the president and not the vice president. Fox still shows the fabrication and they show people like this, Greg Murphy, who they platform, MAGA Republican. And when you ask these questions, so what's this impeachment? What's the most important evidence? There is no evidence. There is no evidence. So what do they say? It's a web. It's just, it's a web and barisma. So why didn't you allow then the evidence to be admitted during the sham impeachment hearing? When like Democratic Congress member Dan Goldman wanted to introduce the evidence from your purported witness, Devin Archer, your star witness, you refused to let Dan Goldman introduce the evidence first. Let me play you Greg Murphy, MAGA Republican, play the clip. But what do you deem as the most important evidence against Joe Biden for potential bribery? Well, it's it's a web. It's a web, Maria. And, you know, the whole thing started with Burisma. Uh, it was a corrupt company. Their own their own uh, prosecutor, federal prosecutor, was going after them. So they say, what can, what, what can we do to stop this? So they hire Hunter Biden who has absolutely nothing to do with this energy company. He knows nothing of this, paying him $88,000 a day. All of a sudden, wow, the vice president goes over to Ukraine, threatens him, and we have actual TV, audio, and visual evidence where he's threatening to withhold a billion dollars unless they get rid of the prosecutor that's pushing it against Burisma. And then when, hey, Happy Joe gets about $5 million a little while later, and the thing is, they're so corrupt, 20 shell companies that have actual no product, no business, no whatsoever, being paid by Ukraine, by China, by Russia, by Romania. The thought goes on and on and on. They're, we're just closing in, closing in on the final smoking guns of this. You know, the guy said he was honest. He's the most corrupt president this nation has ever seen, ever seen. Wow. That, that is just stunning. Next, I want to play for you Dan Goldman trying to introduce the evidence. Play the clip. Point of order down here. Chairman. Chair recognizes Mr. Donald for five minutes. Order. You'll have five minutes. You'll I'm have my five minutes. Of point of no, order. you're out of order. You're out of order, Mr. Goldman. I have a when, point you're, order. when your time is... I will be recognizing Mr. Donalds for five minutes. Is it being introduced? Chair recognizes Mr. Donalds for five minutes. Byron, it's your Chair, time. Chair, the rules require you Thank to you, recognize. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. No. Yes, for a point of order, they absolutely do. Chair recognizes Mr. Donald. And as Mr. Donald's time ticking to order. No, Mr. Donald's time is not going to tick. Actually, Mr. Chairman, I request this clock be set back to five minutes. Mr. Chairman, can I just make a parliamentary inquiry then? Are we not to make points of order on either side during? You keep speaking about no evidence. Why don't you all just listen? I'm trying to introduce evidence. You've already introduced, you've already had your... Is it there of evidence? Are you no, Mr. Mr. Donalds, five minutes. And finally here, the utter and complete hypocrisy is mind-numbing. That the MAGA Republicans, and frankly legacy media as well, 
would attack a lifelong public servant, humble public servant, like President Joe Biden, who's devoted his whole life to helping people out. Do I agree with Joe Biden and everything? Absolutely not. But you have Donald Trump, who's engaged in the biggest corruption, foreign influence, right in our faces, flagrant and disgusting. And MAGA Republicans don't do anything about it. In fact, they pretend that doesn't exist. And then take all of the things that Trump actually does and try to come up with some web of lies and say that Biden did it. I mean, that's how immature and ridiculous and propagandist these MAGA Republicans are. So watch this last clip. This is Jerry Connolly, Democratic Congress member, who puts the hypocrisy of MAGA Republicans into perspective. Play the clip. Distract, deflect, accept. Hold on to those two words, distract and deflect, because I think this hearing is all about, look over here, not over there. So Professor Gerhardt, when, uh, I've heard concern about branding. So shouldn't we be concerned about all those Biden towers all over the world where foreign partnerships were formed and influence was used here in the United States? I've seen these towers in Indonesia, in the Philippines, in Turkey. I even saw one in Chicago. Uh, shouldn't that be a source of concern of this committee in terms of influence both foreign and and domestic when you know, President Biden became president? If there were such things as Biden buildings. Well, well was there anyone who did have them? I think we all know who had Well, could you set, tell us? Because, you know, well, um, just give I me think, the name, Professor Gerhardt. I, I think Gerhard. we're talking about Mr. Trump. Ah, thank you. So, um, when President Biden appointed his son to manage U.S. foreign policy, both in the Persian Gulf and the Middle East peace. By the way, a son who couldn't qualify for getting a um, security clearance, but he, President Biden apparently granted it to Hunter anyhow. And then after leaving the White House, getting a $2 billion deal, because we're told by Mr. Dubinsky, follow the money, especially foreign money. Um, shouldn't that be a concern to us that maybe a sweetheart deal uh, occurred with the blessing of the president with foreign money, and should we look at Hunter Biden for that, given the fact that he had handled Middle East peace in the White House? It should have been a concern with President Trump and his son-in-law. Oh, Trump, I got that wrong again. And so, folks, I'm proud of the Democrats' messaging. I really am. But it's incumbent upon us to spread those messages, because I'm telling you, there are billions and billions of dollars each month being funneled to right-wing media and legacy media to undermine this messaging. And it is critical that you share these videos, subscribe to this YouTube channel, and let's get this messaging out there. Not because it's Democrats, it's because it's accurate. It's because it's truthful, and that's what matters. I've been Micellus. Hit subscribe and check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.
bogus sham evidence and witnesses are lying and fabricating evidence sounds not like my case. Arizona, the Coliseum Concert Series presented by Arizona Lottery is back, featuring the violent femmes from the October 27th. 2023 marks the 40th anniversary of their self-titled more evidence of our national secrets, say on a stage at Mar-a-Lago. Hey folks, I'm Tennessee Brando here with the Midas Touch Network. How many times a day do you hear the phrase of Biden crime family? And how many times a day do you hear about Hunter Biden and his laptop? And how many times does someone come and she's telling you that Joe Biden is a criminal and they have all the proof, they have all the evidence, they have all the whistleblowers, and if we would just open our eyes to it, if we would just take a look at it over here, take a deep look, we would see all the crime and all the corruption. Every time we ask them to provide us with one single shred of evidence, they come at us with an empty sack. How many times does that happen? Well, I'll tell you what. It's not just us getting trolled by people in the comment section. It's also our elected officials getting trolled every single day. I've got a clip here of AOC where she's asking, are there any witnesses here to any of these high crimes or misdemeanors? Watch what happens. And any serious diabetic and say he's anemic and that's what they that's what the police but she planted evidence what we planted evidence what we planted evidence and then she shows up one maggot one maggot but a mature dead maggot a mature dead big giant maggot one huge one which is which they could get from any fucking thing she could have got that from another fucking animal she could have got that from outside in the fucking trash can who knows but she could have planted she could have planted that evidence because where did she get it from because they sure didn't take the fucking thing off his dick so where the fuck did she get the fucking maggot from she lied the, the zoe zoe's a fucking criminal she's a fucking criminal she did that shit she fucking did that shit and and, and she lied all the way Swatted me. I got fucking swatted. And killed my dog. She got me swatted and killed my dog. Yeah, and killed the dog. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fucking terrorist. She's yeah. a bad person. She's a real bad person. Man, she's a super bad person. I can't imagine why she would do something so fucking evil other than she has mental issues. She's struggling with drug psychosis. Oh, she's 
No, 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 no. The dude that came in the eyes lit up and and Leva her she just loves my Polish chickens you know she told you that um she well uh, she mentioned them yeah she and uh her eyes lit up the same she's way she's got chickens she told you yeah she yeah 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 I was talking about dust baths that they take dust baths and uh I said, I said you know something about you know that did you know they like to take dust baths oh yeah oh and uh, and, uh I, I saw your your Polish. So my here's here's uh, here's an impression. Let me know what you think of this. Okay. Right before, no, right before they fucking raided the place and and uh, swatted swatted my swatted this place. Um, I had just put up a like um a TikTok about you know like that I had mini chickens for sale. And, and, uh, I think they were just prompted by your friend, Brett, to be honest with you. She pushed it so hard that, that they weren't, they weren't, they weren't thinking of that. They were thinking more along the lines of Beth like was how they could the cash truth. in. They were thinking Beth was telling the truth, okay? And, with and what, so was what saying. was her report? Huh? So what was, the, you said that she was calling them around. Oh, yeah, the she, called, the pack. she called the fucking, she called the, uh. She even said, "Do you want a reward?" They even it even asked, "Do you want a reward?" And it, and she said, "No." You know, and then she called. Then she called somebody else. Because reward. The vet didn't want to report it. Okay. So she wanted the vet to make a report to the sheriff's department, and she was pissed that the vet wouldn't do it. And, and so she made she made her she pushed it until she called the sheriff. She called fucking everybody. She called everybody and their fucking mama to get to get uh, to get you to get them to come here and do that. She pushed them. Uh, she she pushed them and to she come told here. Zoe to and uh, oh, yeah. the thing about the other animals. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. Um, non-stop, non-stop, uh, non-stop false information. Okay, <laughs> lots of it, lots of false information. Uh huh. false information. Just that nobody checked, or like what? They know. didn't really, they didn't really go and they, 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 So we They tried to call us because we didn't know all the circumstances. They tried to call us. To say if they could come in, and we were we were like no, but that's our fucking right to say no. There was uh-huh. nothing wrong, and if you want to go up there, everything that they got on the pictures is normal everyday shit. They're just fucking making up. They they took they must have took four hundred photos. <laughs> I promise you, four hundred fucking motherfucking photos of nothing. What I told you, nothing. Eggs, broken eggs and shit. Nothing burgers. Nothing, nothing, some poo poo, some poo poo in the front of my thing, some poo poo over there by you, the dirt shit. Nothing, nothing, not a fucking thing. Not a fucking thing. Okay? Just some poo shit. Like, nasty. That they did all that is fucking. is crazy. To try to cover their ass. Yeah, because that's why I told you some of them. 
shit, and they kept, you know, but, but they, but what happened was, they were already committed, and old Teddy, Teddy knew he fucked up too, he fucked up big time, because he pushed this shit so fucking hard, he pushed this shit so hard, and, and, and he's, he's, he's a fucking sorry sack of shit himself, because they lied on all the reports, they lied, they lied, they lied. They did not tell the fucking truth on one fucking report. Like, nothing. Other than the time frames are all off. See, that's my biggest question is, does an officer, can an officer, like, you know, finagle the time frame? No, the fuck they can't. No, they can't. They can't finagle no time frame because that's illegal because that means that they had time to conspire. They had time to to prepare things, to, to you know, establish establish things and set evidence and and. and, and you know, plant evidence, and mm-hmm. that's what it tells me. Mm-hmm. Watch it. And and so so I'm just like these motherfuckers. They they really they really took it to the fucking gusto, man. Malicious. Maliciously, malicious, malicious, and they're still they're still. So we I think, can prove that they were malicious. Can uh, we? Yeah, and I think I think that okay. So so okay. Uh, what's the, her name? That's harassment. What's her name? Some of the girls, Kanye, Kanye, she took some pictures. She took a lot of pictures. But but the thing is, is that, you know, I mean, somebody was doing their job, basically. But some people weren't doing their job, okay? But some people were doing their job. And it ended up, you know, like, like okay. They did their job, but, but still, I just think that they could have, uh, they could have fucking done better. You know, they definitely could have done better. That's for sure. But they decided to do whatever it was they were going to do. Uh, um, and, and, and it ended up, you know, it ended up being bad for us. I mean, really bad for us. Because, because they, they, they went on, they didn't have enough, they really, they, I'm telling you, they were confused over there. When they first, when they first came here, they're like, damn, like, like, no, nah, I don't know, man. But how could they back down? They'd already done it. See, they'd done the deed. They arrested you, put you in, and see, they did it too fast. They should have just let you explain some shit. And had you been able to explain some shit. And, and show, show them around. So, yeah. They, yeah. But, they, but they made it like I showed them around. They lied and said that I showed them around. Uh-huh. They, they lied. didn't, not. They lied. Yeah. Oh, they lied. They lied. They lied. You, never, they you never went up there with no, them. No, of course not. No, no, they played You left in a car. Fucking you left in a car. Fucking they pulled another vehicle. Lie. The moment you rolled out of here, I mean, uh-huh. the moment you rolled out of here, they put me in another vehicle and then drove me to the bottom within like within like five minutes. They just backed out of here and then that's Yeah, the well, it's so fucking gung ho to, to uh, take us to jail. I think Trump. Take it Trump. Blame Trump. Totally makes sense. Exactly what what he wants. He wanted that. Wanted. How much you want to bet? How much you want to bet? Like Detective Noon is a big trumper. Look it up. I bet you'll find out he's a fucking trumper. And old diaper Donald made a phone call. He's he's famous for being for making perfect phone calls, isn't he? Huh? <laughs> He's Isn't Diaper Donald famous for making perfect phone calls? Perfect. So all he has to do is make a perfect phone call, call to his little, a little pig friend here in Pima, Pima County. And, and uh, yeah, oh, Detective Noon, who's a big fucking ass trumper, I guarantee it. And he's like, he's all over that. He wants to, he would love to impress the old Diaper Donald. Crap in his pants everywhere he goes crapping on this country.
figuratively and literally. Hey man, welcome back. I just heard about that. That was great. They didn't want you to hear it because they shut you off. But this has some great spouts some BS about Biden's cognitive decline question mark show them this video Okay, let's see here. Anybody there? Yes, you are. You are still there. Let's hear that again. She might win, Jeb. On the picket line with the auto workers, right? You guys, the UAW, you saved the automobile industry back in 2008 and before. Made a lot of sacrifices. Gave up a lot. And the companies were in trouble. But now they're doing incredibly well. And guess what? You should be doing incredibly well, too. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive beauties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. On television, one of these characters, there shouldn't be voter ID. Now you have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have, you have ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have... All right, let me paint you a little picture here. So you've been in a coma the last few years. You come out of it to find there's two candidates for president. Just three years separating them in age. The incumbent is on the front lines with union workers making history as the first modern day president to do so. The other stood in front of a crowd of people and said that whale deaths are being doctored and that Jeb Bush is responsible for the Iraq war. It's less than four months before the season starts we start in iowa we go to new hampshire we come down here you know the beauty was when i came here everyone thought bush was going to win and then they took a poll and they found out trump was up by about 50 points everyone said what's going on right here they thought bush because bush supposedly was a military person great you know what he was a military he got us into the uh, he got us into the middle east how did that work out right but they all thought that uh, bush might win jeb remember jeb he used, he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. But we came here. Which of the two do you think is considered too old? This conversation took place on Fox News' The Five this week. With the usual suspects impersonating their fearless cult leader by yelling falsities until one of them sticks. To the lack of access, this guy is a walking stand-in. And he can't even stand. And he's about this close to falling down again. And that's how scared they are. I would just say today he was standing upright on the picket line with the auto workers. Right. And tomorrow Trump will be showing showing up at a non-union plant in Michigan. He was not invited by the union to come and speak. Yeah. Jesse Waters, a resident proponent of Biden conspiracy theories surrounding his health, was on the offense in favor of Trump. But resident liberal voice Jessica Tala was on hand with receipts to remind him that, well, mate, if you're going to play that card, what about your own candidate? Based on what other world leaders and people in other countries think of America. But you said, OK, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. 
And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive beauties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. Has anyone shown ID to get Wonder Bread lately? He said that he ran against Obama in 2016. have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent. They're leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. Scientists are shocked. They have found that ear ringing is shrinking your brain cells. Tinnitus is literally where he ran against Hillary Clinton. He warned that Biden will get us into World War II, which I'm pretty sure we already fought and won. And yesterday he confused Jeb Bush and George W. Bush and said that Jeb got us involved in the Middle East. And then, of course, there are his authoritarian posts on Truth Social calling for the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to be executed and saying that he's going to investigate media companies that he doesn't well, like. You know and can you imagine if Biden said, you know what, I'm going to look into that Fox News. This, they don't seem to like me over there. This may be the choice that people have. Yeah. Uh, and this is the thing. Most of the people who are making the case that Biden's age is a deterring factor in 2024 are just seemingly ignoring the fact that their own candidate, a man who's quite literally been yelling into the sky about an election that he thinks he still won despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. What do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way? To win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot. Okay? You Let's know, get that straight. I won in 2020. You know that this, and if you look at all of the tapes, if the you look at shows. everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes, or Mr. let's go to recent. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to recent. FBI Twitter. Let's go to recent. The 51 agents. All corrupt stuff, Brett. Understand about the Hunter Biden. No, but that's cheating on the election. But that's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election. Uh, uh, Brad, uh, you take a look at all of the stuff ballots. You take a look at all of the things, including things like the 51 intelligence there were, agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant right, widespread We're trying fraud. to get recounts, real recounts, not just numbers of votes Widespread cast. corruption. There was not a sense of that. There were lawsuits, more than 50 of them, by your lawyers, some in front of Freddy, judges, Freddy. judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. That came out with Wisconsin no evidence. It's almost melting before our eyes from claiming that he beat Barack Obama in 2016 to win the presidency, that Jeb Bush, the only Bush whose fingerprints aren't all over Iraq, was responsible for leading America into that war, and that the most pressing issue today for voters is windmill to whale death ratio, I think. You have to being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up and show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't... You wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. But don't worry, those are just a few. And MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan was on hand to put together a montage of Trump's best bits. But you said, okay, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. Mueller report, I wish covered the oranges, how it started. In the failing New York Times by an anomalous, really an anomalous, gutless, Howard. They sacrifice every day for the furniture and future 
of their children. Tim Apple, Mike Pounds. I know words. I had the best words. Yosemites, Yosemites, Nambia. Thailand. <laughs> Ooh, there was a mosquito. I don't want mosquitoes around me. I'm a very stable genius. <laughs> the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection? I tested positively toward negative, right? <laughs> People are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 times, as opposed to once. Sinks, right? Showers. And what goes with a sink and a shower? 10 times, right? 10 times. Not me, of course, not me. One of the wettest we've ever seen from the standpoint of water. <laughs> and the worst president in the history of our country who is cognitively impaired, in no condition to lead, and is now in charge of dealing with Russia and possible nuclear war. Just think of it. We would be God bless the United States. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report. Continue the conversation by following up. Thugs who have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent. They're leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. He ran against Hillary Clinton. He warned that Biden will get us into World War II, which I'm pretty sure we already fought and won. And yesterday he confused Jeb Bush and George W. Bush and said that Jeb got us involved in the Middle East. And then, of course, there are his authoritarian posts on Truth Social calling for the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to be executed and saying that he's going to investigate media companies that he doesn't well, like. You know and can you imagine if Biden said, you know what, I'm going to look into that Fox News. This, they don't seem to like me over there. This may be the choice that people have. Yeah. Uh, and this is the thing. Most of the people who are making the case that Biden's age is a deterring factor in 2024 are just seemingly ignoring the fact that their own candidate, a man who's quite literally been yelling into the sky about an election that he thinks he still won despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. What do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way to win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot, okay? 
You Let's know, get that straight. I won in 2020. You know that this, and if you look at all of the tapes, if you look at shows. everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes, or let's go to recent. Wait a minute. Let's go to recent. FBI Twitter. Let's go to recent. The 51 agents. All corrupt stuff, Brett. Understand about all, the Hunter Biden. No, but that's cheating on the election. But that's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election. Uh, Brett. Uh, you take a look at all of the stuff ballots. You take a look at all of the things, including things like the 51 intelligence there were, agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant well, widespread We're trying fraud. to get recounts, real recounts, not just numbers of votes Widespread cast. corruption. There was not a sense of that. There were lawsuits, more than 50 of them, by your lawyers, some in front of Ready, judges, judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. That came out with Wisconsin no evidence. Is, is almost melting before our eyes from claiming that he beat Barack Obama in 2016 to win the presidency, that Jeb Bush, the only Bush whose fingerprints aren't all over Iraq, was responsible for leading America into that war, and that the most pressing issue today for voters is windmill to whale death ratio, I think. You have to being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up a show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't, you wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. But don't worry, those are just a few. And MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan was on hand who put together a montage of Trump's best bits. But you said, okay, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. Mueller report, I wish covered the oranges how it started in the failing new york times by an anonymous really an anonymous gutless coward they sacrifice every day for the furniture and future of their children jim apple mike pounds i know words i had the best words yosemites yosemites nambia Oh, there was a mosquito. I don't want mosquitoes around me. I'm a very stable genius. <laughs> the disinfectant that knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection? I tested positively toward negative, right? <laughs> People are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 times, as opposed to once. Sinks, right? Showers. And what goes with a sink and a shower? 10 times, right? 10 times. Wow, not me, of course, not me. we've ever seen from the standpoint of water. And the worst president in the history of the country who is 
Adam's carpet to lay in there. No condition to leave. And is now in charge of dealing with Russia. Russia. A possible nuclear war. Just think of Hey Midas Mighty, love this report. Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at Midas Touch. She don't need no Instagram. Season starts. We start in Iowa. We go to New Hampshire. We come down here. You know the beauty was when I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Bush, because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what he was a military? He got us into the, uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out, right? But they all thought person. that uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used, he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. But we came here. Which of the two do you think is considered too old? This conversation took place on Fox News at five this week. But the usual suspects impersonating their fearless cult leader by yelling falsities until one of them sticks. To the lack of access, this guy is a walking stand-in, and he can't even stand. And he's about this close to falling down again. And that's how scared they are. I was hoping today he was standing upright on the picket line with the auto workers, right? And tomorrow, Trump will be showing, showing up in a non-union plan in Michigan. He was not invited by the union to come and speak. Jesse Waters, a resident proponent of Biden conspiracy theories surrounding his health, was on the offense in favor of Trump. A resident liberal voice, Jessica Tala, was on hand with receipts to remind him that, well, mate, if you're going to play that card, what about your own candidate? based on what other world leaders and people in other countries think of America. But you said, okay, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive duties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. Has anyone shown ID to get Wonder Bread lately? Hmm. He said that he ran against Obama in 2016. The have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, and leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. He ran against Hillary Clinton. He warned that Biden will get us into World War II, which I'm pretty sure we already fought and won. And yesterday, he confused Jeb Bush and George W. Bush and said that Jeb got us involved in the Middle East. And then, of course, there are his authoritarian posts on Truth Social calling for the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to be executed and saying that he's going to investigate media companies that he doesn't like. And can you imagine if Biden said, you know what, I'm going to look into that Fox News. This, they don't seem to like me over there. This may be the choice that people have. Yeah. Uh, and this is the thing. Most of the people who are making the case that Biden's age is a deterring factor in 2024 are just seemingly ignoring the fact that their own candidate, a man who's quite literally been yelling into the sky about an election that he thinks he still won despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. What do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way? To win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot, okay? <laughs> Let's get that straight. I won in 2020. You know that this, and if you look at all that's of not the tapes, if you look at everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes, or Mr. President, let's go to recent, well, wait a minute, let's go to recent, FBI Twitter, 
Let's go to reason for 51 agents. All corrupt stuff, Brett. Understand about all the corrupt stuff. That's cheating on the election. Brett. That's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election. Uh, Brett, uh, you take a look at all of the stuff ballots. You take a look at all of the things, including things like the 51 intelligence there were, agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant recounts. We're trying to get recounts, real recounts, not just numbers of votes. Widespread cast. corruption, there was not a sense of that. There were lawsuits, more than 50 of them, by your lawyers, some in front of Brett, judges, judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. That came out with Wisconsin no evidence. It's almost melting before our eyes from yeah. claiming that he beat Barack Obama in 2016 to win the presidency. That Jeb Bush, the only Bush whose fingerprints aren't all over Iraq was responsible for leading America into that war. But the most pressing issue today for voters is windmill to whale death ratio, I think. You guys are being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that there. Washing up and show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't, you wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. But don't worry, those are just a few. And MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan was on hand who put together a montage of Trump's best bits. But you said, okay, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. A report I wish covered the oranges, how it started. In the failing New York Times by Ananamas. Really, an enormous, gutless coward. They sacrifice every day for the furniture and future of their children. Tim Apple, Mike Pounds. I know words. I had the best words. Yosemites, Yosemites, Nambia. Thailand. <laughs> a mosquito. I don't want mosquitoes around me. I'm a very stable genius. <laughs> the disinfectant that knocks it out in a minute. In a minute. And is there a way we can do something like that? Uh, by injection. I tested positively for negative, right? Seen from the standpoint of water. <laughs> and the worst president in the history of our country. Guys, 
can't even stand. Okay, today he was standing upright on the picket line with the auto workers, right? You guys, UAW, you saved the automobile industry back in 2008 and before. They made a lot of sacrifices, gave up a lot. And the companies were in trouble. But now they're doing incredibly well. And guess what? You should be doing incredibly well, too. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive duties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. This television, one of these characters, there shouldn't be a voter ID. You have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have, you have ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have... All right, let me paint you a little picture here. So you've been in a coma the last few years. You come out of it to find there's two candidates for president. Just three years separating them in age. The incumbent is on the front lines with union workers making history as the first modern-day president to do so. The other stood in front of a crowd of people and said that whale deaths are being doctored and that Jeb Bush is responsible for the Iraq war. It's less than four months before the season starts. We start in... Iowa, we go to New Hampshire, we come down here. You know, the beauty was when I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Bush, because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what? He was a military. He got us into the, uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out? Right. But they all thought that uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used, he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. But we came here. Which of the two do you think is considered too old? This conversation took place on Fox News' Defy this week. With the usual suspects impersonating their fearless cult leader by yelling falsities until one of them sticks. To the lack of access, this guy is a walking stand-in. And he can't even stand. And he's about this close to falling down again. And that's how scared they are. I would just say today, he was standing upright on the picket line with the auto workers, right? And tomorrow, Trump will be showing, showing up at a non-union plant in Michigan. He was not invited by the union to come and speak. Jesse Waters, a resident proponent of Biden conspiracy theories surrounding his health, was on the offense in favor of Trump. A resident liberal voice, Jessica Tala, was on hand with receipts to remind him that, well, they, if you're going to play that card, what about your own candidate? Based on what other world leaders and people in other countries think of America. But you said, okay, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive duties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. Has anyone shown ID to get Wonder Bread lately? He said that he ran against Obama in 2016. Thugs have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent. They're leading by a lot, including Obama. But I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. He ran against Hillary Clinton. He warned that Biden will get us into World War II, which I'm pretty sure we already fought and won. And yesterday, he confused Jeb Bush and George W. Bush and said that Jeb got us involved in the Middle East. And then, of course, there are his authoritarian posts on Truth Social calling for the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to be executed and saying that he's going to investigate media companies. That he doesn't lie. And can you imagine if Biden said, you know what, I'm going to look into that Fox News 
This, they don't seem to like me over there. This may be the choice that people have. Yeah. Uh, this is the thing. Most of the people who are making the case that Biden's age is a deterring factor in 2024 are just seemingly ignoring the fact that their own candidate, a man who's quite literally been yelling into the sky about an election that he thinks he still won despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. What do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way to win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot, okay? You Let's know, get that straight. I won in 2020. You know that this, and if you look at all that's of not the tapes, if you look at everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes, or let's go to recent. Wait a minute. Let's go to recent. FBI Twitter. Let's go to recent. The 51 agents. All corrupt stuff, Brad. Understand about that. Well, well, no, but that's cheating on the election. That's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election. Uh, Brad. Uh, you take a look at all of the stuff ballots, you take a look at all of the things, including things like the 51 intelligence there, agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant well, widespread We're trying to get recounts, real recounts. There were investigations, investigations of widespread cast. corruption. There was not a sense of that. There were lawsuits, more than 50 of them, by your lawyers, some in front of Ready, judges, right? judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. That came out with Wisconsin no is almost milking before our eyes and claiming that he beat Barack Obama in 2016 to win the presidency. That Jeb Bush, the only Bush whose fingerprints aren't all over Iraq was responsible for leading America into that war. And that the most pressing issue today for voters is windmill to whale death ratio, I think. You are being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up a show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't, you wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. But don't worry, those are just a few. And MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan was on hand who put together a montage of Trump's best bits. Uh, but you said, okay, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. The report I wish covered the oranges, how it started. In the failing New York Times by an anomalous, really an anomalous, gutless coward. They sacrifice every day for the furniture and future of their children. Tim Apple, Mike Pounds. I know words, I had the best words. Yosemites, Yosemites, Nambia. Thailand. <laughs> You have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. The Democrats, ooh, there was a mosquito. I don't want mosquitoes around me. I'm a very stable genius. <laughs> the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection? I tested positively toward negative, right? People are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 times, as opposed to once. Sinks, right? Showers. And what goes with a sink and a shower? 10 times, right? 10 times. Wow, not me, of course, not me.
Not you want to wash your hands, you turn on the sink, the water comes up. No, get those lights off. Off. You have a shower. It's no good for me. Remember the dishwasher, you press it, boom, there'd be like an explosion. One of the wettest we've ever seen from the standpoint of water. And the worst president in the history of our country who is cognitively impaired, in no condition to lead, and is now in charge of dealing with Russia and possible nuclear war. Just think of it. We would be in World War II very quickly. God bless the United States. Hey Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. <laughs> it's like my favorite Midas Touch video ever, maybe. <laughs> this is my favorite Midas Touch video ever, I think, and I've seen probably a couple thousand. I'm the only presidential candidate calling for a court-ordered psychiatric evaluation of Trump. I really need to file. Are you guys still there? Okay. Ayo. Um. Yeah, you are. Shout out to KAMP Student Radio at the University of Aridstone. No. I'm Kepiwati, Pesquiaki, Travel Radio, Travel Radio, Travel Radio. Oh, my face, right? You guys, UAW, you saved the automobile industry back in 2008 and before. Made a lot of sacrifices. Gave up a lot. And the companies were in trouble. But now they're doing incredibly well. And guess what? You should be doing incredibly well, too. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive beauties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. Only <laughs> television, one of these characters. There shouldn't be voter ID. Now you have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have, you have ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have... All right, let me paint you a little picture here. So you've been in a coma the last few years. You come out of it to find there's two candidates for president, just three years separating them in age. The incumbent is on the front lines with union workers making history as the first modern-day president to do so. The other stood in front of a crowd of people and said that whale deaths are being doctored and that Jeb Bush is responsible for the Iraq war. It's less than four months before the season starts. We start in... Iowa, we go to New Hampshire, we come down here. You know, the beauty was when I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Bush, because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what he was a military? He got us into the, uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out, right? But they all thought that uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used, he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. 
never forget it. But we came here. Which of the two do you think is considered too old? This conversation took place on Fox News' Defy this week, with the usual suspects impersonating their fearless cult leader by yelling falsities until one of them sticks. To the lack of access, this guy is a walking stand-in, and he can't even stand. And he's about this close to falling down again. And that's how scared they are. I would just say today he was standing upright on the picket line with the auto workers, right? And tomorrow, Trump will be showing, showing up at a non-union plant in Michigan. He was not invited by the union to come and speak. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, well I bought bread with an ID the other yeah, day. Yeah. Jesse Waters, a resident proponent of Biden conspiracy theories surrounding his health, was on the offense in favor of Trump. But resident liberal voice Jessica Tala was on hand with receipts to remind him that, well, mate, if you're going to play that card, what about your own candidate? based on what other world leaders and people in other countries think of America. But you said, okay, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive beauties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. Has anyone shown ID to get Wonder Bread lately? He said that he ran against Obama in 2016. have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, They're leading by a lot, including Obama. But I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. He ran against Hillary Clinton. He warned that Biden will get us into World War II, which I'm pretty sure we already fought and won. And yesterday, he confused Jeb Bush and George W. Bush and said that Jeb got us involved in the Middle East. And then, of course, there are his authoritarian posts on Truth Social calling for the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to be executed and saying that he's going to investigate media companies that he doesn't like. And can you imagine if Biden said, you know what, I'm going to look into that Fox News. They don't seem to like me over there. This may be the choice that people have. Uh, And this is the thing. Most of the people who are making the case that Biden's age is a deterring factor in 2024 are just seemingly ignoring the fact that their own candidate, a man who's quite literally been yelling into the sky about an election that he thinks he still won despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. What do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way to win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot, okay? You Let's know, get that straight. I won in 2020. You know that this, and if you look at all of the tapes, if you look at everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes, or let's go to recent. Wait a minute. Let's go to recent. FBI Twitter. Let's go to recent. The 51 agents, all corrupt stuff, Brad. Understand about the Hunter Biden. No, but that's cheating on the election. But that's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 all election. All of America uh, is Brad, being gaslit. Uh, you take a look at all of the stuff ballots. You take a look at all of the things, including things like the 51 intelligence there were, agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant widespread corruption. We're trying corruption. to get recounts, real recounts, not just numbers of votes. Widespread cast. corruption, there was not a sense of that. There were lawsuits, more than 50 of them, by your lawyers, some in front of Ready, judges, Ready? judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. That came out with Wisconsin no evidence. Is, is almost melting before our eye from claiming that he beat Barack Obama in 2016 to win the presidency, that Jeb Bush, the only Bush whose fingerprints aren't all over a was responsible for leading America into that war, and that the most pressing issue today for voters is windmill to whale death ratio, I think. You are being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. 
There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up and show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't, you wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. But don't worry, those are just a few. And MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan was on hand who put together a montage of Trump's best bits. But you said... Okay, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. The Mueller report, I wish, covered the oranges, how it started. In the failing New York Times by an anomalous, really an anomalous, gutless coward. They sacrifice every day for the furniture, future of their children. Jim Apple, Mike Pounds. I know words. I had the best words. Yosemites, Yosemites, Nambia. Silence. You have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. The Democrats. Ooh, there was a mosquito. I don't want mosquitoes around me. I'm a very stable genius. The disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that? Uh, by injection. I tested positively for negative, right? People are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 times, as opposed to once. Sinks, right? Showers. And what goes with a sink and a shower? Toilet. It was all paid Ten times, right? Ten times. Not me, of course, not me. want to wash your hands you turn on the seat the water comes up no get those lights off off you have a shower remember the dishwasher you press it boom there'd be like an explosion one of the wettest <laughs> I've ever seen from the standpoint of water water <laughs> <laughs> First president in the history of our country who is cognitively impaired, in no condition to lead, and is now in charge of dealing with Russia like and possible nuclear war. Just think of it. We would be in World War II very quickly. God bless the well, United so States. Hey Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue yeah, the conversation by following right. us on Instagram, at Midas Touch. To keep up with the most in workers, right? You guys, the UAW, you saved the automobile industry back in 2008 and before. Made a lot of sacrifices, gave up a lot, and the companies were in trouble. But now they're doing incredibly well. And guess what? You should be doing incredibly well, too. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive beauties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. This is on television, one of these characters. There shouldn't be a voter ID. Now you have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have, you have ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have 
Alright, let me paint you a little picture here. Say you've been in a coma the last few years. You come out of it to find there's two candidates for president. Just three years separating them in age. The incumbent is on the front lines with union workers making history as the first modern day president to do so. The other stood in front of a crowd of people and said that whale deaths are being doctored and that Jeb Bush is responsible for the Iraq war. It's less than four months before the season starts. We start in Iowa, we go to New Hampshire, we come down here. You know the beauty was, when I came here, everyone thought Bush was going to win. And then they took a poll and they found out Trump was up by about 50 points. Everyone said, what's going on right here? They thought Bush, because Bush supposedly was a military person. Great. You know what he was a military? He got us into the, uh, he got us into the Middle East. How did that work out, right? Fucking raving lunatic. But they all thought that uh, Bush might win. Jeb. Remember Jeb? He used, he used the word Jeb. He didn't use the word Bush. I said, you mean he's ashamed of the last name? And then they immediately started using the name Bush. Never forget it. But we came here. Which of the two do you think is considered too old? This conversation took place on Fox News' Defy this week, with the usual suspects impersonating their fearless cult leader by yelling falsities until one of them sticks. This to the lack of access. This guy is a walking stand-in, and he can't even stand. And he's about this close to falling down again. And that's how scared they are. I would just say today he was standing upright on the picket line with the auto workers, right? And tomorrow, Trump will be showing, showing up at a non-union plant in Michigan. He was not invited by the union to come and speak. Jesse Waters, a resident proponent of Biden conspiracy theories surrounding his health, was on the offense in favor of Trump. But resident liberal voice Jessica Tala was on hand with receipts to remind him that, well, mate, if you're going to play that card, what about your own candidate? Based on what other world leaders and people in other countries think of America. But you said, OK, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. And I put together some of Trump's latest cognitive beauties from the last 10 days. He said you need an ID to buy bread. Has anyone shown ID to get Wonder Bread lately? He said that he ran against Obama in 2016. Thugs have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, leading by a lot, including Obama. Amen. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. He ran against Hillary Clinton. He warned that Biden will get us into World War II, which I'm pretty sure we already fought and won. <laughs> and yesterday, he confused Jeb Bush and George W. Bush and said that Jeb got us involved in the Middle East. And then, of course, there are his authoritarian posts on Truth Social calling for the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff <laughs> to be executed and saying that he's going to investigate media companies that he doesn't well, like. You know and can you imagine if Biden said, you know what, I'm going to look into that Fox News. This, they don't seem to like me over there. This may be the choice that people have. Yeah. Uh, and this is the thing. Most of the people who are making the case that Biden's age is a deterring factor in 2024 are just seemingly ignoring the fact that their own candidate, a man who's quite literally been yelling into the sky about an election that he thinks he still won despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. What do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way? To win her back. First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot, okay? You Let's know, get that straight. I won winning. in 2020. You know that this, and if you look at all of the tapes, if you look at everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes, or let's go to recent. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to recent. FBI, Twitter. Let's go to recent. The 51 agents. All corrupt stuff, Brad. Understand about the Hunter Biden. All, no, but that's the election. But, 
That's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election. Uh, Brett, uh, you take a look at all of the stuffed ballots. You take a look at no, all of the things, including fine. things like the 51 intelligence there agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant no, widespread corruption. We're trying to get recounts, real recounts, there were not just numbers of votes. Widespread cast. corruption, there was not a sense of that. There were lawsuits more than... Fifty of them by your lawyers, some in front of Freddy, the judges, Freddy. judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. That came out with Wisconsin no evidence. He's almost melting before our eyes from claiming that he beat Barack Obama in 2016 to win the presidency. That Jeb Bush, the only Bush whose fingerprints aren't all over Iraq, was responsible for leading America into that war. And that the most pressing issue today for voters is windmill to whale death ratio, I think. You have to being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up and show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't. You wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. But don't worry, those are just a few. And MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan was on hand to put together a montage of Trump's best bits. But you said, okay, you don't need to watch him. Let's just hear what comes out of his mouth. The report, I wish, covered the oranges, how it started. In the failing New York Times by... The oranges of how it started. Really anonymous. Anonymous. Godless power. They sacrifice every day for the furniture, the future of their children. I know words. I have the best words. Yosemites. Yosemites. Stable genius. The disinfectant that knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that? Uh, by injection. I tested positively toward negative, right? One of the wettest we've ever seen the from the standpoint of water.
And the worst president in the history of our country. And the worst who is cognitively impaired, in no condition to leave, and is now in charge of dealing with Russia. Dealing with Russia. Impossible nuclear war. Impossible nuclear war. We would be in World War II. In World War II. Very quickly. God bless the United States. United hey, Mighty Mighty. Love this report. Continue the conversation by following God us on... God bless the United Shits. Hey there, what's up?
know, we hear them all day talk about how they're they're tired of working all day for bullshit pay. Well, your government's about to shut down, and meanwhile, you've got this bogus Biden impeachment inquiry that they have absolutely no evidence for. But if you think that AOC clip was dynamite, I'm going to show you what's going to blow your mind. Jasmine Crockett just steps up and absolutely drops the mic, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. Check this out. President of the United States has committed. But when we start talking about things that look like evidence, they want to act like they blind. They don't know what this is. These are our national secrets. Looks like in the shitter to me. This looks like more evidence of our national secrets, say on a stage at Mar-a-Lago. When we're talking about somebody that's committed high crimes, it's at least indictments, let's say 32 counts related to unauthorized retention of national security secrets, seven counts related to obstructing the investigation, three false statements, one count of conspiracy to defraud the United States, falsified business records conspiracy to defraud the United States, two counts related to efforts to obstruct the vote certification proceedings, one count of conspiracy to violate civil rights, 23 counts related to forgery or false document statements, eight counts related to soliciting, and that could go on because he's got 91 counts pending right now. But I will tell you what the president has been guilty of. He has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally, and that is the only evidence that they have brought forward. And honestly, I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child. Until they find some evidence, we need to get back to the people's work, which means keeping this government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States. And I will yield. Transgender. It's made very, very cool through the media. With TikTok, through Reddit, through Tumblr, through Instagram, through Facebook, through Twitter, through their games, in their movies. Why are they all doing this simultaneously? government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States, and I will yield. Now that right there is the kind of fire, and that right there is the kind of drive that we need more of in the Democratic Party, because folks, we have the evidence. We have the evidence against Trump, and we're holding Donald Trump accountable. They have absolutely nothing on Joe Biden, and yet they continue to tell us they have it. Well, until they can present it, they just really need to sit down and let the grown-ups in the room get back to doing the job at hand. Let's talk a minute about Jasmine Crockett. That is the type of person that we need to be showcasing more. That's the type of person that needs to get the microphone more often. Because we can always go to Warren Bover for quick things. We can always go to Warren Bover and she's always going to be entertaining us, okay? Mainstream news sources know they can play Lauren Boebert all night long and people are going to tune in to watch it. But why they won't show you, why the mainstream sources won't show you people like Jasmine Crockett is because she's dropping these truth bombs that completely debunk the narrative. And when it completely debunks the narrative, they have a harder time holding their stories together when they're over here trying to focus on Donald Trump's polls, always surging in the polls. How did this happen? Oh, he flew in on a new jet. Let's take a look at this new jet. Oh, let's take a look at this comment he made, and they try to break these things down and analyze them. Meanwhile, you've got people on our side of the fence who are dropping the truth, who are dropping actual evidence, who are making a difference, and who are fighting for the working class people. The, the, the other side's over here, yeah, they're, they're cranking up some new songs. They're, they're staying there for the working class. They're, they're making all the claims all day long, and we can all sit back and let them do that, or we can stand up and say, no, look, we have people 
who are asking you to provide evidence, and you have nothing. And until you come up with something, sit down, stay out of our way, let us do the jobs at hand. This government shutdown that's looming over us is going to affect millions of American people. It, and then they're going to stand up and they're going to talk about how they can't get ahead in this world, how they can't, how they can't make it, how they're just working overtime all the time and they can't get ahead in this world. And meanwhile, they sit back and they root for politicians who have no evidence, no proof, does not believe in science. These people have nothing except they ride on their emotions. They have nothing except preying upon their emotions, get them all riled up about something that's never really going to affect them, that's never really going to happen. I understand that it would have to be painful to be a Trump supporter and realize just how played you've got. And I realize that a lot of the videos we make on here that shows you the evidence, that shows you the truth, has to sting a little bit. Rather than trying to say, Joe Biden did it too, with no evidence, why don't you just accept the facts of the matter I'll hold Donald Trump accountable. I keep hearing people say all the time about, oh, this country has to heal. This country has to come together. Well, I don't think we will ever heal and come together if we give Donald Trump a pass and we give Donald Trump a free ride. I think the first step for this country healing is for the other side, not us anymore. We've done that. We've done our job. The other side has to stand up and they have to hold Donald Trump accountable. And they have to make an example and say, look, when you lay your hand on the Bible and you raise your right hand, and you swear to protect and to defend the Constitution, you have to, that means something in this country. That actually means something. We will hold you accountable for that oath that you make. Otherwise, if we don't hold him accountable, there's not going to be any healing. Because if you just keep throwing distractions at us, and you just keep gaslighting, and you just keep projecting, that's not going to heal anything. The way we heal is Donald Trump gets held accountable, and then on the other side, they go back to the drawing board, they sit down in a room, they get a round table and discussion started, and they say, hey, how did we drop this ball? Any football team, any basketball team that loses a really hard-fought game, they go back to the drawing board and they say, what was wrong? Was it our offense? Was it our defense? Was it our receivers? Was it our quarterback? What did it? What caused us to lose that game? So Republicans, go back, get in a room, get all around the table, go back to the drawing board, say, this is where we fucked up. We did it because we embraced this candidate that absolutely destroyed our party. And, and get, get, get back to what you used to argue about. We probably will sit, still disagree with you. We're probably still not going to be voting on your side, but we would respect you a lot more if you came to the table with real evidence. If you came to the table with ideas that was backed up by data and research instead of some concocted conspiracy that someone came up with, and you just know it will be good for ratings. That's what's getting so tiresome, and that's what we got to move past. Folks, I really appreciate you guys watching this video, and I hope you'll hit that subscribe button here on Miles Touch. And as always, I'm Tennessee Brando. You guys keep tuning in. We'll keep telling you the truth. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? And continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch. Let's keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Will he customize and say, with Liberty Mutual, he's got it! I'm on fire tonight. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. If you've been injured in a car accident, don't call an attorney. Use this AI app instead.
That's what I did, and it's how I got this $100,000 check in less than 30 seconds. I know it sounds crazy, but trust me, if you've been injured in a car accident, I'm about to turn your world upside down. So I was in a car accident a few months ago. My car was totaled, and I ended up injuring my arm. I was in a bad situation. I missed work, and to make things worse, the small check the insurance offered me wasn't enough to buy a replacement car in this market. Luckily, I was scrolling on my phone late at night and came across a video just like this. So we've all heard of AI before. It's smarter and better than humans and will eventually replace us all. But I've never heard of an AI lawyer before. I found this app called the Case Connect Compensation Calculator. It's 100% free for anyone to use. And I put a link in the description below, so check it out. But it looks like this. It uses an AI lawyer that's pretty much the same level of a Harvard Law graduate. It asks four simple questions and instantly compares your car accident to over 10 million car accidents. Then it'll tell you immediately if you qualify for a major cash payout. And the best part, if you qualify, it can connect you to a Case Connect specialist who will get the money for you. You literally don't have to pay a penny out of pocket to lift the finger. That's what I did, and I'm so grateful because your check is going to put me back on my feet and help me replace my car. AI is eventually going to take over, and who knows what will happen. But for now, this AI lawyer is like your personal law firm who works for you for free, has only your best interest in mind, and will get you paid more than any law firm could ever get to. So if you've been injured in a car accident and want a major cash payout like I got here, then use this AI attorney app ASAP. Answer four simple questions and see if you qualify for as much or more than I got here. Click the link I shared in the description. I hope this helps.
Hey there, what's up, man? Let's see what else other great stuff Midas Touch is up to. Breaking MAGA Republicans defeated a spending bill passes. Shut down, um, what again? Spending bill passes, whoa, what? Ha, no government shutdown, MAGA loses again. Ah, nah, five hours ago. Posted. Why are women everywhere? I'm gonna Even try to. Well, the new I'm. I will be getting a little bit more punctual. Like as soon as it, well, as soon as it's posted, I'm gonna post it too. The nays are 91. Two thirds being in the affirmative. The rules are suspended. Yeah, the bill yeah. is passed, and without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network, and this is a breaking news alert. The House of Representatives have passed a short-term funding bill known as a... Misconduct. Suspend the Republican Party. Tristan for Press, Trump for Prison. Okay. <coughs> Continuing resolution I bill. said, I said, nah, yeah. this is perfect time to charge them with misconduct. They presented fake evidence in Congress, demand their expulsion, all of them, and for insurrection. Where are those charges? Suspend the Republican Party. Trusted for press, Trump for prison. By a vote of 335 in favor, 91 against. By and large, this was They still fucking presented fake Democrat evidence. Where's the misconduct? 90 charges. Who voted against more. Christopher Perez, Trump for prison. Between Hunter Biden, I'm going to tag Hunter Biden, and James Biden. Okay, AOC. No, 
What a burn, what a cut. That in a Stick your finger up your butt. A moment, because you have MAGA Republicans like Matt Gates livid. You have Marjorie Taylor Greene livid. You have MAGA Republicans now calling for the weakest speaker in the House in American history, Kevin McCarthy, to step aside. A motion to vacate may be introduced by MAGA Republican Matt Gates. As soon as next Monday, there was drama on the floor right after this continuing resolution bill passed. Matt Gates tried to introduce a motion to vacate before the gavel hit down and the chamber was adjourned. So Matt Gates was not able to introduce the motion to vacate. Then we will see if he introduces it on Monday. This continuing resolution bill was not a completely clean bill, although by and large, all of the priorities by the Democrats, by and large, all of the priorities of President Joe Biden were preserved, including a $16 billion federal disaster assistance package, which was critical to President Biden and Democrats. Also, all of the MAGA Republican poison pills, by and large, were removed, like MAGA Republicans' extremist efforts to cut Social Security. There's one major red flag, folks, that I need to which was included in this continuing resolution bill. It doesn't mean, though, that it will not be included in a future bill or through other future measures. I'll explain in a moment, but aid to Ukraine, military aid to Ukraine, aid for Ukrainian refugees, that was left out of this continuing resolution uh, bill because MAGA Republicans strongly opposed it. Republicans were significantly against it. It wasn't, um, it was fairly close. All Democrats supported it. Republicans were split on it. So a decision was made to keep our government funding, at least for now, not include that aid in this continuing resolution bill. However, White House sources told CNN and told others that their expectation is that a funding bill to fund Ukraine would be addressed through other measures, whether it was through another bill that would be introduced in the House of Representatives or perhaps even through other ways of kind of getting around it if the uh, Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, does not want to introduce it uh, directly. There are ways that Democrats and Republicans could come together um, and go around Kevin McCarthy's back to bring that actually uh, to the floor. This is the response from Hakeem Jeffries. MAGA Republicans have surrendered all extreme right-wing policies have been removed from the House spending bill. The American people have won. Here's what AOC had to say. Here's what went down. We just won a clean 45-day government extension, stripped GOP's earlier 30% cuts to Social Security, administration, etc., staved off last-minute anti-immigrant hijinks, and averted a shutdown for now. 
people will get paychecks and Marjorie Taylor Greene threw a tantrum on the way out. Win, win. Here is what Sheldon Whitehouse, Democratic Senator, had to say. At the last minute, Speaker McCarthy abandoned his extreme right, worked with Democrats who overwhelmingly helped pass a bipartisan continuing resolution in which we maintained full funding, added $10 billion in disaster relief, one and done. Now we need to fix Ukraine support and fast. So no one is forgetting that that needs to be done. It is, in my opinion, uh, very problematic that it was not included. But there is a pragmatic sense of having to fund the government and then making sure that Ukrainian funding will be added as well. Um, I want to give Kevin McCarthy some credit here. Um, and I think that's important to say where he did where he did the right thing, where he abandoned the extreme right here, and they're probably going to bring a motion to vacate for that. I think he deserves credit. Here's what Kevin McCarthy had. to say, say, quote, It's all right if Republicans and Democrats work together. If somebody wants to make a motion to vacate against me, bring it. There has to be a adult, an adult in the room. And I find myself nodding my head in agreement with Kevin McCarthy because, folks, as I've said over and over again here, this is about our democracy. This is about acting like professionals and adults and funding our government and doing the important job of Congress, period, full stop. And when MAGA Republicans are led by people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and, and Dan Bishop and all of these right-wing extremists, it Don't makes a mockery of our country. This is what MAGA Republican Dan Bishop had to say. I would never vote for a clean continuing resolution to perpetuate the corruption of federal government spending and debt. But this is even worse, as I will share. Hard no, hell no. Catastrophic failure of leadership. So MAGA Republicans screaming at Kevin McCarthy, calling him out for entering in this relatively bipartisan package. Jake Sherman reported that Matt Gates was seen sitting in the back of the chamber alone on his phone. And it was Jake Sherman who reported how Matt Gates tried to introduce a motion to vacate before the gavel um, was hit down to adjourn. And uh, this means that if to the extent a motion to vacate will be brought, that may be brought on Monday. Um, as AOC said, Marjorie Taylor Greene was flipping out. She was incredibly upset about the passage of this continuing resolution. Oh, she baby. wanted to burn it down for her <laughs> Fuhrer, Donald Trump. Here's what Marjorie okay. Taylor Greene had to say. Play the clip. That's hey, folks. Oh, no. Our fundraising deadline oh, old man. I need your support to reach yeah, our I goal. know. You think you say do. That's what I'm upset with. And the I'm reason why I'm also voting no man. is more of a protest of no effort to make changes. There's no effort to change the calendar. There's no effort to produce success in Washington where we're not doing continuing resolutions, not doing uh, continual uh, funding of bloated government, uh, creating $33 trillion in, in debt. Yeah, she got $180,000 from the PPP loan thing.
She's a fucking fraud. And a terrorist. Perjury three toad traitor green got hundred and eight thousand from the PPP loan program. She should have to give it back. She's a fucking fraud and a terrorist. And here is what Lauren Bobert had trillion dollars in, in debt. I green. want to see a plan for change. I'm not voting for And here is what Lauren Bobert had to say when she was asked by CNN if she would vote to out the speaker. Trailer three to trailer green. <laughs> okay, she's a fraud. And Lauren Bobert says, a "I'm a, I don't That's a good line for a Democrat. Go ahead. Yeah. We're all. In this I don't together. really know. And why are you saying that I agree necessarily with everything Matt Gates says? Play the clip. We should have forced them to come to the negotiating table and come to conference and hash out our differences with these four appropriation bills before there was another payday uh, that um, that that was at, uh, at risk of being missed. You vote to oust the speaker. That isn't what we're talking about right now. I mean, Matt Gates has said that you know, he, he said if he puts this on the vote, he said if he put if he relies on Democratic votes, he will no longer be speaker. Sure, I mean, but if he puts it on the floor. Is getting the federal government funded as we ought to with 12 individual spending bills like we promised everyone in January. Unfortunately, now we're at 45 days of the same bipartisan muscle memory of just a straight up and down vote and whatever's in it is good with us. And here's Democratic Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries and the Democratic Minority Whip Kathleen Clark explaining that this was an important victory by Democrats, an important victory for our democracy and for functioning government. Play the clip. Today, Democrats have ensured that those interests, the American people, have won out over the demands of mega-extremists. But only after months of Speaker McCarthy and the MAGA-majority playing chicken with the lives and livelihoods of the American people. They have brought us to the edge of a needless shutdown, trying to blackmail the country into accepting their extreme right-wing agenda. And today, Democrats came to the rescue. Speaker McCarthy admitted defeat and asked Democrats to put out the fire that he and his party had started. And finally, let me show you this clip. This is Kevin McCarthy here. And here, Kevin McCarthy says, look, if you're going to have extremist members of your own party try to vote things down and hurt the troops, I don't want to be a part of that team. Kevin McCarthy says that. Here, play this clip. Winston Churchill once said this about America. You can all Always count on Americans to do what's right after they exhausted every other option. It is very clear that I tried every possible way to listen to every single person in the conference. When we went to vote on a probe field, you didn't think we could pass? We passed. It was tough, but we got it through. 
we made sure we came down the last hour? Would I have wanted the bill we put on the floor yesterday that would secure our border, cut wasteful spending? Yes, I did. But I had some members in our own conference that wouldn't vote for that. So if you have members in your conference that won't let you vote for appropriation bills, doesn't want an omnibus, and won't vote for a stopgap measure, so the only answer is to shut down and not pay our troops? I don't want to be a part of that team. I want to be a part of a conservative group that wants to get things done. And folks, for now, this continuing resolution covers 45 days. So to be clear, we are going to be in the same situation that we're in now in 45 days. But the hope is that now, uh, with this being done, there can be an effort. Democrats, Republicans to work together, work together to pass funding for Ukraine. Maybe Democrats, even Kevin McCarthy can work together to try to, I know wishful thinking, oust the extremist parts of uh, the MAGA Republicans. There's, uh, there's also one other thing I want to mention. There's more information coming in about this, so I don't want to prejudge, but there's been reporting that Jamal Bowman, a Democrat at one point, pulled the fire alarm or may have been responsible for touching a fire alarm, pulling a fire alarm um, earlier in the day around the time when voting was taking place. I don't want to prejudge what was taking place, but I do want to let you know my position right away. And if efforts were taken by anyone of any political party, including Jamal Bowman, a Democrat, to try to obstruct proceedings, I think full accountability should be handed down immediately, and there should be serious, serious ramifications for that. I want to gather more information so I can be more informed on it. But if, there, if that's indeed what took place, there should be serious consequences for that. Nobody is above the law. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers, and check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch if you want to support the growth of this platform. Have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch. She Keep up with the most no important Instagram. news of the day. What are she you waiting for? Follow us Instagram. now. My mom would never allow it. Ayo.
right. Turn that into a Instagram post. She don't need no Instagram. I'm moving out. Dun 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 Anthony works in the grocery store. My own. Okay, oh my god, you're still there. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I just posted that to Instagram. She don't need no Instagram. She just uses Tristagram. Representative Bowman says, Triggering fire alarm ahead of house vote was an innocent, innocent mistake. <laughs> Who triggered the fire alarm before the house spending bill and told ABC News the incident was an innocent mistake? Oh my god, I was rushing to make a move. Didn't know it would trigger the whole building. Tap link in bio for more. This is ABC News. Was he gonna? Huh? Why did he do it in the first place? Anyway, tap link in bio, Trista. 
Heather Guten Abend. Guten Abend. See what Midas Touch Network has to say. Uh, I've already seen this. Jasmine Crockett said, wow, she flipped the script. Yeah, she showed the diaper Donald was holding national secrets in a shitter. So she held up a photograph of that. Judge blocks maniac Trump's vile schemes. Hello, I'm Mark Sheen with an urgent message. Will you chip in before we chip in? Michael Popak, Legal AF. Donald Trump has the dishonor and shame of not only being prosecuted for 91 felony counts and being on trial for crimes in multiple jurisdictions, but he's also the only person I know of that has had not one, but two judges determine that a jury needs to be protected from him and make them anonymous. The most recent example, Judge McAfee, the 30-something young, six-month seasoned judge in Georgia, in Fulton County, has decided to grant Bonnie Willis's motion, the prosecutor's motion, to keep that jury anonymous and protected from who else? Donald Trump. On our most recent episode of Legal AF, former prosecutor and my colleague and friend, Karen Freeman Agnifilo and me, talk about Judge McAfee. We had a lot of, we had a lot of fears, a lot of uh, trepidation about Judge McAfee. His, his uh, bio, his MO, looked very similar to Judge Cannon down at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Young 30-something, never been on the bench before, Federalist Society, but he's like the anti-Cannon. He is running an efficient, well-oiled machine. We get into it. We talk about why that jury here needs to be anonymous. Take a look. Well, we got a one-page order, in by contrast, by Judge, literally one page. The second page was just his signature. Um, responding to Fawny Willis. Fawny Willis, um, other news today, has asked for a protective order to make sure that Donald Trump, when she turns over material to Donald Trump and the others, that it doesn't leak out into the wrong hands. It's the same kind of protective order that all the federal prosecutors have been seeking and obtaining one by one, and now Fawny Willis has asked for it as well. We'll follow that, but other the news this week that we want to cover at the midweek is Judge McAfee in the one-page order granting Fawny Willis's efforts proper to uh, protect the jury um, from all of the things, the parade of horribles that she listed in her moving papers on the 6th of September, in which she talked about her office, her people being attacked, addresses posted on the internet, um, even on Russian websites under the control of the Russians um, to try to, uh, including the 23 uh, special purpose grand jury or jurors, their names, where they live, who they love, where they worship, where they study. Um, and, and you know what kind of uh, pet they have, all posted on Russian websites, uh, and they've all been subjected to terrible doxing, violent attacks, violent uh, threats, and so is Phony Willis's office, and she wanted that jury to be anonymous, taking a page out of um, uh, Judge Kaplan, a federal judge up in New York, who in a civil case for the digital rape, uh, uh, sexual abuse case, against Donald Trump that Eugene Carroll prevailed on in a civil case, he on his own decided that the jury needed to be protected from Donald Trump and made a whole list of findings against Donald Trump attacking jurors, grand jurors, jury for people, prosecutors, judges, and the like. He did that on his own. The only time I've ever seen that is when organized crime or drug lords are being um, indicted and 
pride and they want to protect the jury. But now here, the only people that objected to this, Karen, were the media, who wants to get their hands on everything, because this trial is televised, meaning we'll get to see the action, we'll get to see the juice. The witnesses, the judge, the lawyers, but what we're not going to get to see, either by sketch or photo or by information or details, is the jury at all. What do you feel about that decision? What, is, what do you think that shows for Judge McAfee's control of this courtroom? He's amazing, right? So far, he's shown himself to be a true pro. He knows exactly what needs to get done. He knows the law. And, you know, he, I love that it's a one page, you know, this is what we're doing um, order. So I, I think it's great. Like, th like this is, it was interesting that, that the defense didn't jump up and down about, about this because, you know, I've never had an anonymous jury in one of my cases. It's always been denied by when I was a prosecutor because the defense attorneys would jump up and down every time and say, you're signaling to the jury that my client is so dangerous that, you know, it's so bad that they have to remain anonymous and I don't want that to, you know, you're going to, it's going to prejudice my, my case if they're so scared, you know, that they have to remain anonymous, et cetera. So, um, so I thought that was sort of interesting. Nobody objected except the press, but I think it's the right thing. I mean, you see what happens to, you know, to these are just ordinary citizens who are doing their civic duty and they shouldn't have to be subjected to, you know, the, the, the horrific behavior of, of, people who follow Donald Trump, you know, that's, doesn't matter whether it's Trump himself who has threatened prosecutors and threatened witnesses and, you know, post pictures of, you know, the, the baseball hat to, to Alvin Bragg's head or, you know, whatever. We, we've seen so many examples of, of him threatening, um, doing things that are threatening especially January 6th, right? And he says, oh, you know, I didn't do, he, he, he says, I, I basically denies having anything to do with any violence, but we all know that he is the guy who makes all the violence happen to everybody, whether it's Ruby Friedman and Shea Moss, whether it's January 6th, whatever it is, you know, all the death threats, et cetera. And no, no juror, no average citizen should have to, you know, they're, they're doing their civic duty. They're going to jury duty. They're, it's not, you know, it takes time out of your day and uh, they shouldn't be subjected to that. So I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. All it says is that, you know, you can't videotape them. You can't, you know, sketch yeah. artists can't do something realistic about them. You can't put their images or phone numbers or addresses or any identifying information. They'll be referred to as numbers. And the only thing you'll be able to record or hear is the voice during the verdict or any questions that they have for the judge during the election. But just the voice. Yeah, I... I um... I totally agree with you. In fact, I said something similar to what you just said when the motion was really the judge up in the E.G. Carroll case, who on his own one Friday or Saturday sent out an order, you and I or Ben covered it, in which he said, I'd like to hear from the lawyers as to why or whether there should be an anonymous jury. It was just out of the top of his head. Um, you know, uh, and we thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be Joe Tacopina and Alina Haba, and they're going to argue just what you argued, which is, no, that prejudges him. The jury's going to be like, shit, we need protection from this guy. He must be a bad guy. Um, I think it was like nothing, just like here, nothing. Because it's almost like I feel like the lawyers are convinced that they need an anonymous jury to protect their own client from his worst instincts. Um, because if they give him what he naturally wants, which is tell me who they are, tell me where they live, uh, bad things will happen. So sometimes, you know, I had a case that 
you and I like to joke about, um, involving a very famous uh, musician. Uh, and when uh, when I got him sanctioned because of his poor conduct during a deposition, attacking me and everybody else, uh, the judge basically had me write the admonitions or the warnings that she was going to read him before the next deposition. And she said, why don't you prepare them, Mr. Popak, and send them over to the other side um, for edits. And so I made them really, really, and this is my, this is my wish list. This is like my Christmas list of everything that I wanted, thinking I'm going to have to dial it back. I sent it over to them, and they wrote back, we're fine with that. Because uh -huh. wow. they knew, right? They let me give, we never got to that deposition, that case settled because of that. They knew that they had an out-of-control client that even they couldn't control, and they needed me to help discipline him and have the court on the bat. I think it's something sort of similar psychosis, psychology, is going on here. Well, if you like that particular clip, one of several, we do a full-length podcast of about four or five stories at the midweek and at the end of the week at that intersection of law and politics. We do it one place only, exclusively, on the Midas Touch Network. Go watch Legal AF. Um, you know, it's worth the time. It's a little bit of a time investment, but it's worth that time investment because we sit at that real estate of law and politics and we bring 75 years of collective legal experience with the three leaders of Legal AF, Ben Micellis, me, and Karen Friedman at Niffalo. Every Wednesdays and Saturdays exclusively on, you know, the Midas Touch Network and every place you can get your audio podcast from. So until the next Legal AF, until my next hot take, this is Michael Popak. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? And continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch. So, um... to society. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Let's see what else Midas Touch has. Step-by-step, inch-by-inch, Michael Cohn gives roadmap for humiliating Trump in court four hours ago. This was posted. Thanks for 264, even though those are just my sensors. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Look, no one knows how to beat Donald Trump like his former fixer, Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen knows the roadmap and shares it with us on the Midas Touch Network. Heck, it was Michael Cohen who provided some of the key information that led New York Attorney General Letitia James to bring the civil fraud case approximately a year ago that has now resulted in a partial summary judgment against Donald Trump where the Trump organization, where Donald Trump, his adult kids, Eric and Don dissolved. Jr., and others, they will have their businesses dissolved. 
their LLCs, their business entities are canceled based on the order of Judge Ngoron. And that all comes from the information and the courage, frankly, by Michael Cohen, who provided this data to New York Attorney General Letitia James. He was at least in part, I'll say, responsible for it. She credited him with that um, when she announced the filing of the civil fraud lawsuit a year ago. So I want you to hear, this is so important from Michael Cohen about the roadmap, because malignant narcissists, sociopaths, people like Donald Trump, fascists, what they want to do is try to wear you down. They want to wear the country down. They want to wear the world down. They want to wear you down. So you just throw up your hands and you say, I give up enough, enough, because fascism can be relentless. And that's why it's important, though, to never give up. But Michael Cohen sets forth a concrete roadmap, how he did it and what we can do as a country to kind of take those lessons and apply it and how we push back, how we can defeat Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans. And it's step by step. This is one of the most important interviews I think you'll see. Here is Michael Cohen. Hey, Michael, play the clip. They're like, this must be so hard on and the answer is, it is. So much harder than people than people know. You think um, being involved in these types of depositions, as you know, I'm also number six on the government's witness list for the New York Attorney General's case. Uh, then I'm also number one on the uh, Manhattan DA's case, even though the number that you're given has nothing to do with when they ask you to come in and uh, sit. You know, in the jury, in the in the uh, witness box, uh, it's just you know where your name falls on the on the list. And I got to tell you, the way I describe it to them is there's only one way to beat Trump. You can't try to sprint this. It's the same way with this lawsuit. You can't try to sprint it and bring you know bring it home. I didn't file a motion to dismiss right off the rip as soon as. You know, I received that frivolous action. The first thing we did, yes, we also filed a motion uh, to dismiss based upon multiple mistakes and the causes of action and so on. But we have that discovery, in, and that's what we're now, um, you know, benefiting from. You have to, it's like having a massive boulder and you're trying to roll that boulder up a hill. If you try to sprint it and just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, eventually what will happen is you run out of steam, and then the boulder will run you over and kill you. That's Donald Trump. So what do you do? Slow. Through patience. Patience goes a long way here. And today, I'm just going to do two, three inches. And tomorrow, two, three inches. And then the next day, two, three inches. And maybe on Thursday, I feel a little stronger. We're going to go four inches. And then maybe on Friday, the same. Right? On Shabbos, we'll get a rest. And then we're going to start again on Sunday. Right? So, ultimately, as I always say about the wheels of justice turning slowly, they ultimately come full circle. So, ultimately, with time, that boulder will now be at the top of the mountain. 
and we will be, you know, where we need to be. And that's exactly what's happening. And a lot of the thanks goes to you, goes to the brigaders, goes to the supporters of my, of you know, Midas Touch Network, of Maya Culpa, uh, of Michael Cohen, of Team Hashtag Team Cohen. A lot of the um, assistance came from you. I couldn't have done this without you, without the support of everybody. You know, these actions, they're not just emotionally draining. They're not just physically draining. You know, when you get a 200-page document that you have to go through, when you have to sit, as I did, uh, for example, in like the Attorney General's case, which they are going to use against me um, for this specific case as well, you got to go through each and every one of those pages. You have to go through the document. You have to watch the video of you being transcribed to ensure that what you say is actually what was being transcribed and that there are no errors because what's on that paper ends up uh, being attested to. And, you know, that then just comes, uh, unless you change it, uh, it's, you know, that's the answer. And so you have to be very, very careful. There is so much work that goes into this and this isn't compensable work. You know, this is work that you're doing in order to protect democracy for all of us. You know, the last time that we were all together, I turned around and I, I tell you, and I spoke about this as well on our after show. One of the big concerns that I have for American democracy as it relates to Trump is people don't want to listen to what Donald is telling them. Again, I hear these MAGA morons, and I refer to them as the idiots with the four teeth and the three brain cells, or sometimes it's three teeth and four brain cells. But, and they usually get married and have a kid with less than one brain cell. Here's the biggest problem. Donald is telling you right off the bat what he intends to do. It's not Michael Cohen making it up because I have some animus. It's not Ben Micellis turning around and making it up because he has some animus. This is specifically what Donald Trump is telling us. And yet, for whatever reason, these MAGA morons just refuse to listen. The first thing he's telling us is, on day number one, he is re-elected. He's going to rewrite the Constitution. Man, the fucking chutzpah, the nerve of this guy, thinking that he has the intellectual capacity to rewrite the Constitution? The fucking asshole doesn't even have silk constitution. He's never even read the Constitution. Yeah, he knows the Second Amendment. He knows the First Amendment because he violated mine. You know, he knows the Fifth Amendment. That's certainly for sure. Right? So other than that, you start questioning. He doesn't know what he's talking about on basically anything. Everything is made up, and it's from, uh, it's from a perspective that benefits him. And why do I say he's going to rewrite the Constitution? Because it's important what he wants to do. And again, it's, not, it's just us providing you with facts. Look it up. I'm not the one who's saying it. I'm repeating what Donald said. He wants to separate out the legislative and the judicial branches from a tripartite system of checks and balances, meaning all power will now vest in the hands of solely the executive branch, which means what? Solely in the hands of the chief executive of the executive branch, i.e., President of the United States of America, that being it. You're not a president when you have sole and absolute power to do whatever you want. You are now the king, you're the monarch, you're the supreme leader, you're the Fuhrer, whatever you want to call the guy. 
whatever it is, you're not calling him president. You're calling him ruler. And that's what he wants to be. But what did he say the other day? In fact, right, he had his way. He thinks General Milley, General Mark Milley, a four-star general, highest-ranking general, member of the chief of staff, he believes that his actions are treasonous and he would call for Mark Milley's execution. Could you imagine this shit? A man who has given his entire life to the preservation of democracy, to American values. He really personifies America's military, America's values. He's a decent man. He contacted China in order to tell them that there is no nuclear alert that they need to be concerned about because there were rumors going around that Donald, in order to stay in power, was going to start a war with China. And he set the record straight. And Trump finds that to be, what, disloyal. Therefore, Mark Milley, General Mark Milley, should be executed. Again, this isn't my component. Google it. Look for yourself. Verify the facts so you understand that when they bring this stuff to you, it's not innuendo. It's facts. The problem for Donald having absolute power, and this is something that Supreme Court justices, members of Congress, the businessmen that are right now supporting him, the billionaire class, that tenth of one percent, and that he has helped to make so much money for over his presidential administration, they need, just like every citizen in America, they need to be extremely cautious of that vote in terms of voting for Donald because the second this guy has that ability within which to rewrite the Constitution to take full power over the government, he will take their money too. And as soon as he gets the opportunity, which will be day number two, any Supreme Court justice who voted against him that allowed his tax returns, for example, to be released to Alvin Bragg or to Fannie Willis or to Fish James or whoever, he will bag them and tag them and lock their asses away in Guantanamo. He will have absolute power to do whatever he wants. And I know it sounds hyperbolic and it sounds dystopian and it sounds like it's right out of the handmaid's tale and so on. It's exactly the power he thinks that he will be able to take. And you know what? Once this guy is controlling the military, once that he has the ability to turn around and to rewrite the Constitution, which is something he wants to do, day number one, there will be no stopping him. It's something that I spoke to so many people about, including Joy Reid last night. Once you lose your democracy, once you lose a right, it is almost impossible to get back. Rest assured, the second that Donald Trump grabs a hold of one of those constitutional rights to violate yours for his benefit, we'll never see it again. We'll never recognize democracy, American democracy, ever again if Donald has his way. And it's why voting, making sure, like Ben Shirt, you vote blue all the way, so important. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report. Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us.
Okay, let's see what else they've got. No time for distractions, full speed ahead. Jack Smith, Solis ahead of other bogus distractions. Saving with Liberty Mutual now. They customize your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. You could save $700 just by switching. Oh, let me put a reminder on my phone. On the top of the pile. Only. Michael Popak, Legal AF. The attempts to impeach Joe Biden have gone nowhere and nowhere fast. You know, when you have witnesses who say that they don't have any evidence to support the impeachment, and you lead off the impeachment hearing kickoff season with your lead constitutional uh, expert who says, no, he doesn't see anything that would support high crimes and misdemeanors to impeach Joe Biden either. You know, that's not a good beginning. That's a big nothing. You know what else has been a big nothing so far that we need to cover again? It's the special counsel Robert Hur's investigation of Joe Biden's handling of classified documents after he was vice president. Remember when there was only one federal prosecution of, of Donald Trump, you know, Mar-a-Lago, we slapped our forehead because kind of right in the middle, the judge had just been appointed, there were some good developments in the Mar-a-Lago prosecution by Jack Smith, and boom, you know, the, uh, the Biden administration in late 2022 had to admit that some boxes were in Joe Biden's garage and some boxes that had been at the Penn Biden uh, Center for Diplomacy or whatever it was, uh, a joint venture between himself and, uh, and a university, that those boxes may have you know, not been properly taped up and cataloged and, and they may have had some classified documents in them. We all said, oh, unforced error, we just shot ourselves in the foot. Why does Joe Biden have documents? But look, the reality is, let's just, I know Donald Trump likes to say, that Joe Biden's retention following being vice president of 10-year-old documents the same thing as he did at Mar-a-Lago. But let's contrast on all the ways it's not. Uh, Joe Biden is not being investigated for obstructing justice, deleting video evidence, a conspiracy with his workers to hide boxes and documents from the federal government, Department of Justice, National Archives, and federal judges, delete evidence or, or uh, destroy evidence in conspiracies related to that, and he's not being accused of violating the Espionage Act. That alone is Donald Trump. All that Robert Herr, a former Trump-appointed prosecutor, so he's a Trump-appointed federal prosecutor that Merrick Garland tapped to be the special counsel here, brilliant, all that he and his team have been looking at for nine months is sort of you know, the technical violations potentially on a chain of custody of boxes of documents, whether they were sealed properly, cataloged properly, returned to the National Archive properly, and whether they adhered to proper policies and procedures. I'm already bored talking about Robert Kerr's investigation because of what it deals with. Not Espionage Act, not obstruction of justice, not lack of cooperation with the, with the uh, investigators at all, the opposite. This was self-reported by Joe Biden and his team. We may not have liked it. We were like, oh, darn, you know, this is when Pence popped out. He said, I got boxes too. Everybody raised their hand sheepishly, except for uh, Barack Obama. In fact, I was doing the research. The New York Times had a good report on this. Did you know that every administration, president or his staff, has had a special counsel appointed to investigate them at some point, either in the administration or after it ended, since Watergate, Every president or his staff has had a special counsel appointed against them, except Barack Obama. No drama Obama, no special counsel ever appointed. They kept threatening it. They always threaten. That's the first thing the party out of power does or when they get back into power. 
especially the Republicans. Let's impeach the president. Right? Why not? Lord knows what he's done. Let him do his job. Right? You don't like it? Then stand for election. But to impeach the guy or the woman during their term is, in my view, unless there's real evidence of corruption, high crimes and misdemeanors, is really anti-democratic, anti-patriotic, and undermines uh, the strength of uh, and, uh, the strength of our democracy by doing that. So let's go back to Robert K. Hur, H-U-R. Robert K. Hur uh, was the uh, U.S. Attorney for, for Maryland, appointed by Donald Trump. He had been in the Trump Department of Justice at one time. He had been the um, Deputy Attorney General, a pretty high position, it's like the number two or three position, under Rod Rosenstein at the time that the Mueller that Mueller was appointed a special counsel to investigate Donald Trump. So he's he's very well liked and very well considered. And he and his team have quietly, quietly, no press conferences, no updates for the last nine months. They're talking to people about Joe Biden, particularly Steve Ricchetti. Steve Ricchetti is sort of a person that we don't normally talk about. He'd been a trade representative, and more importantly, a senior close trusted advisor of Joe Biden. He was sort of responsible for what Joe Biden would do after the vice presidency. You know, it wasn't immediately obvious that he was going to run for the presidency, and there was a gap, right? Hillary ran first, and so Joe needed to do something. You know, he was in his late 60s, early 70s, and he, he was vibrant, uh, as he is now, and he wanted to serve his, his uh country as he had for the last 50 years. And so Steve Ricchetti helped set up not-for-profits and, and boards and, uh, and uh, diplomacy, uh, you know, uh, uh, units and diplomacy uh, uh, boards for him to serve on and set up the Penn Biden uh, Center uh, to do, uh, to, you know, to keep him vibrant, keep him relevant. So Steve Ricchetti knows a lot about what happened to those boxes and documents that were at the Penn Biden Center. What, how'd they end up, some of them, not all of them, in the, in the garage for Joe Biden and other things. So they, they've interviewed him, we know that. They've interviewed Anthony Blinken, who's our Secretary of State, because a lot of these people, just recall, a lot of these people that are in the Biden administration now worked with him when he was Vice President. Jake Sullivan, who was our National Security Advisor, Right, like the number two job in security after the after the Secretary of State. He was a, a slightly lower level advisor for the Vice President. So they interviewed him. Ron Klain, who became um, Joe Biden's Chief of Staff, but had a role in working with him and Obama when they were in office as President and Vice President. They've interviewed him. So they've gotten all these interviews, and they've done other interviews too, um, because they've been working for nine months and billing, you know, billing the taxpayers for all their work. And the only open question, as the New York Times outlined, rightly so, is will Biden sit for an interview? I, I don't know if he sits for an interview. He may. Um, he's, he's transparent, and he certainly wants to contrast himself with Donald Trump, who is the opposite. I don't even think he's more opaque isn't even the right word. He's just a black box of, of obstruction. And so uh, Biden will probably, I would imagine he would sit for an interview. If he, it may start with a series of questions that are, that are given to him that are then written with his lawyers and then he signs under oath, probably something like that, you know, and, and before we get to an actual sit down with the president in the Oval Office, uh, which is where that would happen likely. But I think at some point Joe Biden certainly is going to participate willingly 
and transparently uh, give it, but also uh, in the investigation, but also, you know, cabin it so that people understand he's got a job to do, which is to be the leader of the free world on domestic and foreign policies. I, I just thought the most interesting fact, and I'll give you my view, if you've got a nine-month investigation that's been leaked through, and they've been talking to these people, the worst-case scenario is that Robert Herr concludes that Joe Biden's team under him, but not him particularly, was a little sloppy in their adherence to the Presidential Records Act, the chain of custody and protocol, but not a crime. Remember, he's a U.S. attorney, so he's, a, he's looking for a crime. Like every hammer sees a nail, every prosecutor looks for a crime. And I don't believe, and I think it would be not even remote the chance, it's like no chance, that they're going to find willful intent to keep classified documents by Joe Biden to match up with, with uh, what Donald Trump's being charged with and will go to trial on in May uh, of 2024 in Mar-a-Lago. They're, they're not even comparable. As I like to say, it's like apples and bowling balls. I mean, these aren't even in the same realm. Although, again, it was a little bit of a forehead slapper when we got the reporting at the end of January that, uh, that Joe Biden had a couple of boxes, whatever it is. I say a couple. 50 boxes, you know, it's not a lot given he was, he was been in public service since he was the youngest senator in the history of America and the oldest president. It's got a lot of stuff, right? Think about what you got. If you had to move tomorrow, think about what you have in your house, basement, attic, apartment, and the like, storage unit. If you'd have to, like, wrap up, would you do it? Is it perfect? Who has an inventory of things they have in a storage unit? Let's just leave it at that. But the worst, it'll be a wrap on the knuckles for some other people around Joe Biden about how they didn't properly um, catalog these things and get it back to the, to the National Archive. But not espionage, not obstruction of justice, not a conspiracy to delete and, and uh, destroy evidence and tamper with evidence uh, and the like. That's wholly on Donald Trump. But I think it's important on the Midas Touch Network as we do our part to protect and preserve democracy that we talk about things that are even a little bit uncomfortable about people that we respect and that we admire and that we're following, like Joe Biden and President Biden. And so I don't want to be, we'd be remiss if we didn't occasionally update when there was news about the investigation of him by Robert Herr, um, his own special counsel for this particular narrow issue. Um, there's no special counsel looking into anything else, just to be clear around the globe, about Joe Biden. I know the MAGA Republicans would like one, They'd like Merrick Garland to appoint a special counsel to look into, um, you know, all of these BS issues about charisma and Ukraine and money to Hunter Biden and somehow ending up in Joe Biden's bank account. But there's a reason that there, you don't really hear a lot of pressure on them. Think about that. As much as they're in the press about their sham impeachment hearing, using witnesses that don't even support what they're proposing, I mean, I don't know how much vetting they did. If your number one lead witness to kick it off, a constitutional law professor looks everybody in the eye, millions of Americans says, I don't see any high crimes and misdemeanors to support an impeachment. That's not a good beginning. It went kind of downhill from there. But you see, that's where their effort was in. Showpieces, political theater, literally, performative art to attack Joe Biden. You don't see them pressuring Merrick Garland, even when he came before them a week ago and sat for four hours defending his, op his administration and, 
and leadership of the Department of Justice. Um, they didn't say, they didn't pound on the table and demand the appointment of a special counsel to investigate, you know, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. I mean, they did. They had a couple of fringe Congress people that tried to do that. But you don't see them, you know, putting up a giant whiteboard, you know, J112 of our request that the that the Department of Ju Joe Biden's Department of Justice investigate Joe Biden and the special counsel. You don't see that, like, like zero dark 30, writing on the window every day. Because that's not what they want. Because they know, first of all, Merrick Garland's not going to do that. Because there, has not, there hasn't been any evidence developed by the FBI or the IRS or any other banking records that indicate that Joe Biden is corrupt. Even just saying that is sort of ridiculous, right? Donald Trump came out of the, the, uh, the swamps of New York real estate business to become the President of the United States with very little money. None of his financial records were made available. None of his Internal Revenue Service tax filings. First President in 100 years didn't even his tax returns. So there was very little vetting of him. He was, he was opaque, purposely, purposefully, to the American people. They had a like thumb up or thumb down based on his celebrity, based on his puffery, uh, his P.T. Barnum, is the, that's what they had a vote on. Joe Biden, in contrast, not forget about his tax returns, which is which is made public every year. He's literally been in the public eye for over 50 years, five zero. There has been plenty of time, 50 years of time, for the press, investigative reporting prosecutors, state and federal, to investigate Joe Biden. He is so transparent, he's so see-through, you almost can't see him. There was an old, there's an old song from the movie and Broadway show Chicago, Mr. Cellophane. You can see right through him. Joe Biden is Mr. Cellophane. You can literally see right, you almost see right through him. He's been in the public eye since he was the youngest senator in the history of America and the oldest president. You know what that means? You've been on the public stage and you've been vetted, right, in the crucible of our of our um, media attention. He went from, you know, newspapers like the New York Times, the Washington Post, doing investigative pieces about about corruption in Washington, including Watergate, you know, to social media, which does it in the nanosecond. And he has survived all that because he's not corrupt. And the only reason that Donald Trump now, the comeuppance of Donald Trump, not a fall of Donald Trump, he was always in the sewers. People like the lived in New York knew that. But now the American people see it. And that's why he's been indicted 91 times for 91 felonies. We have a joke at the Midas Touch Network. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me 91 times, Donald Trump. That is the stark contrast not only in the person, the character, the leadership of these two people that are running for the, to, for the highest job in the land to be the leader of the free world, but that's the distinctions that we're seeing between how they handle classified documents. One, Joe Biden was a mistake, and oops, right? He had cookie jars, but he didn't have his hands in the cookie jars, and he's returned the cookie jars. Donald Trump, different story hands in 91 cookie jars, right? And then tried to hide them and destroy the cookie jars so that the government wouldn't find out about it. That's different. 
and Robert Hur, I'm sure after nine months or whatever it's going to take it to wrap up this investigation of the taxpayer dime, is going to conclude that there were no crimes committed by Joe Biden or anybody around him. We'll continue to follow things that are uncomfortable, even about the people that we like and that we admire. One place, the Midas Touch Network. Help them get to two million free subscribers. The bigger they are, the Midas Touch Network, the more your voice matters and is heard. If you like what I'm doing here, give me a thumbs up. It helps with the ratings. I do hot takes like this one in one place only at the intersection of law oops, and politics, and that's the Midas Touch Network. Uh, you can follow me also. I'm one of the leaders of Legal AF. It's what you think. It's on Wednesdays and Saturdays. We curate the top five stories just like this one at the intersection of law, politics, and justice. And we do it in a show we think is hopefully informative and a little bit entertaining. Wednesdays and Saturdays, and you can get it from, you can get it on your audio podcast wherever you get audio podcasts from. Until my next hot take, until my next episode of Legal AF, this is Michael Popoff reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report. We continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at Midas Touch to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now, please. Top Democrats shred the GOP. Did you know that people everywhere are recommending Their good faces and it's My neighbor amazing. Tell me, Sid. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. I want to show you this clip of the brilliant Democratic minority leader, Hakeem Jeffries, as he tears into the MAGA extremism and incompetence. Play the clip. Our Republican colleagues have refused to find ways to partner together far too often and instead continue to double and triple down on their extremism. Yesterday was a big example of the charade, the illegitimate impeachment inquiry that they've launched. Two days before government shutdown, they hold a hearing where their own witnesses testify that there's nothing in the record to suggest that President Biden committed an impeachable offense. Their own witnesses. So well, this is another example of Republicans governing in fantasy land, bowing down to the extremists in their party, being distracted from taking care of business for everyday Americans. We should be focused on dealing with building a healthy economy. We should be focused on solving problems for everyday Americans. Mm should be focused on quality of life issues, should be focused on public safety, should be focused on making sure that our children receive a high quality public education. The extreme MAGA Republicans focused on trying to drive their conspiracy theories and their right-wing ideology down the throats of the American people, and it's a shame. You know, it's so important that we play clips like that that are not getting attention on legacy media because not only is legacy media not playing clips and showing the American public the truth, but then you have right-wing disinformation media like Fox. So watch what happens here when 
the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, goes on Fox. And he has an incredible explanation on the importance of America leading the way with technology. But the chyron that's run on Fox, this disinformation echo chamber, Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin-style propaganda network runs the chyron. Biden grapples with growing disapproval as you have Pete Buttigieg talking because they're trying to manipulate their views. So ignore the bottom, listen to the words and the common sense of smart, intellectual, compassionate people who happen to be Democrats as opposed to this MAGA Republican extremist nonsense. Play this clip of Pete Buttigieg. Have an auto strike that shows no signs as of now of being solved. And soon enough, it's going to move into its second week. And I was just wondering, Donald Trump was in Michigan on Wednesday night. He was saying you got to hold firm because otherwise China's going to have all your jobs in a matter of two years' time. And the Inflation Reduction Act provided so much money for green energy. Did the administration sell out these union jobs in order to build electric cars in America? Well, the opposite is true. Uh, we want to make sure that the electric car, the new technologies, are built in America, just like the old technologies. If a new technology is coming, right, which it is with EVs, and China has built an advantage, which President Trump allowed to happen because he didn't do much to promote American-made and union-made EVs, uh, now we're in a situation where uh, you can't just trap people in the old technology. I'm sorry, but like the, the idea that America is going to compete and win in the 21st century by clinging to 20th century technology, uh, that's a recipe for those jobs to disappear. And I know exactly what that can do uh, because I grew up in the industrial Midwest surrounded by the, the literal carcasses of the factories of companies that couldn't innovate fast enough. Uh, sometimes when, when I'm hearing this dialogue and this debate, uh, it, last week when I was testifying in Congress hearing a lot about EVs, I, I feel like it's 2005 and I'm meeting people from the Rotary Phone Society uh, this new technology is here. The only question is whether it will be built in America and whether it will be built uh, largely by union workers or whether it will be built in China. Uh, clinging to the old technology is not a recipe for success. And importantly, uh, the UAW agrees, uh, right? They're not saying we have to uh, somehow trap people in using the old technology and the old kind of cars forever until the last dog dies. What they're saying is this is the dawn of a new chapter in the auto industry. But, but these, these electric workers, vehicles are yeah. the but, future, and they want to make sure that they get good union benefits making them. just want to make because, folks, here is the problem. This is Fox. This is Maria Bartiroma earlier in the morning. And here she displays a fabricated text message used by MAGA Republican Byron Donalds during the impeachment hearing, the sham impeachment hearing. AOC called it out that it was fabricated. She showed what the real text message said and showed that Byron Donalds was cherry-picking certain words and putting them together to try to make it look like Joe Biden, by the way, when he wasn't even president, was trying to influence Hunter Biden's businesses. When this was about helping Hunter Biden out when he was a drug addict and was so broke he couldn't afford to pay alimony, and the MAGA Republicans just distort the message, lie about what it says, and then even after they're called out for the lie, even once you prove it's a fabricated message, they run with this. Play this clip. Yeah, so what do you think is the most damning evidence then? 
Well, I think I think the answer that uh, we had uh, Hunter Biden and his uncle Jim Biden negotiating an oil and gas deal between the Chinese Communist Party and Russia and using the vice president as a mechanism for a shakedown on these people when they weren't getting paid. And again, that entire scheme started when Joe Biden was vice president, continued while he was out of office and continued up until the end while he was running for the presidency. Just so you can see, here is the full text message right here that talks about the issue is alimony and that Hunter Biden was broke and destitute and needed help from his father in 2018 at a time when Joe Biden was not the president and not the vice president. Fox still shows the fabrication and they show people like this, Greg Murphy, who they platform, MAGA Republican. And when you ask these questions, so what's this impeachment? What's the most important evidence? There is no evidence. There is no evidence. So what do they say? It's a web. It's just, it's a web and barisma. So why didn't you allow then the evidence to be admitted during the sham impeachment hearing when like Democratic Congress member Dan Goldman wanted to introduce the evidence from your purported witness, Devin Archer, your star witness, you refused to let Dan Goldman introduce the evidence first. Let me play you Greg Murphy, MAGA Republican, play the clip. But what do you deem as the most important evidence against Joe Biden for potential bribery? Well, it's it's a web. It's a web, Maria. And, you know, the whole thing started with Burisma. Uh, there was a corrupt company. Their own their own uh, prosecutor, federal prosecutor, was going after them. So they say, what can, what, what can we do to stop this? So they hire Hunter Biden who has absolutely nothing to do with this energy company. He knows nothing of this, paying him $88,000 a day. All of a sudden, wow, the vice president goes over to Ukraine, threatens him, and we have actual TV, audio, and visual evidence where he's threatening to withhold a billion dollars unless they get rid of the prosecutor that's pushing against Burisma. And then when, hey, Happy Joe gets about $5 million a little while later, and the thing is, they're so corrupt, 20 shell companies that have actual no product, no business, no whatsoever being paid by Ukraine, by China, by Russia, by Romania. The thought goes on and on and on. They're, we're just closing in, closing in on the final smoking guns of this. You know, the guy said he was honest. He's the most corrupt president this nation has ever seen, ever seen. Wow. That, that is just stunning. Next, I want to play for you Dan Goldman trying to introduce the evidence. Play the clip. Point of order. Down here. Chairman. Chair recognizes Mr. Donald for five minutes. You'll have five minutes. You'll have my five minutes. No, you're out of order. You're out of order, Mr. Goldman. I have a when, you're, when your time is, I will be introduced. Chair recognizes Mr. Donald for five minutes. Is it being introduced? Chair recognizes Mr. Donald for five minutes. Byron, it's your Chair, time. The rules require you Thank to you, recognize Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Him. No. Yes, for a point of order, they absolutely the do. Chair recognizes Mr. Donald. The, the motion and, and as Mr. Donald's time ticking to order. No, Chair Mr. Donald's time Mr. is not going to tick. Actually, Mr. Chairman, I request this clock be set back to five minutes. Set to so clock back to five minutes. Mr. You. Chairman, can I just make a parliamentary inquiry then? Are we not to make points of order on either side during? You keep speaking about no evidence. Why don't you all just listen? And I'm learn? trying to introduce evidence. You've already introduced, you've already had your is it there of evidence are you now, mr it? mr donald's five minutes and finally here the utter and complete hypocrisy is mind numbing that the MAGA republicans and frankly legacy media as well 
would attack a lifelong public servant, humble public servant, like President Joe Biden, who's devoted his whole life to helping people out. Do I agree with Joe Biden and everything? Absolutely not. But you have Donald Trump, who's engaged in the biggest corruption, foreign influence, right in our faces, flagrant and disgusting. And MAGA Republicans don't do anything about it. In fact, they pretend that doesn't exist and then take all of the things that Trump actually does and try to come up with some web of lies and say that Biden did it. I mean, that's how immature and ridiculous and propagandist these MAGA Republicans are. So watch this last clip. This is Jerry Connolly, Democratic Congress member, who puts the hypocrisy of MAGA Republicans into perspective. Play the clip. Distract, deflect, Hold on to those two words, distract and deflect, because I think this hearing is all about, look over here, not over there. So, Professor Gerhard, I've heard concern about branding. So, shouldn't we be concerned about all those Biden towers all over the world where foreign partnerships were formed and influence was used here in the United States? I've seen these towers in Indonesia, in the Philippines, in Turkey. I even saw one in Chicago. Uh, shouldn't that be a source of concern of this committee in terms of influence both foreign and, and domestic when you know, President Biden became president? If there were such things as Biden buildings. Well, well was there anyone who did have them? I, yeah, I think we all know who had Well, could you set, tell us? Cause, yeah. you know, well, um, just give I me think, the name, Professor Gerhardt. I think Gerhard. we're talking about Mr. Trump. Ah, thank you. So, um, when President Biden appointed his son to manage U.S. foreign policy, both in the Persian Gulf and the Middle East peace, by the way, a son who couldn't qualify for getting a um, security clearance, but he, President Biden apparently granted it to Hunter anyhow, and then after leaving the White House, getting a $2 billion deal, because we're told by Mr. Dubinsky to follow the money, especially foreign money, um, shouldn't that be a concern to us that maybe a sweetheart deal uh, occurred with the blessing of the president with foreign money? And shouldn't we look at Hunter Biden for that, given the fact that he had handled Middle East peace in the White House? It should have been a concern with President Trump and his son-in-law. Oh, Trump, I got that wrong again. And so, folks, I'm proud of the Democrats' messaging. I really am. But it's incumbent upon us to spread those messages, because I'm telling you, there are billions and billions of dollars each month being funneled to right-wing media and legacy media to undermine this messaging. And it is critical that you share these videos, subscribe to this YouTube channel, and let's get this messaging out there. Not because it's Democrats, it's because it's accurate, it's because it's truthful, and that's what matters. I've been Micellus. Hit subscribe and check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.
Bogus sham evidence and witnesses are lying and fabricating evidence sounds not like my case. Arizona, the What's up, man? We just listened to Midas Touch Live. I just posted it. I'm going to uh, be posting in a more timely fashion. And I do post uh, compilations of like 10 hours of Midas Touch shows, Midas Network shows. Uh, everything from Glenn Kirshner because justice matters. Justice. Justice, justice matters, justice, 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 it really does. <laughs> that was pretty good. Good job, kitty cats. I should start paying you, huh? Just start paying you as my animal actor. Yeah, um, yes. You know, saved, saved my cat's life. My friends and future business partner. Well, business partner now. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so. I just cleaned up the north sides. And, um, you know, water. Really. You know, what, what did Bruce Lee say about water? Yeah, it'd be like water. 
Firstly, be as water, my friend. <laughs> and then I switch to Liberty Mutual and save hundreds. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Anyway, thanks for 264K, even though it's all just it's my centers. I said, empty your mind. Empty your mind. Be formless. Shapeless. Be formless. Like water. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow, or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Be water, my friends. Be water, my friends. Okay, so we're going to, uh, there was a really, oh wow, interesting, indigo children, blue humans from Sirius B, oh nice, oh, that sounds fucking rad, but it's, um, a lot of you who will be watching tonight's, uh, transmission are, are also indigo children, We'll be talking Manaraji, a lot of things about the indigos that you, you haven't heard anywhere else. Christ does Unless an avatar. Unless you've been here at Christ's avatar, yeah. Christos so avatar. I'm not sure if my chat is working. Let me refresh that. But we got lights, we have camera, and the action's going, and it looks like we're live. Um, so, thank you for being here with me. It's a great honor to have you guys share space together because as other crystals, guardians, other star seeds and indigos, you can call them light workers or empaths, psychic people who when we come together, this group is called the shield. The shield that came here as a group. We reincarnate just as the indigo children come here, they re we go through the fetal integration process we go into. I said Namaste. You know, God bless the young people. You would say, combine our DNA, our starseed DNA, which is actually uh, literally words of advice for young people, and combine it with <laughs> our human parents. So now like you got your mother's and your father's DNA plus another DNA from speed what we call the Indigo Children, what we're going to be talking about tonight, and this is an exciting topic because it gets into the multi-dimensional, extra uh -oh. worlds and, and energies and identity. And you're not going to get this information Justice from matter, Justice! Justice! A documentary oh, really of the Which, that doesn't do the Indigo Children justice. It's not justice. limited to that justice. information about the negative justice aspects. Matter, the justice. Are there negative justice. aspects? How can they be justice. negative? Well, there, we'll be talking about that tonight as well. So I welcome you guys <laughs> as we go into this peaceful dialogue about the indigo children, extraterrestrials, you know, ones who are helping us with our ascension process. So let me say hello to people in chat, and I welcome you guys, beginners and advanced alike. And Hi, people. This is Hola, something gente. that we're learning together. And, and it's, it, it's, it helps you in your spiritual journey when you know your identity. Not some fake identity or false information about the indigos 
or, you know, because that does a great service to the person speaking it, but also to the people who are listening to it. And you guys will hear truth and feel it, or not, you know. All right, ancient unit. Who's the youngest you person here? Divinity, wonderful. Millennials, indigo children. See you too, Obi Wan. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. Yes, I, those are uh, my, the, the videos now are just representing the information, and so we focus. It takes me some more time. It takes me like two or three days, but it's worth it because I can't just make shorts all the time. That's you can't learn something such as you would say advanced ascension mechanics through shorts. Okay, you, you just get general yeah. outlines, outlines and, and notes about it. You, you're not really learning unless you learn. <laughs> Watch a full length video whenever we'll be going through the line. So. Hello, greetings, everyone. Uh, Frank, ask what my astrology sign is. I'm a Virgo. Thank you for asking. Nine nine. That's I have my birthday to you. See, he can't. He probably can't see me. Hello. Because I'm geofenced. Positive vibes and emojis. What is that? I like the unicorn, the star, the butterfly. The monarch butterfly is one of my spirit guides. <laughs> um, I don't really deal with spirit guides in my life now, but that's something that was a big part of my life years, years back, and that was one of the many, you know, spirits who Much respect to those. Buenas noches, what's up, you for your positive eyes. Start out a start out a video Elf, like 
Okay, let's talk about the new video the game coming out. All right. And then that will get rid of the, all the old people. All right. You guys know this information. You know it's a tiny birch in the house. Liz Romero says hello to everyone. That's his master. Uh, okay. Jay in now the house. Now all the old people are gone. Thank you guys. Just me and you, you, young people. And thank you for spending your Saturday with me. Words of advice uh, and young with people. us. And uh, let me lighten the incense as well. My lemon water. <laughs> my Everybody register and vote. And you can call the shots. I haven't decided, but I may stop. I haven't Whatever eaten no Whatever the fuck you want. Free video games for all young people. All you got to do is vote. Uh, young people! Exclamation point. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, fucking, uh, y'all are, uh, y'all gonna save the planet. Um, vote. You can free video games for all the young people. <laughs> <laughs> Register and vote, it's a, if all 8 million millennials vote next year. If all 8 million millennials vote next year. Free video games for all the young people. Young people. Young people, y'all gonna save planet. Yeah, a, a roll of, uh, Thank you so much. Charcoal right here. <laughs> young people, yeah, young people. Uh huh. Um, let me grab a, a, a roll. This is a roll of charcoal. Thank you so much. Young people are gonna save the planet. for and get
What do you want? What do you want? Okay, so I said... Start a dialogue, that's, that's all. I'm gonna save the planet. If all 8 million millennials vote next year, they, they call the shots. They call the shots. Call for any, uh, and get anything they want. What do you want? All you gotta do is vote. Is vote. Okay, fucking video games. What do you want? Video games? No school? Reform school? Reform the entire, uh, you know. Vote for me, actually. Surprise! I'm a fucking teacher, Oxford's. All you gotta do, young people are gonna save the planet. If all 8 million millennials vote next year, they call the shots, they can call for and get anything they want. What do you want? Reform the entire school experience? All you gotta do is vote. Christopher Perez, Young Dems, College Democrats. Message to the young people. Ah. Christopher Perez, uh, followers. Nice touch. We're going on your side. Crazy Central Politics. New York Times politics, Tucson Democrats, Washington Post politics, Trago News, Ben Marcellus, AZ Central Opinions, AZ Central, Trista Justice, Trista Senate, Ben Marcellus, Democrats only, Democratic America, Telemundo Phoenix. Oops, January 6th committee. Huh. <gasps> Whoops. Um, Telemundo Phoenix. Okay, that's good enough. Message for young people. Message. Message for young people. People, young dams. Democrats of America. 
College Democrats, College Democrats of America, College Dems of New York. Message for young people. <laughs> Comedy, Comedy Central. Okay, post it. Young people, young people. Okay, so now I'm like tagging my. San Francisco, New York, Connecticut. Harvard College Boston University, that's one more person. Rags Touch. What do you want? Okay. See if y'all are still there. Wow, you are, oh my god. That's so crazy. <laughs> I always shut my shit down, dude. Anyway, well, let's see what else is going on with my touch, man. Uh, <coughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Hi there. I messed up and I tried to make a TikTok with a still image from Instagram and it uh, destroyed it. Shit. I was trolling um, Diaper Donalds and putting it all over social media. Like a, uh, what do you call it? Um, well, anyway, someone like my comment, everyone associated with that fabricated piece of evidence should be fucking, must be joking either that or he, he's been probably turning Republican. Loaded Jack Smith smacks down Trump's latest motion in brilliant fashion. That's one day ago, though, just, uh, Oh, so you guys missed it. I was trolling Trump. <laughs> California was pretty fucking funny. But I fucked it up. Okay, they're live. Take him down. Trump threats backfire. 
Uh, legal AF Midas Touch. Thanks for 264K. A disqualifying state of mind and observing that no disabling prejudice can be extracted from dignified, though persistent, judicial efforts to bring everyone responsible for Watergate the book. That is what she's hanging her hat on. She's going to bring all responsible, including the guy in front of her, Donald Trump. If it's if the evidence if the evidence says that, she's going to bring him to book, and have the jury do it. We're going to talk next about all the things that Donald Trump is doing to try to screw up the jury process. Absolutely. And Judge Chutkin set a hearing for October 16, 2023, at 10 a.m. to address. Special Counsel Jack Smith's uh, request for a limited gag order. It's actually phrased as a limitation on extrajudicial threats to prosecutors, to the judge, and to witnesses. Now, you would think it would be a relatively non-controversial topic that all parties should stipulate that extrajudicial threats against the judge, the prosecutor, and witnesses should not take place. But Donald Trump opposed that motion, and in what read more like a fascist press release than an opposition, Donald Trump's lawyers, and here is the baffling thing, you know, these lawyers who, well, it's not because all of Donald Trump's lawyers completely and utterly sacrificed their reputation for the make attorneys, get attorneys crew, but it still shocks me that lawyers, people who have a bar card, people who had decent reputations before this, would file things that say Donald Trump has never made a threat before. Donald Trump has never intimidated anybody before. And that this is the Biden administration okay, attacking federal judge who have a right, bar she... card. 20. Then special counsel Jack Smith filed a bullet federal criminal case involving Trump's attempt to overthrow the results of the free and fair election in 2020. Then special counsel Jack Smith filed a blistering reply brief calling out Donald Trump's threat to execute General Mark Milley and calling out Trump brandishing a gun in violation of the terms of his release. Judge Chutkin has set a hearing date in mid-October. Next we go to New York where a state court judge Arthur Ngoron granted partial summary judgment in favor of New York Attorney General Letitia James against Donald Trump, finding that Donald Trump, his adult kids, Don Jr. and Eric, and all of their businesses engaged in a systematic fraud and ordered that the Trump Organization business licenses be canceled and the Trump organizations be dissolved. In other words, the corporate death penalty. But we are not done there. The Appellate Division First Department denied Donald Trump's stay request to delay the trial in this matter. So trial will start on October 2nd on the remaining causes of action and issues against Donald Trump and other defendants, for example, disgorgement, which is the monetary damages. How many hundreds of millions of dollars or potentially even billions of dollars will Donald Trump have to repay for all of the fraud he has committed over these years? And in a filing against Michael Cohen in the Cohen-Trump uh, case, Trump claims he's going to be attending the New York Attorney General trial the first week.
great, but I don't know, Popak. I think that he's a liar about everything, including that. And finally, we go to Georgia, the peach state where things aren't very peachy for Donald Trump and his co-defendants yeah, as the Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis and her team have been flawless. One of Donald Trump's co-defendants in the RICO case has pled guilty just in time to testify at the first trial involving other co-defendants of Donald Trump, Ken Chesbrough and Sidney Powell, which is set to take place in October, right around the corner. Also, you had one of Donald Trump's co-defendants, Jeff Clark's removal request to federal court was denied, and Judge McAfee, the state court judge, has become a commanding law and order presence in the courtroom. Washington, D.C., New York, <laughs> Georgia, justice That's across geez, America, bro. just in time. And Ben Mycel is joined by Michael Popak. Popak, did you ever think uh, that on our legal AF shows we would be covering a situation where a special counsel would have to call out the behavior of a former president who threatens to execute America's top military official while brandishing a gun in violation of the terms of the indictment release? No, I think um, what we're seeing at this intersection of law politics, and now I've added the corner of justice that we, you and I sit at along with Karen, because <laughs> we're seeing Trump and his accomplices, his enablers, his attorneys being brought to justice, and if not, not to their knees, for what he allegedly did. If 2023 was the year of investigations and indictments, 2024 will be the year of criminal trials, but we're, we're in, you said, you said October 2nd, Monday, you know, we're recording on a Saturday, Monday is a, is a major trial that we've given a lot of attention to, we'll talk about it here on the podcast from the New York Attorney General, but could be the singularly most devastating event in Donald Trump's life short of going to jail, which is the complete and utter destruction of his business empire and his ability not just to disgorge money that he's already made illegally, which is that somewhere between $250 million and a billion dollars, depending upon interest rate, prejudgment interest rates, and the amount that she actually goes for, New York Attorney General Tisha James and her team at the trial that starts on Monday, but also his ability and his family's ability to generate new money on a go-forward basis. It's not just about taking money out of his bank account to pay to the victims and to the people of the state of New York. It, it could cripple his ability to ever raise or make another dollar again. That's how serious that particular case is. And that it stands in stark contrast to what happens in criminal court. Criminal court, we want to see him behind bars if he is guilty, for sure, for various periods of time, depending upon the laws that he's violated. But the thing that the courts can't do, except in areas of restitution to bring money back to victims, and the, the crimes we're talking about here in the election cases, the, the victims are the American people, so it's not really a money case in that way. It's a democracy case. But in the in the civil fraud type cases, like the ones brought by New York Attorney General, that's just money and blowing a hole in the entire empire of Donald 
day from. You make a great point. Crash. You know, when you talk about boom, bam. what are people afraid <laughs> about boom, at the kind of high level decision where people have discretion, do I prosecute? Do I not prosecute? And what the overall kind of fears are. Look, if we hold certain people accountable, what's the consequence going to be? And I think what we are seeing is, number one, the importance of holding people accountable. That is paramount. And we see prosecutors at the federal level and state level doing that. What we also see, though, is the consequence of that. So Donald Trump threatening to execute a military leader, Donald Trump brandishing a weapon, Donald Trump ordering MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives to shut down our government, to inflict pain and suffering on this country, to inflict chaos and division in this country. Make no mistake, the root of that is that fascism is be being held accountable. And it is lashing out. It wants to cause suffering. It wants to cause pain. That is what we are seeing right now. And it is so vitally important that from the perspective of justice and accountability, we stay the course. Let's talk about what happened in Washington, D.C., Michael Popak, where we've covered on prior episodes of Legal AF the various uh, motions, oppositions, reply briefs where Donald Trump tried to get Judge Tanya Chutkin recused. Donald Trump argued bizarrely and frivolously that intrajudicial statements made by Judge Tanya Chutkin during sentencing of insurrectionists constituted he says extrajudicial statements because Donald Trump said that she must have conducted research on me through reading newspaper articles and therefore formed a bias against me and I would be prejudiced if she remained the judge. Notably, Donald Trump waited to file his recusal motion until after Judge Chutkin set a trial date for March of 2024. Special counsel Jack Smith had filed an opposition stating these are intrajudicial statements. Judge Chutkin was duty-bound in these various other cases she presides over as a federal judge that involved insurrectionists who argued that they were just simply following Donald Trump's orders to address what the insurrectionists who were being sentenced were arguing to her. And Judge Chutkin rejected those arguments, but simply restated and acknowledged the arguments that were being made. She performed her job that she was duty-bound to perform. There is no evidence at all that there would be prejudice to Donald Trump. So that was basically the briefing. What was the ruling, Michael Popak? Yeah, the ruling was that she is not going to recuse or disqualify herself, which is what you and I had accurately predicted, because there's no grounds to do it. You've got to show such a level of bias and the, the inability of the defendant to get a fair trial in front of a judge because she's made up her mind about that particular case before she's entered the room, and there's just no evidence to suggest that Tanya Chutkin, a very well-respected jurist who, who has, along with dozens of other D.C. circuit court judges, has been presiding over, you know, we've been talking about the 1,500 arrests uh, and more to come by the Department of Justice against Jan 6 insurrectionists, and the hundreds that have been brought to trial, either through a bench trial, meaning in front of a judge like Judge Chutkin, or through 
a jury trial. And then the next phase of that three or four months later is the sentencing of that person under the federal sentencing guidelines with which the judge controls. Um, and so there's plenty of opportunity for the judges before she even, this particular judge or any judge on the D.C. Circuit, because if she's disqualified, they'd all be disqualified because she hasn't done anything differently than all the others that are presiding over the same cases involving Jan 6 insurrectionists, many of whom tried to blame their their fearless cult leader, Donald Trump, for the reasons that they were an insurrectionist, um, either at trial or during their sentencing to try to get leniency from the judge. So unless you have the, the um, law the precedent on your side to disqualify the entire bench of the D.C. Circuit Court and get the case transferred somewhere else, which is not happening for Donald Trump, then you are going to have a judge who has some sort of knowledge from prior cases that she's not she's not a computer. She doesn't she doesn't she's not required to delete her memory banks before she goes into the case with you um, or lobotomize herself or take some sort of amnesia drug. She's allowed to take with her from case to case the information or knowledge that she's obtained as long as she doesn't use it against witness or the defendant in this case um, and hold it against him and prejudge the case in front of her. For Donald Trump, that she made in two sentencing decisions for a guy, an insurrectionist named Palmer and an insurrectionist named Priola, and commenting back to, to arguments made by their lawyers about Donald Trump and other people, you know, above the pay grade of their insurrectionist clients, making them do it. She's allowed to make those statements, and it, it comes from inside the court, meaning what you said earlier, Ben, intra judicial statements and intrajudicial statements are sort of specially protected magically protected you get to do and say a lot of things within a courtroom both on uh, both the litigant side and the judge side and they are protected through various immunities and privileges and if you say something outside if she's at a cocktail party and she says something to somebody next to her about oh this trump guy's he's toast i'm ready I don't even need a trial. All right, then we would all here on Legal AF support her being removed if she didn't voluntarily do it. But that's not the case. It did give the judge the opportunity not only to kind of flex her muscles a little bit to remind the um, defendant, Donald Trump, who's in charge here, who sits on the higher level bench above all in a courtroom, and that's a federal or any kind of judge, who has the American flag behind them and, that, and who, who is there to do justice. That's the judge, not the former number 45. And I liked in the in her order, Ben, I know there's a lot of things in it I'm sure you liked, but what I liked particularly was her comparison to the Watergate era. I talk a lot about it here on Legal AF to remind people a little bit of a history. This is not the first corrupt president. It is the most corrupt former president we've ever had, but not the only corrupt president we've ever had that was uh, staring down the barrel of criminal indictment and had many people in his administration, including his attorney general, go to jail. That, that, uh, that other honor, dishonor, belongs to Richard Nixon. But she said, look, there were plenty of Nixon administration people and others who were brought before the D.C. Circuit Court in the 1970s, 73, 74, and 75, including Judge Sirica.
the same way Trump doesn't want Chutkin, so Ritko was very hard on the Watergate defendants, and they all got convicted. So they couldn't wait to get rid of him. And so they argued, well, he's developing opinions and biases as he's ruling on these other cases. And there is very good precedent that she cites, if I can find it without fumbling around here, um, that she cites as the reason, the very reason she should not uh, uh, allow a defendant to weaponize the motion to disqualify. In other words, uh, get rid of just whoever you want. So she said in the Haldeman case, which was the attorney general, like Bill Barr, right, that we keep talking about, but for Nixon, she said in that case, U.S. versus Haldeman, which is very instructive, circuit reviewed a recusal motion against District Judge Sirica, filed by defendants who were being prosecuted for their participation in the Watergate conspiracy. The judge goes on to say here on page 15, the motion relied in relevant part on statements made by Judge Sirica in prior cases involving other Watergate defendants. Sounds almost on all fours of what we're talking about here, Ben. In particular, Judge Sirica had during those earlier proceedings, quote, expressed the belief that criminal liability extended beyond the seven persons there charged, and even suggested persons whom the prosecutors might consider calling before the grand jury. Because uh, there the judge was telling the prosecutors, you know, your grand jury's still open. Why don't you bring a few of these people in? The circuit, the circuit affirmed Judge Sirica's decision not to recuse himself, holding that his statements did not, quote, reflect a disqualifying state of mind and observing that no disabling prejudice can be extracted from dignified though persistent judicial efforts to bring everyone responsible for Watergate the book. That is what she's hanging her hat on. She's got to bring all responsible, including the guy in front of her, Donald Trump. If it's if the evidence if the evidence says that, she's gonna bring him to book and have the jury do it. We're going to talk next about all the things that Donald Trump is doing to try to screw up the jury process. Absolutely. And Judge Chutkin set a hearing for October 16, 2023 at 10 a.m. to address special counsel Jack Smith's uh, request for a limited gag order. It's actually phrased as a limitation on extrajudicial threats to prosecutors, to the judge, and to witnesses. Now, you would think it would be a relatively non-controversial topic that all parties should stipulate that extrajudicial threats against the judge, the prosecutor, and witnesses should not take place. But Donald Trump opposed that motion, and in what read more like a fascist press release than an opposition, Donald Trump's lawyers, and here is the baffling thing, you know, these lawyers who, well, it's not because all of Donald Trump's lawyers completely and utterly sacrifice their reputation for the make attorneys, get attorneys crew, but it still shocks me that lawyers, people who have a bar card, people who had decent reputations before this, would file things that say Donald Trump has never made a threat before. Donald Trump has never intimidated anybody before, and that this is the Biden administration attacking Donald Trump. That's what they put in this motion and in the initial filing by special counsel Jack Smith. He had all the receipts that existed up until the point of the filing for the motion for this limited gag order. So where Donald Trump says, I'm coming after you if you come after me, or saying things like little Mike Pence has gone to the dark side. Well, 
since the opposition brief, there is right there. If you go after me, I'm coming after you. Since the opposition brief was filed by Trump's lawyers, and even after Judge Chutkin set this hearing for October 16, 2023, Donald Trump engaged in more threats, and Special Counsel Jack Smith filed a reply brief that included such things as the threat to execute Mark Milley, America's former top general, and a witness in the case. That needs to be important. A witness who's named in the indictment that was unsealed before Judge Chutkin, Donald Trump threatened to execute him and said to be continued with the threat of execution. Also, Special Counsel Jack Smith in a footnote, why you got to read the footnote, folks, also showed the photograph and mentioned how Donald Trump held this gun while he was in South Carolina, and that would be a violation as well of the terms of release. And so I, I want to hear your thoughts on this hearing, but I have no doubt what Judge Chutkin's going to do on October 16, 2023, is go to Trump's lawyers and say, really, you, you're okay with this? You think this is not a threat? You think this is not a threat? You think this is not a threat? You think these types of communications are appropriate? Get them in a courtroom. And as we say here all the time on Legal AF, Put those lawyers right there, question them, grill them, and let's see what they have to say when they are in a place where accountability and facts actually matter. Popak, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think they're in deep, deep crap. Um, the last time we saw a judge force people to go to a courtroom for what could be a dress down before a, um, a very serious adverse ruling was Judge Beryl Howell who made um, Rudy Giuliani and his lawyer not just phone it in, not just zoom it in on a hearing. Because, you know, you know just, to, just to let people know, you know, Ben and I practice, Karen and I practice, we all practice, but a lot of things post-COVID we're able to do by Zoom. I just did a trial last week in New York State Supreme, the court we're going to talk about, related to Judge Angoron and Donald Trump. I did that by, by, by a Zoom platform, you know, with an opening statement and cross-examining key witnesses. And so um, for a federal judge these days to say, no, no, I want to see you in my courtroom. I'll be up on the bench. You'd be down at counsel table, and let's talk about what's going on. That's not a great sign for them. They don't have to bring Donald Trump with them. Although she could have ordered that as well, to be frank. But she wants the officers of the court who have sworn a duty, as you said, Ben, they carry a bar card. I was going to try to find my bar card during a break and show people what it looks like, at least for one of the bars for which I'm a member. Um, they have a lot of problems here. As you and I accurately predicted in various hot takes on legal AF, the Kristen Welker interview on Meet the Press, both the nine minutes that was ex that was edited out that we've now seen. I did a hot take on the nine minutes, missing nine minutes, and at least two of those minutes are relevant to Jack Smith and Fawny Willis's prosecutions. Although I don't think they actually cited they cited the Welker interview for sure. Um, I don't know if they cited the missing what I call the missing two minutes. And then, you know, I did a hot take and you did a follow-up on, on General Mark Milley, who just retired with a powerful, I know it's up on the Midas Touch Network, a powerful speech, many parts of it directed at Donald Trump with Joe Biden, President Biden, sitting up on the stage as he retired. Contempt is what you get.
exclamation point, and inciting violence. Free trial. Come on. Get this party started. After 44 years of service with all the military brass behind him and Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, who was um, one of his colleagues in armed uh, in, uh, in the wartime uh, during Iraq and Iran, he said, and I know you, I think you're showing the clip on the Midas Touch Network, Mark Milley, General Milley said um, that uh, the military doesn't serve any individual. It doesn't serve, you know, Come on, Judge Kutchutkin. Judge Chutkin. <laughs> no, a cult doesn't serve. Serves the U.S. Constitution only, and it won't bow to any dictator or wannabe. And he emphasized and leaned into wannabe, wannabe dictator. And that was Donald Trump, and that was his payback for Donald Trump. Mark Milley is not just a witness in the D.C. case, the election interference case. Um, he's also a witness in the Mar-a-Lago case, but because everybody should remember that in Bedminster, it was the reason that Donald Trump has a, a new charge against him related to Bedminster and his golf course is because to pay back Mark Milley for an article that had appeared at the time in the New Yorker magazine, in which Mark Milley said that the thing that stood between the, the United States um, and a possible nuclear war with China was Mark Milley himself making a phone call to his counterpart in China, telling him, don't worry, Donald Trump's finger is not hovering over the nuclear button. We got this as the military. An extraordinary statement. Of course, Donald Trump hated that. Subsequently, we just had an article, I did a hot take on it, in the Atlantic uh, magazine in which called The Patriot, in which Mark Milley um, is, is declared by the editor chief of the Atlantic magazine to have done more to protect democracy than any American probably ever has, at least in recent history, and certainly more than any other of the 20 joint chiefs of staff have done. He's a witness in Bedminster because there you have Donald Trump pointing to uh, classified top secret documents that he, he withheld, kept, stole, and then was showing it to people to say, to try to undermine Mark Milley with war maps and other, that was him, not me, and pointing to things, and that's why he's been indicted. So you got Mark Milley, certainly a witness of Mar-a-Lago, but they're not going to run to Cannon for anything because Cannon is not considering a gag order. Chutkin has been clear, Judge Chutkin has been clear from the very beginning, from the get-go. The administration of justice is her number one and only priority. Everything else takes a back seat. That includes the First Amendment rights of somebody like Donald Trump, 
even if he's running for office. She's gone as far as to say in prior hearings, I don't care what his day job is. I don't care that he's running for office. I have the administration of justice to protect. And that's what the Department of Justice is leaning into through Jack Smith in their filings. And Donald Trump, as you and I predicted, is just handing them gift after gift. The Welker interview, calling for the assassination and hanging of Mark Milley, going after Mike Pence, going after Bill Barr. These are people that he knows are witnesses in the case. And Jack Smith said in his reply brief, which is really a whole nother brief, it's really, yes, it's a reply based on new evidence, but it's like almost new argument, a revised argument, uh, which they can really lean into, which is to say, look, we get that he's running for office, but there is no def criminal defendant that would be allowed to do what Donald Trump is doing. Hint, hint, judge, make it stop. And reminding the court, we're only asking for two very limited things. You and I talk about it like the gag order. The first, gag, the first part of it is to stop outside courthouse statements being made by Donald Trump and anybody associated with him to, to attack jurors, future jurors, not, not even the judge, prosecutors and witnesses. Seems eminently reasonable. Got a lot more reasonable because Donald Trump just asked for the hanging and assassination of a former five-star, four-star general who's a witness in the case. Um, also asked that when we get around to doing a jury study to figure out who should be on the jury pool, that be supervised by the judge. It is reasonable, and the judge is going to find that. And one last thing about what the judge is going to do with the lawyers in front of them for Donald Trump, who I'm sure she's not going to be happy about. Putting aside that there's been attacks, and she knows about it, although it wasn't in Jack's papers, on Fawny Willis and her prosecutor team in Georgia, racial, violent attacks, calls for assassination, home addresses being given out. The judge, Chutkin, we know that there's been an attempt, a phone call made to her chambers by a crazy person who's now been picked up by the Secret Service and by the FBI threatening to kill her and her staff. So she knows that there is this, this atmosphere generated by Donald Trump to try to corrupt the justice system, um, and she can't allow that. She said in the past, and I want to see how this comes, I want to get your opinion on it, if it comes up in this hearing. She has said in the past, Basically, if I can't figure out a way to control this this person, the Donald Trump that's in front of me with orders, then I'm going to speed up the trial even faster. Now, she set a March trial date, which left a lot of us court observers head spinning like, wow, that's, re that's really fast given the size, the mega size of this case. So the question for you is, you and I agree, she's going to sanction him, and I think she's going to enter this order, this reasonable order. I may add a couple of things to it. Do you think she does anything with the trial date, given the reality is you can't control Donald Trump unless you're willing to find him in, find him in contempt and put him in the federal detention center? I don't, and here's why. I think the March 2024 trial date is a pretty aggressive trial date to begin with and necessitated because of Donald Trump's behavior and his threats. But certainly as Donald Trump tries delay tactics, like he just filed a brief also before Judge Chutkin to try to delay dispositive motion briefings by 60 days from an October deadline to December deadline, it's very easy for her now to reject things like that and say, I warned you, 
I told you what I was going to do. I'm not, I'm not extending any deadlines, and you are to blame for that, for your behavior. It is so vitally important that that trial take place um, in March of 2024 and not be moved. I'd like to have it go sooner, but any movement of that date that can actually potentially backfire, I would worry about, and, and then can, you know, he try to seek an appeal and then utilize that for delay. So I'm happy with the March date. Justice necessitates that March date. And I want to say this as we move on to the next segment. I don't want anybody to ever get numb about some of those things that we were saying in that first segment. You have Donald Trump threatening to kill an American hero, an American military general. And by the way, there's other posts where Donald Trump then attacks his former Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, as a woke fool. Folks, there's none of this behavior is normal. Do not be numb by it. And please make sure that you are educating others around you. I know legacy media is not doing its job to shed a light. It's annoying that that's the case, but it doesn't matter. They're worthless at this point. The most important thing is you and your ability to register voters, to share the message, to subscribe to the show, to share the show. If you want assistance in how you message it, just tell people to watch this first segment, and we're just messaging it based on the facts and what went down. We have a lot more show. I want to remind everybody as well about our vibrant Patreon community. We're on our way to 5,000 patrons. And if you want to know, is it worth it to join patreon.com slash Midas Touch, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash m-e-i-d-a-s-t-o-u-c-h just look in the comments below i would tell all of our patrons who are here share if you like that experience if you think the content there is worth it we spend a lot of time building that we don't have outside investors on the Midas Touch Network, so one of the ways we build it is through our Patreon, and we have exclusive content like after shows. You can learn the origin story of Michael Popak, Karen Friedman Agnifilo, myself. We share a lot of very candid, candid stories there, show other exclusive footage, and it helps grow the platform. That's patreon.com slash Midas Touch, and look in the chat, and you can see others sharing their experience. Or we'll take a quick break when we get back let's talk about the corporate death penalty order handed back handed down by judge arthur and Gorat. let's take a quick break did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality if you wake up too hot or too cold i highly recommend you check out miracle made bed sheets inspired by nasa miracle made uses a special discount trump organization case state court our sponsor. Use code LegalAF for up to 40% off. Reason. Reason. Death knell for the Trump org. <laughs> Welcome back to Legal AF. We are live. 
Thank you to our sponsors for supporting our unapologetically pro-democracy content. We go from Washington, D.C. to New York, where state court judge Arthur Ngoron granted partial summary judgment in favor of New York Attorney General Letitia James in the civil fraud case against Donald Trump, his adult kids Eric and Don Jr., and the various Trump-related businesses, including the Trump Trust, the Trump Organization, and the various other business entities that are operated by the Trumps. This order by Judge Ngoron finding systematic fraud over the period of time covered by the statute of limitations uh, resulted in a requirement that a few things now take place. Number one, the cancellation of Donald Trump and the Trump business licenses. Number two, an independent monitor will be appointed to oversee the dissolution of the businesses with the existing independent monitor to continue to start that work forthwith and that process based on this order will start immediately folks the disinformation began right away by Donald Trump and his adult kids. They said, Judge Ngoron ruled that like Mar-a-Lago is only worth uh, $18 million and it's clearly worth a billion. <laughs> Judge Ngoron looked at the undisputed facts. Judge Ngoron looked at the deposition transcript of Donald Trump. He looked at what Donald Trump said the value of the properties were. And because Donald Trump wanted to pay less taxes. Donald Trump and the Trump kids argued that the valuation of Mar-a-Lago in real time, not after the fact, in real time to cheat on their taxes was valued at less than $26.6 million. They appealed an appraisal by the tax assessor, putting it at $26.6 million. And what the Trumps would do on their various properties is they would try to get all of these tax credits Take Mar-a-Lago, for example, where they would ask for all of the, there it is right there, Mar-a-Lago at tax time, Mar-a-Lago at loan time. And they would say, there's all of these historical easements and preservation easements and encumbrances and all of the things they placed on the properties so they could go to the tax assessors and they could say, look at all the things that we've done. As a result, this property is worthless. And then they would remove the encumbrances in their own imagination when they would speak with banks to take out bigger to take out loans that were massive and had very favorable loan terms they ran this scheme with all of their properties judge Ingvard was simply citing the undisputed facts and went through each and every one of trump's properties and what the undisputed facts say when donald trump at his deposition says things like i don't even look at the statement of financial conditions i just view my properties like the mona lisa i make it up and whatever it doesn't matter at all because saudi arabia will just buy whatever i want them to buy things that Trump actually said in his deposition. Judge Ngoron banged his fists during the summary judgment hearing and was like, no, that's not a thing. Enough is enough. You can't do that. So, Opa, tell us about the order, but where do we go from here? 
Yeah, it's hard to believe it was Tuesday with the order and Monday, uh, just a day or so, this team is going to trial for the New York Attorney General against Donald Trump's lawyers. And apparently, based on a representation Donald Trump's lawyers made to Magistrate Torres in Florida involving the Michael Cohen case, Donald Trump is going to appear and needs to be there for strategy in the New York Attorney General trial in front of Judge Angoron because it's a bench trial, not a jury trial starting on Monday. We'll see. Um, there's been reporting that the, it's news to the court system that Donald Trump is coming and that if Donald Trump comes with all of his uh, black uh, SUVs and need for s- Secret Service security details, there hasn't been any coordination for his arrival, arrival on Monday. So we will follow closely whether he arrives on Monday. It's not a televised trial, but there's a, there'll be people court watching in the courtroom and we'll be able to report on it. And then, of course, if Magistrate Torres was misled, meaning you've lied to a federal judge, that's a problem, and we'll deal with that at the appropriate time. There's, I know there's a betting line as to whether Donald Trump's going to show up at all, but let's talk about what happened on Tuesday, what didn't happen on Tuesday, and what is left to be tried starting on Monday. The way it works in New York with the New York Attorney General since 1956, everybody that occupies that chair has some of the most powerful, robust, muscular laws that they can use against fraudulent business activity in the state. In the state of New York where I practice, it's called persistent fraud, and it's under an executive law called 63-12. We call it the 63-12 powers of the New York Attorney General. There's another set of powers that 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 person has under what's called the Martin Act, which has to do more with securities fraud. In this case, it's persistent fraud. And ironically, as noted by Judge Angoron in his own opinion, the development of the precedent in the area, the legal precedent in the area about the application of 6312 to fraudulent businesses just like the one here, the Trump Organization, Trump, and all of his all of his executives, including those that have his last name, comes from a prior Trump case involving Trump University, in which the then New York Attorney General Schneiderman in 2016 established in a case before the appellate court that you and I are going to talk about that sits over Judge Angoron, the New York First Appellate Division. The First Appellate Division in 2016 in the, in the Trump University case said that there can be what's called a standalone 6312 persistent fraud claim, that the attorney general didn't have to have individual claims for like although she has that here, insurance fraud, business record fraud, financial statement fraud. They can just have a one count, you're committing persistent fraud. And the uniqueness of that is that particular count does not require the New York Attorney General to prove intent or materiality, meaning you don't have to show that they intended persistent fraud, just that it is objectively, reasonably assessed a persistent fraud and you don't have to show that anything that they did was material meaning it, it was it, it, it led somebody else to do something like a bank or an insurance company because things that are immaterial you don't we don't normally prosecute or sue over under the standard of materiality but the standalone first count in the complaint that she filed a year ago just a reminder justice does move quickly She filed that suit, New York Attorney General Letitia James, against Donald Trump, Trump Organization, the CFOs, the executives, his trust that holds all of his assets just in September of last year. 
and she already got is velocity. In the 63-12 standalone claim, um, she also, she doesn't, like I said, she doesn't have to prove those two elements, and that could be the end of the case, but that's not all. She also brought six other claims that have not yet been decided by Judge Angoran, and it will start on Monday. Particularly, she brought a business record fraud claim and conspiracy related to that. They docked the books related to the inflation of assets improperly and deflation of assets to save money. Financial statement fraud, another crime in the state of New York, and the conspiracy around that. Insurance fraud, because they also over-insured property that wasn't worth it and, and took advantage of insurance companies as a result. So like if Trump Tower had burnt down during the period of time, they would have collected on money they weren't entitled to because the asset wasn't worth what they said that it was the, that it was worth. And, and so those are her remaining claims. But what is the real... Um, when the judge granted summary judgment on Tuesday on the first claim, the standalone persistent fraud claim, he said, we got to go to trial on the rest, but I'm going to give her two of the nine things that she's looking for as a remedy for the persistent fraud. I'll do that right now on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, he did what you outlined, Ben. He dissolved immediately upon the entry of that order on Tuesday. All of the certificates of business and operation for all of those Trump organizations, the Trump Org, the Trump Inc., all the ones he uses to operate his business, there's, there's dozens of them, um, all of them, including the trust that operates in New York as a business for its assets, had its business license, its business certificates canceled, and then he ordered the immediate dissolution of those, of those items, right? Put them into receivership. That's what it sounds like. It's almost like bankruptcy. And appointed a receiver, which is Barbara Jones, the former federal judge, who's been the monitor for over a year, about nine months when the judge found on a lower standard of proof that there was already persistent fraud. So Barbara Jones is just going to continue, but she's going to now dissolve and liquidate mm-hmm. these these um, these companies. And, it, and the assets underneath them have to be addressed as well. But what is remaining is is the part that I said at the top of the podcast that will ultimately lead to the destruction, complete destruction of the Trump business empire and its ability to generate any new dollars. The issue of disgorgement is up for grabs in the trial, and that is not damages. It is taking from somebody who's, who's committed fraud the monies that they've obtained as part of that fraud. It's We call it in the business ill-gotten gains. So you claw back the ill-gotten gains. And she has a number. She used to say, Letitia James, the attorney general, it was like 250. I don't think it's $250 million anymore because she subsequently increased the amount uh, that she thinks that Donald Trump has overinflated his his assets by $3.7 billion total. Plus, there's a very high interest rate in New York for prejudgment interest. I think this is at least half a billion dollars. And it could go well into the billions when she's done outlining for the judge through her witnesses uh, uh, all of the monies that they got because of the persistent fraud that they've been conducting, totaling it up, adding interest, and asking the judge to award it, meaning all these companies would have to pay it back. But what is in the 
new trial is even more devastating. If she's if she's if she's right and wins, she will ban Trump and his executive. Okay, let's get back to the show. We're listening to the Legal AF Live. I just touch. Donald Trump and his businesses acquiring any new real estate in New York. There'll be a five-year ban on him getting a loan from a bank that's chartered in New York. There'll be a five-year requirement that Donald Trump's personal financial statements are properly audited and given to all the victims of the fraud and whoever else he deals with. Hmm. There'll be a permanent ban on Alan Weisselberg, the disgraced um, uh, former CFO who went to jail for six months for tax fraud already, from him and his controller, Jeff McConney, ever serving in those roles ever again. Permanent ban. And if she wins, she wants a new trustee to be appointed that she helps select to sit over all of Donald Trump. Trump's assets on the trust. Awesome. That's if she wins. Now, on Wednesday, I'll leave it on this bed. On Wednesday, the day after this devastating ruling granting summary judgment on the one major persistent fraud claim, the lawyers there, you know, listen, they look like they got their head handed to them. Chris Keis leading the way asked the judge, well, well, what do you see the shape of the trial on Monday, Your Honor? What, what do you think is going to happen there? <laughs> you look like you'd see the ghost. And the judge turned to the New York Attorney General representative and said, hey, can we, like, slim this down a bit? Why don't you, have you considered dismissing the other six claims you've already won on persistent fraud for a standalone claim? And they said, I give them a lot of credit, they said, no, Your Honor, we can't dismiss those other six counts because of the remedies that we're seeking. And, and they're right to set the evidential basis so that they're uh, confirmed or affirmed on, a, on any eventual appeal. They're going for that corporate death penalty, banning him from doing business in New York, making him stop buying real estate, making him stop taking out bank loans and getting him out of the business of being in business. And they feel they've got to put on their 34 witnesses and their thousands of pieces of evidence in order to support the remedies that they're seeking as part of the 63-12. And the judge says, okay, see everybody on Monday. So that, that's it. And then we have finally, and you can talk about it then when you pick up, is the attempt, first attempt, to try to get the appellate court to do something. Because they were upset. Oh, we're going straight to the appellate court. I'm surprised they didn't have the papers already drafted. I would have done, I already had them drafted, expecting that Angoran was going to do just what he did and had them filed within a minute. Didn't do that. Mm-hmm. They've already had the appellate court say, Monday's fine with us. There's nothing to stay here. Keep going. And he's got that other case hanging out there that nobody's moving on at quickly at the appellate level, which is his attempt to sue Judge Angoran before the appellate court to get him to stop making rulings like this. And that hasn't been acted upon by the appellate court either. Well, you know, I think uh, the appellate division, first department, Donald Trump's uh, attempt to get them to intervene, he got one of the uh, appellate division uh, justices to kind of put it, I don't know, it ended up doing nothing. It was just like a temporary, you know, nothing pause before it went in front of the five justice panel. Um, and they said, where they rejected the stay request. So this thing's, this thing is absolutely going uh, to trial. And I want everybody just to, 
to rewind and take a listen to when Popak went through the remedies there. We were talking about a potential billion-dollar judgment against Donald Trump and all of those other things preventing Donald Trump from doing business in the state of New York or doing business with businesses in the state of New York. And given that for Donald Trump, his entire life is one big fraud, is one big grift. At the end of the day, I think that this, what's about to take place over the next 60 days here, is going to be the most devastating thing in Donald Trump's life. And I'll just mention one other thing in passing, because you mentioned this federal magistrate judge down in the Southern District of Florida who was hearing all these attempts by Donald Trump to try to delay his deposition being taken in the Michael Cohen case, where Donald Trump sued Michael Cohen for $500 million. Then Michael Cohen's like, uh, okay, well, I'm going to notice your deposition then. And Trump's tried to avoid the deposition like the plague, making every single excuse underneath the sun to avoid the deposition, including having to argue that he would show up to the New York Attorney General case. So the magistrate judge in the Cohen case was like, okay, well, if you're going to show up, you made the representation, you're going to be there. So now Michael Cohen gets to depose you in New York. Uh-huh. And I want to make sure you show up at the New York Attorney General case. And um, we'll have that deposition be seven to nine hours. And uh, Cohen can set the specific time of when it takes place. But what a powerful order there. So now Donald Trump has to actually go to New York, whether he's going to show up for this New York Attorney General case. And now he gets to be deposed by Michael Cohen in the state of New York. So um, that backfired as well. And you know, I think Donald Trump's ultimately going just to dismiss the lawsuit that he filed against Cohen, because I can't imagine he's going to be able to sit there for a nine-hour deposition. He's just too cowardly to do that. And finally, let's talk about what's going down in Georgia, the peach state, as I mentioned at the outset, where things are not looking very peachy for Donald Trump and his co-defendants. First, let's talk about Scott Hall and Scott Hall's uh, guilty plea. Just so you know who this Scott Hall is, he's one of the RICO co-defendants in the Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis's case involving Trump. He's David Bossie's brother-in-law. Um, who served, and Bossy served as a senior advisor to Trump at Pence in 2020, senior strategist for the 2020 re-election of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He's been around Trump's inner circle, so um, that's how this Scott Hall got involved in kind of Trump world. He was a bail bondsman from Georgia. He was one of the people involved in the Coffee County theft of election information, which implicates Sidney Powell, Kathy Latham, and numerous of the other co defendants. So the timing of his guilty plea is critical here because you've got Ken Chesborough and Sidney Powell's trial because they asked for speedy trials. Well, that trial is about to start. So now you're going to have a cooperating witness who pled guilty at trial testifying against Sidney Powell and the co-defendants at this trial. So, Popak, I want you to first tell us about Scott Hall, but then also with this speedy trial request that Ken Chesborough and Sidney Powell made, boy, did that backfire as well, because, you know, now they're trying to ask for all of these remedies that we want, you know, file this motion to dismiss, this, you know, all these things. The judge is, like, just rejecting them. And also, it's like, it's just the judge McAfee's almost like, this is what you wanted. 
who wanted the speedy trial? Maybe you could have come up with these more evolved motions if you were on the regular track, but this is what you wanted. Make those arguments to the jury now. And then finally, Popak, if you can, I want you to do the full summary, yeah. then take us to Jeff Clark. Okay, I'm going to do remove. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do, do it. I'm going to It's going to be like do a it. speed move round. It. It's going to be a speed round. Here we go. But I mean, I'm going to do it a little bit out of order for what you, what you did. I think it'll make, more, it'll make more sense. First of all, trial October 23rd. We always thought it was just Chesborough and Sidney Powell, two disgraced lawyers for Donald Trump, involved Chesborough being the one of the architects of the fake elector scheme, along with John Eastman and and uh, Peter Peter Navarro and Sidney Powell, co-captain of Team Crazy with Giuliani, with all the lawsuits that were filed, but also having hired a company along with the, uh, the guy I'm going to talk about next, Mr. Hall, who broke in, well, not broken, was invited in by other election officials in Coffee County, a rural county in Georgia, to download election, um, private confidential election information, tamper with election machines, Dominion voting machines. Now you know why Sidney Powell is involved. Um, trying to look for, you know, evidence that, you know, Biden votes for, uh, Trump votes for flip to Biden. Um, and so we thought it was just those two. At a hearing just the other day in front of Judge McAfee, who again, you know, we got mad love for, at least right now, about the way he is running his courtroom with intellectual integrity, honesty, consistency, um, you know, brevity. We get one-page orders, two-page, one-page order to make an anonymous jury for all to protect them from Donald Trump, two pages to deny motions to dismiss and quash the uh, indictment by Ken Chesborough. I mean, I, we love it. Brevity is the soul of wit, and he, he is moving. But he announced the judge that what he had said a week or so ago to Fawny Willis when when she denied, when he denied her request to put all 19, including Donald Trump, on the 23rd, he said, no, we're not going to do that. You, you come back to me with a better plan, patch them up. We'll do the two here, and anybody that has waived their speedy trial will do them at a later time in 2024. Come back to me with a plan. She said she, she nodded and said, I got it. But the judge announced on Wednesday this week that there were six of the 11 left over that had not waived their right to speedy trial. So he said, we might have to bring in new benches and new chairs in here and for my bailiff to make room. We thought it was a party of two table for two, Chesborough and Powell, could be a table of eight, not sure yet, and I've got to track the docket to see if that motivated some of these other people to waive their speedy trial so that they're not going to trial in three weeks. We'll find out. It could be eight people or some combination of that. That's one. Second thing is the judge turned to the prosecutor for Phony Willis, Mr. Wade, and said, um, are there plea deals being offered to either Mr. Powell or Mr. or Ken Chesborough? This is before we had the announcement of the bail bondsman flipping, turning state's evidence, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, for his role in the Coffee County uh, data corruption and data stealing. And, the, and Mr. Wade said, we are. We are thinking about it. Um, and we're going to put something together, and we're going to individually propose something to both of these defendants, Judge. He said, okay, that's good. So wh what do we just learn? Powell and Chesborough are going to get a proposal to take a plea deal and not go to trial on the 23rd. Now we'll find out how, how much of Team Crazy and MAGA they really are. Are they going to go all the way and find out if, if a Fulton County, Georgia jury is going to follow Ken Chesbro's mad scientist analysis 
which is always wrong about constitutional rights and federal election law and state election law, and he thinks they're going to follow this and his madcap attack on 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 the laws. I don't think so. And and Sidney Powell, she might have been able to survive in Texas having her bar license pulled, but a Fulton County, Georgia, seeing a Sidney Powell in all her glory, she's not going to testify. But all the evidence that's going to be put against her in what the judge has said is going to be a three to five. Hey there, what's up, man? Let's see what Mighty's Touch is all about. Roars in California. See, like fucking. Well, some folks eat garbage. Performing again. FanDuel sees chances to bet until the final whistle. Bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed. FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Fucking babbling about. What are you babbling about now, Diaper Don? Talk about cognitive decline. Go change your diaper. Fucking old fool. Who? Clown. Clown, poo clown, poo clown, poo clown, poo clown, poo clown. Go change your diaper. Go change your diaper. Diaper Donald. Get off the stage. You are unfit for anything other than the prison cell. 
ain't gonna work. Ha ha. Get off the stage. You are unfit for anything other than a prison cell. You are not running for president. You are running to stay out of prison. Ain't gonna work. Beverly Hills, you know that person is sort of disgusting. Just traitor Trump disqualified himself! Exclamation point. LOL, he ain't gonna get on the ballot. Ha ha ha. Ain't gonna get on the ballot even. Ha ha ha. Come out with your hands up. Christopher Press. Trump for prison. This traitor Trump. Guess what? Traitor Trump. Dump. Trader Trump ain't gonna get on the ballot even, haha. Huh? Sorry, not sorry. This is citizen's arrest. But where you wash your hands and you're supposed to take no more than 30 seconds, okay. they want a quick, quick hand. Get off the stage and change your diaper, Trader Trump. Something else. Fucking asshole. Caught your time for prison missing. Trump co conspirator gets caught and his life is over. Great. One hour Hello, ago. I'm Hello, Mr. I'm Martin. Would you chip in before me? Michael Popak, legal AF. Well, one national nightmare is over. A missing proud boy who had been convicted of obstruction of official proceedings and using deadly weapons on Capitol Police, who went missing the day of his sentencing after being convicted in August. 
is now in custody. He's been missing for over six weeks. There's been an arrest warrant issued by his judge, but now Chris Worrell, 49, of Naples, Florida, has been arrested by the FBI in collaboration and cooperation with the Collier County Sheriff's Department. Chris Worrell, tough guy, proud boy, extremist, showed up to the Jan 6th um, Capitol insurrection, fully outfitted in tactical gear, weapons, communication devices. He was involved with the coordination of the uh, efforts to overturn the um, election and overturn the Capitol Police line that had been established to protect the Capitol. Chris Worrell actually was involved with the, one of the final pushes to break the line established by the Capitol Police and Metro Police and used pepper spray, which he sprayed in a stream at the Capitol Police in order to break through the, through the line. The line eventually collapsed. They couldn't, as we now know, hold the line. And a, an entire group of insurrectionists stormed into the Capitol and tried to look for elected officials who were being um, hurriedly taken out of the Capitol and belly crawling to safety, including Mike Pence. But Chris Worrell, a proud boy, wasn't proud to have been convicted and certainly didn't want to stand there and take his punishment. He knew that the government was recommending a sentence at that time, before he went on the lam and violated the conditions of his release, for uh, 14 years. You can imagine what Royce Lamperth, the uh, judge, is going to sentence him for, because now, not only is he going to be sentenced for the 14 years plus for obstruction of justice and use of a deadly weapon, the pepper spray, but now he's going to be separately charged, no doubt, by the Department of Justice for his um, violating the terms of his release, being a fugitive from justice, and requiring the manpower and the manhunt to go find him and bring him back to justice. Uh, he certainly will be held, and is being held, in a federal detention center for now, he'll be brought before the judge, and I'm sure there'll be a new superseding indictment, or a new indictment, because frankly, he's already been convicted, uh, sorry, of the prior crimes. So there'll be a new one-count or two-count indictment that we can now expect against him. And when at the time of sentencing, which will now, I'm assuming, will be rescheduled for several months until the indictment comes out, um, and either um, he pleads guilty to it, which... I don't think he has a defense to being a fugitive from justice. He either pleads guilty to it or he goes through another trial. So I think what will happen procedurally is they'll reschedule the sentencing that was supposed to happen in August on the um, insurrection, obstruction of justice, and uh, use of uh, violent um, lethal weapons. Uh, and they'll, they'll sentence him on that. The government asked for 14 years, but certainly given the new information, the judge could go above that and find there are extenuating circumstances. So I don't think the judge will give him less than 14 years on that. Then separately, I am sure, because the, because the government, the Department of Justice, can't allow fugitives, fugitives of justice to get away with it because it'll send the wrong message to others. Oh, the government's just okay with my original sentence. I might as well try to run. Um, they're going to have to indict him for that. And then there'll be a separate either bench trial, again, with the judge, um, or he'll ask for a jury trial somehow, 
uh, and then there'll be a scheduled trial in the next six months on that issue. They'll he'll be in federal he'll be in a federal prison assigned by the Bureau of Prisons until then, right? Or they'll keep him in the federal detention center or the uh, the metro jail in Washington until the new in, which is not a great place by the way <laughs> until the next trial. That's now the world that Chris Worrell has devised for himself by being a coward. And, uh, you know, he was all tough guy. Tough. They're all tough on the day of the insurrection. They're all tough with the mob mentality, attacking police, people dying on the steps of the Capitol, them coordinating their efforts in a military, paramilitary operation. Tough guys. Tough guys until they lose at trial. First, they don't want to face a jury because they don't want to face a jury of their peers. They want to take the shot with the judge. Then they lose with the judge, and this has happened time and time again. And then, at sentencing, they either run, become fugitives from justice because they don't want to face the music, or they blubber like babies while they're being sentenced. Or they blubber like babies, and then when their family is out on the courthouse steps, they all talk tough about how they're, you know, the Jan 6th insurrectionists are really political prisoners. I mean, this is... You know, crazy is as crazy does. I mean, this is the way they acted on Jan 6, the mentality of the person, the psychosis of a person who's going to participate in the overthrow of their own democracy is also the person that's going to run, be a fugitive, you know, not stand and deliver at the time of sentencing, cry like a baby and then have his family talk about Ashley Babbitt, um, you know, on the, on, the, on the courthouse steps. We'll continue to follow because it's so important for our democracy. You know, as our president just said just yesterday in a speech, we each have to do something to protect our democracy. And one of the things that you're doing is to be with the Midas Touch Network, follow the content that we provide, like this one. And we can't forget that even though there's been, you know, a couple of thousand prosecutions of Jan 6 insurrectionists on the ground, they're not all done. The trials are not done. The sentencing is not done. We've gotten through the bulk of it, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and some of the highest sentences being handed out by federal judges in the District of Columbia. Uh, but it's not done. They're still, the FBI is still arresting people that they that slipped through the cracks that they haven't been able to find in over a year and a half. So that's still going on. So there is a tremendous, we don't want to lose focus. Don't get justice fatigue. Don't, right? Don't become fatigued because we're talking about important things like Chris Worrell, fugitive of justice, proud boy, finally getting his due, being sentenced to probably over 14 years and now being, I'm sure, indicted on a new count of, you know, breaking the conditions of his release. These are important, and it's important every time it happens. We're going to catch it, examine it, talk about it on hot takes just like this one, and I only do this in one place, exclusively on the Midas Touch Network. We do it here, we do it in Hot Takes, the leaders of Legal AF, the podcast at the intersection of law and politics, also on the Midas Touch Network. We do Hot Takes about every hour on issues that are important to you at the intersection of justice, law, and politics, right? We used to call it a corner. It's not a corner, it's a crazy corner. It's a, it's a three-way stop, justice, democracy, and law. 
and we're going to bring it to you right here using our over 75 years collectively of legal experience in courthouses and courtrooms just like this one. Follow us on Legal AF on Wednesdays and Saturdays on the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Subscribe free to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. That'll help them get bigger. They get bigger. Your voice is better heard. And then you can follow me, Michael Popak, on all things. I was treated like that. Melania makes her move to get leverage over a week. Donald Trump. Saving with Liberty Mutual now. They customize their car insurance. They only pay for what you need. Melania you makes a move to get leverage oh, over. Oh, we Network. Melania Trump has been in the headlines recently for such things as Melania Trump stylist gets two hundred and sixty thousand dollars <laughs> in political action campaign cash of Donald Trump <laughs> since twenty twenty two. Or how about this one? A super PAC aligned with Donald Trump paid Melania Trump another $155,000 in December 2021 for a speaking engagement. Well, Melania Trump is in the headlines again this time because she has renegotiated her prenuptial agreement with Donald Trump as he is running for office. It's a very transactional relationship. The leverage for Melania Trump right now is at its peak, so she is exploiting that leverage to make sure that she can renegotiate that prenuptial agreement. Apparently, this is the third time she's done that. There's been three prenuptial agreement negotiations, according to sources that have told this to the New York Post. This is the headline from Daily Mail. Melania has quietly renegotiated her prenup with Donald Trump ahead of his bid for a second White House term and legal drama and is most concerned about getting a sizable trust fund for Barron. Updated terms were first reported by page six that involve both finances and property and seek to increase the trust for Barron. Sources familiar with their matter spilled the alleged amendment to the prenuptial agreements and talk about it is creating a substantial new trust. And again, it's believed to have been the third time that this uh, prenuptial agreement was renegotiated. They say that one of the main reasons for this is actually not because of the campaign. I don't know how true that is, but that Melania Trump is terrified that Donald Trump uh, as he keeps everything. losing his legal cases. He was just found liable um, in New York State Court for partial summary judgment on the civil fraud case brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James, where Judge Ngoron found uh, Trump liable for fraud and canceled the Trump Organization's business registrations and ordered the dissolution of the Trump businesses in New York. So I think Melania is terrified that the gravy train is running out, although she seems to like that political action committee gravy all right. And all of the other lawsuits from the E. Jean Carroll $5 million verdict back in May of 2023. There's going to be another E. Jean Carroll trial in uh, January of 2024. And so I think we all expect that Donald Trump's going to get hit with a few more $100 million judgments 
even perhaps in excess of a billion dollars in judgments when we look at what goes down in this New York Attorney General disgorgement case in addition to the cancellation of the uh, business licenses. And so that's got Melania terrified the most. I just want you all to think about how weird this relationship is. And by the way, Melania is clearly aware of what Donald Trump did with his first wife, Ivana. This is what the Daily Mail reported, that Ivana Trump's cordoned off grave is barely visible in completely overgrown area of Trump's 506-acre Bedminster, New Jersey golf course. I think for tax benefits, Donald Trump characterized the Bedminster property as a cemetery. And when Ivana passed, she was buried in the kind of back lot of the Bedminster golf course. And then the grass uh, was overgrown and the... Uh, grave was barely, barely visible. You can see it uh, right there. This is Melania Trump's former best friend right here and current friend of the Midas Touch uh, Network, Stephanie Winston Walkoff. And here she explains how the relationship between Melania and Donald is purely transactional. Here, play this clip. Engagement in 2004 is either a magic moment or making a deal. Is it a transaction? Do you believe that? I do. I do believe it's a transactional marriage. I mean, Donald, you know, Donald got arm candy. Um, the Vogue cover legitimized Melania, which legitimized Donald as well. And Melania got two dynamic decades. I mean, she was a young model striving. She was, didn't have the success yet. She met Donald. She married. She had a son. She became an American citizen. And 10 years after that, she's the first lady of the United States. So I do believe it was a magic moment. And I also believe it was a, a made-for-TV moment. I found this clip to be funny as well. This is Karen Pence, a.k.a. Mother, when she was recently asked about her relationship with Melania on Newsmax. And Karen Pence says, uh, I would say a, procession, a processional relationship is how she refers to it. Here, play, play this clip of the processional relationship. Professional relationship? Uh, or, or, yeah, I would say professional relationship. Yeah, yeah I, we didn't ever just, the two of us have lunch alone. No, yeah. That never happened. Yeah, we, um, I had... Oh, I can't help myself here. So this one in this next clip that I'm going to show you, this is uh, former Vice President Pence, though, saying that his relationship with Mother wasn't processional. Here, uh, Pence says that he indeed does sleep with Mother. Take the clip. Because by way of full disclosure, Chris, you mentioned the president's situation. I'm, my wife uh, isn't a member of the teachers' union, but I got to admit, I've, I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. And um, well, full disclosure. And folks, do you remember this moment as well from the 2020 debate? where Dr. Jill Biden and then-candidate Biden, or President Biden, but that, back then during the debate, watch what happens after the debate where Dr. Jill Biden kissed Joe Biden, they hugged, they embraced. Remember this from the end of the debate, play this clip. As we will keep our camera trained on the hall at the end of this, as you may know, a limited crowd present. What a dark event we have just witnessed. 
The tip of the hat to Cormac McCarthy when we say if that wasn't a mess, it'll do till the mess gets here. As difficult as that was to watch as the spouses now join both men on stage, as bracing as it is to realize this behavior is taking place in pursuit of the job we used to refer to as leader of the free world, there was an incumbent on that stage tonight, a president. That was such a telling moment. Here's just another clip of President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden. And folks, in President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden, we have such a normal, loving, compassionate couple, right? I, I mean, it's staring us in the face like it's so beautiful what that is and what the love they share is. And on the other hand, you've got... Melania Trump angling for a renegotiation of her prenuptial agreement because Donald Trump, you know, in order for her to be there with Donald Trump while he's running for his campaign and that she knows that Donald Trump may lose all of the money, so she thinks she's got more leverage to negotiate with him before he goes on trial for the uh, hush money payments to a porn star after being found liable for sexual abuse when he brags on uh, uh, recordings about a sexually assaulting women. I mean, that's what, what's, uh, this is what's, the contrast could not be clearer. So in addition to doing this report on how Melania Trump is angling and renegotiating the new freedom, the contrast here is something I want to point out. Because that contrast exists in all aspects of life between the unqualified, unfit, and despicable Donald Trump and the compassionate, qualified, very decent human being, President Biden. I'm Ben Micellas from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers. And check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. That's patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch. Keep up with the most important news of the day. She just uses Instagram. Guys, still there. She just thanks for 264k, even though it's just my sensors. That's a Billy Billy Carson. Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. You are what you, your deep driving desire is. As your desire is, so is your will. As your will is, so is your dead. As your dead is, so is your destiny. You punish as your will is, so is your dead. Oh, your deed. As your will is, so is your deed. As your deed is, so is your destiny. So, watch your character if it becomes your destiny.
Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. body becomes what the foods are as the spirit becomes what the thoughts are. Ancient kinetic proverb. As the spirit becomes what the thoughts are. Hmm. So beautiful. Medic proverb. She don't need no Instagram. She just uses oops. Sacred geometry and 3D reality decoding the Garden of Eden. Children of the Garden of Eden and the Sumerian masquerading gods. This is a metabolism killer. This is a metabolism killer. And even this is a metabolism
without interfering with the existing continent on this planet. But at that point, according to the Inuma Elish, there was going to be a war breakout between the Ijiji and the, uh, the higher class Anunnaki because they were too tired of the workload. And because of that, uh, the, the only way to stop the war was to come up with a solution on how to end this workload. And the workload had to continue because they're obviously a capitalistic type of society, because that's what they installed here on this planet. Uh, they needed those resources. They were probably earning some type of whatever equivalent of what we would call revenue off of these resources they were mining. They weren't just mining gold. They were mining resources all over this entire planet. Um, and uh, so to, to, to prevent this war, this coup that was happening, they came up with the solution was to genetically modify the existing hominid and make that uh, hominid into a worker slave. Uh, now, they didn't just snap a finger and it happened. It didn't work that way. Uh, they began first initially with cloning. They tried cloning some of these hominids, and they had some problems with reproduction issues. Some couldn't reproduce at all. Tumors, sicknesses, illnesses, early death, premature death. And they realized that that was just, just too much work. It's too hard to keep up. They were losing their production, not gaining. So the next thing that happened was uh, they decided to see, well, we genetically modify um, the human that's here in a way that we can take uh, the full birth might be able to get a successful uh, Homo sapien. That's when Homo sapien came to the to view. 200,000 years ago is all we've been here. Us, this Homo sapien sapien. 200,000 years. That's, we're, we're the new kids on the block. We're definitely not even close to being the one on the all. We're brand spanking new. Because in ge geological time frames, 200,000 years is a blink of an eye. Literally, a blink of probably even less than a blink of an eye. Okay? We're just like, boom, we're here. And uh, so what happened with one of the Anunnaki females, uh, took uh, an egg out of the existing hominid. There's a famous cylinder scroll on display at the British Museum uh, about this. And they uh, then added some Anunnaki DNA to this, uh, to this egg. And they took out some of the genetic material from the existing hominid, added their genetic material, reinserted it, well, inserted it into her womb, and she took it to full term in 10 months. And she then gave birth to the Adamu, which means first man the Adamu, and the Adamu was then placed in the Garden of Eden, Eden, which was located in where? Iraq. Was it in Africa? Sorry, it was Iraq. That was home base, that was the start of civilization, was Iraq first, when it became, what, as far as we're concerned. Now, that's where they first touched down. They touched down in Iraq, in Mesopotamia, 450,000 years ago. Mine just spent 250,000 years then began the genetic modification of the existing hominid on this planet. They didn't create us. There's always here people, oh, the Anunnaki created us. No, they didn't create us. We were already here. Our cousins were here. We're now an offshoot of the cousin because we've been genetically modified. This is why we have smaller brains, smaller skulls. A lot of the skulls have been found all over the planet. Our skulls are smaller. Our brains are smaller. Uh, our uh, pineal gland is smaller. We have what they call junk DNA. <laughs> which is not junk, it's just it's been disconnected. You're not connected to the universal grid like we used to be, uh, you know, thousands of years ago. Uh, they disconnected. So when people say, oh, you know, according to schools, that our ancestors or these existing or these uh, ancient hominids over here before Homo sapien were just dumb cavemen. Mm, not on my research. I think they were a lot smarter than us. Maybe not technologically, I'm talking about spiritually. Spiritually, they were more tuned to the human resonant frequency of the Earth, more in tune with nature. They probably used their magnetite crystals in their brain to navigate the planet 
the way I escaped the matrix and the nine to five and now live this beautiful luxury lifestyle here in Dubai is not the way that most people do it. Dubai, in fact, no one. Which we've been totally disconnected from. If you ever see a tsunami uh, come in, like the one that hit uh, Indonesia and some other places, uh, the wild animals are never caught up or swept away in the flood. Okay? Why is that? They understand they have to, they're, they're in resonant frequency with this planet and what's happening. They can sense that and they can get to higher ground. They go to the hills and to mountains. Human beings, homo sapiens sapiens, we just stand right there and get our cameras out. Look, there's a tsunami coming. <laughs> <laughs> they just get swept away. It's crazy, but it just shows you how disconnected we are. I was having um, breakfast with somebody the other day and I was talking about this giraffe hotel in Africa. Where the giraffes are roaming around the hotel and they, there's openings in the hotel walls where they put their heads in and you can feed them while you eat your own food. And uh, you go, oh, that's just horrible. These giraffes should be free. They're, they're supposed to be wild animals. That's like, that's imprisonment and torture. And then he bit into his baby. <laughs> After sitting there. But what, the point I'm making is, I don't have nothing against me baking. What I'm, having, what I'm saying is, do you see the disconnect that we have? We're disconnected from nature and we don't even realize it. We take, we take everything for granted. We're totally disconnected. We don't see it. A pig is about 15% more intelligent than a dog. Yet we slaughter the pig and eat the pig. And the dog, you better not touch that. You go to prison. I'm not saying anyone has a higher value than the other one. I'm just saying, think of it, you know, logically. It just logically would seem that if you're going to do kill one of the two of them, wouldn't it make more logical sense that the pig is a higher level of sentient being than the dog since it's a lot more intelligent? So uh, it just we we just not you know we're just not we just lost our secretness and we're trying to find it again. We're trying to regain our, our secretness and trying to regain our consciousness. Just seeing something like this and understanding the, how advanced you have to be and the fact that we now can even perceive this and understand this and figure this out lets us know that we're going in the right direction consciously. We're starting to really wake up and we're starting to really be able to put things together and understand things and put pieces of the puzzle together. And if once we can do that, then we can now, it's almost like when Enlil came back to the Garden of Eden. Enlil, not Yahweh. Yahweh's, uh, you know, in your, in your DNA. That's where Yahweh is what we talked about yesterday. You are God, this is the divine energy, the divine force that flows through all of our bodies. That, that enhances and takes us to the next level. But Yah, Enlil was the one who came to the Garden of Eden. Now, when he came back to the Garden of Eden and realized that his brother Enki had told the humans, Adam and Eve, about knowledge and wisdom, and who they truly were, knowledge of self. They put on clothes and became ashamed and everything else. The apple was knowledge. There wasn't a real proof that the plug from the tree to bite into it. It was knowledge. When he realized that they had gained a specific amount of knowledge and became to another level of sentience and realized who their true self was, he got angry and then he banished them from, from the garden. Um, now, who was in Lil? He was also known as Satan, the Lord of Eden, in ancient texts. <laughs> so, now you see where you get Satan from. It's in Lil. Now, what he did was he played the big, the, the big mind trick. He then fooled everybody into believing that his brother Enki was the, was the serpent and the evil one, when it was really him. So when you read the Sumerian tablets, you begin to find out that uh, uh, after the Great Flood and, and all this happened, they reached up civilization, uh, and people were multiplying on the planet in incredible numbers. If they got too loud or he got too uh, pissed off with them for whatever reason, because they were having their own internal battle where they were just making too much noise, he would just call them. In other words, he would just kill them off. 
kill a hundred thousand, kill two hundred thousand. He would starve villages, just purpose. Dry out the uh, he would give an order to dry out their fields. This is Yahweh, but they're thinking it's the creator of the universe, but it's really just a flesh and blood person like us that puts on his pants one leg at a time. Just a little bit more knowledgeable, have more more advanced technology, do a little bit more, and because of that, you know, we became a powerful couple of deified. So, but he tricked everybody to believe in that his brother Enki was evil. His brother Enki actually had empathy for humans, married a human, and was banished from his own home planet because of that. Uh, and when he did the genetic modification under the order of his brother, he came up with a suggestion, but his brother put the decree in him, though, to do the genetic modification. He was just trying to stop the war at that time. But when he did the genetic modification, he gave us a little bit extra. A little bit extra. He gave us, he, he genetically modified Homo sapiens in a way that we have the capability of surpassing even them. And then when his brother Enlil discovered this, he was irate, he went crazy, he went ballistic on his brother. Because he says, how could you do this? That they outnumber us, they can become greater than us, and more intelligent than us, than where we fit in. This is one of the reasons why they didn't create, a lot of people said, why didn't you just create a lot of robots? Well, they even knew about that. AI was no good for them. They created a, a cybernetic organism uh, that went on a trip with, with Gilgamesh. So if you read one of the oldest texts out there, The Epic of Gilgamesh, which is the true and full story of Noah, uh, Gilgamesh was a uh, half-human, half-Anunnaki. Okay? He was uh, uh, the son of Enki and the son of a human woman, uh, and he was a giant, massive, strong man. There's, there's depictions of him holding a lion with one arm. Up on his chest. Okay, this is a massive dude. And he goes on this journey where they give him this uh, R2 D2 type thing to go on this journey, which was artificially intelligent. And they actually had other, a few more of them in the medical department that they had. They had a medical city for healing. And they had a few of these android type uh, things there. This is in, in stone text, written, document now, six to eight thousand years ago. So you just can't make this stuff up. I mean, you can't try to change the stones, you know, you can't erase the stone and rewrite it. This, is, this really happened. Um, but they, they had conversations from time to time, and they realized that these androids, if they created too many of them, could outnumber them, and then they would have no need for them. This is why they chose to genetically modify a biological robot, human genome hominids at that time, wherever hominids it was, making homo sapiens safe. But the, the good news in all of this is the fact that they actually claim and state that the current human that they have now genetically modified, because of the work of the, the geneticist Enki, you know, he, we, our lifespan has been shortened and things like that, but we have the capability to fix it scientifically. We're in the day and age, we've already learned how to stop the cellular degradation. But because of the way that we are created, we have the capability of superseding the level of the Anunnaki, the level of these beings that came from elsewhere, spiritually and technologically. And we have all the numbers. There's 7.5 billion people in our and we are letting less than 100 people control everything we see, taste, smell, touch. There was going to be a war breakout between the EGB and they started thinking these were gifts. I'm sure this. Technology, just with advanced wisdom and understanding. These gods, some of them masqueraded as gods, but you can 
So this guy is a real scholar <clears throat> on all the ancient texts. Shout out to KAMP, we're going to listen to that again. Pull up. The idea is that we're dealing with advanced civilizations. We're dealing with advanced technology. We're dealing with advanced wisdom and understanding. These gods, some of them masqueraded as gods, as you can see, would be very easy. If you had the capability of doing something like this and knowing all this information thousands of years ago, and you run into a civilization that's obviously uh, less advanced, they're going to deify you. are going to make you into a god. We do it all the time. Uh, there's a place called Atini, uh, uh, Bikini Atoll <laughs> uh, in the South Pacific. And we went there to do nuclear testing, unfortunately. Um, but in the process of setting up the nuclear test, we began to uh, send military troops. And they had never seen any outsiders, never. They saw airplanes, they saw tanks, they saw boats pulling up on the shore. And they automatically thought these had to be gods. And then we started giving them things. We started giving them food, cans of spam, all this kind of stuff. And they started thinking these were gifts from the gods. Instantly. Okay? After we left, what'd they do? They started building airplanes out of tree reeds and branches. Building uh, AK-47 guns out of branches and trees. They even tattooed USA on their chest. It's called a cargo cult. And it, ha it happens no matter where you go in this universe when you have that situation. That's why there's a prime directive that's talked about in a lot of science fiction movies, but I believe that prime directive is a real thing. The prime directive of an advanced civilization interacting is forbidden to interact with a less advanced civilization. Um, the Anunnaki violated their prime directive when they came to Earth and began to mine this planet for resources. They did it for about 250,000 years without interfering with the existing hominid on this planet. But at that point, according to the Enuma Elish, there was going to be a war breakout between the Ejiji and the uh, the higher class Anunnaki because they were just tired of the workload. And because of that, uh, the, the only way to stop the war was to come up with a solution on how to end this workload. Now, the workload had to continue because they're obviously a capitalistic type of society because that's what they installed here on this planet. Uh, they needed those resources. They were probably earning some type of whatever equivalent of what we would call revenue off of these resources they were mining. They weren't just mining gold, they were mining resources all over this entire planet. Um, and uh, so to, to, to prevent this war, this coup that was happening, they came up with the solution was to genetically modify the existing hominid 
and make that uh, hominid into a worker slave. Uh, now, they didn't just... Scientists from all over the world are considering this resonant frequency to be the cure of the last millennium in the year. Snap a finger and it happened. It didn't work that way. Uh, they began first initially with cloning. They tried cloning some of these hominids, and they had some problems with reproduction issues. Some couldn't even reproduce at all. Tumors, sicknesses, illnesses, early death, premature death. And they realized that that was just, just too much work. It's too hard to keep up. We, we, they were losing in production, not gaining. So the next thing that happened was um, they decided to see, well, if we genetically modify um, the human that's here in a way that we can uh, take the full term and give birth, we might be able to get a successful uh, homo sapien. That's when homo sapien came into, the, into view. 200,000 years ago, it's all we've been here. Us, this homo sapien sapien. 200,000 years. That's, we're, we're the new kids on the block. We're definitely not even close to being the one-all be-all. We're brand spanking new, because in ge geological time frames, 200,000 years is a blink of an eye, literally a blink of, probably even less than a blink of an eye, okay? We're just like, boom, we're here. And uh, so what happened was one of the Anunnaki females uh, took uh, an egg out of the existing hominid. There's a famous cylinder scroll on display at the British Museum uh, about this. And they uh, then added some Anunnaki DNA to this, uh, to this egg, and they took out some of the genetic material from the existing hominid, added their genetic material, reinserted it, well, inserted it into her womb, and she took it to full term in 10 months. And she then gave birth to the Adamu, which means first man, the Adamu. And the Adamu was then placed in the Garden of Edin, Eden, which was located in where? Iraq. It wasn't in Africa, sorry, it was Iraq. That was home base, that was the start of civilization, was Iraq first, when it became, as far as we were concerned. Now, that's where they first touched down. They touched down in Iraq, in Mesopotamia, 450,000 years ago. Mine this planet for 250,000 years, and then began the genetic modification of the existing hominid on this planet. They didn't create us. There's always here people, oh, the Anunnaki created us. No, they didn't create us. We were already here. Our cousins were here. We're now an offshoot of the cousin because we've been genetically modified. This is why we have smaller brains, smaller skulls. A lot of the skulls have been found all over the planet. Our skulls are smaller. Our brains are smaller. Um, our uh, pineal gland is smaller. We have what they call junk DNA, <laughs> which is not junk. It's just been disconnected. You're not connected to the universal grid like we used to be, uh, you know, thousands of years ago. Uh, they disconnected us. So when people say, oh, you know, according to schools, that our ancestors or these existing or these uh, ancient hominids over here before Homo sapien were just dumb cavemen. Mm. Not on my research. I think they were a lot smarter than us. Maybe not technologically, I'm talking about spiritually. Spiritually, they were more tuned to the Schumann resonant frequency of the Earth, more in tune with nature. They probably used their magnetite crystals in their brain to navigate the planet and have higher levels of intuition, which we've been totally disconnected from. If you've ever seen a tsunami uh, come inland, like the one that hit uh, Indonesia and some of these other places, uh, the wild animals are never caught up or swept away in the flood, okay? Why is that? They understand they have to, they're, they're in resonant frequency with this planet and what's happening. They can sense that and they can get to higher ground. They go to the hills or to mountains. Human beings, homo sapiens sapiens, we just stand right there and get our cameras out. Look, there's a tsunami coming. <laughs> <laughs> we just get swept away. It's crazy, but it just shows you how disconnected we are. I was having um, breakfast with somebody the other day, 
it was talking about this giraffe hotel in Africa where the giraffes are roaming around the hotel and they, there's openings in the hotel walls where they put their heads in and you can feed them while you're eating your own food. And uh, he goes, oh, that's just horrible. These giraffes should be free. They're, they're supposed to be wild animals. That's like, that's imprisonment and torture. And then he bit into his bacon. <laughs> After sitting there. But what, the point I'm making is, I have nothing against me bacon. What I'm, having, what I'm saying is, do you see the disconnect that we have? We're disconnected from nature and we don't even realize it. We take, we take everything for granted. We're totally disconnected. We don't see it. A pig is about 15% more intelligent than a dog. Yet we slaughter the pig and eat the pig. And the dog, you better not touch that or you go to prison. I'm not saying anyone has a higher value than the other one. I'm just saying, think of it, you know, logically. It just logically would seem if you're going to do kill one of the two of them, wouldn't it make more logical sense if the pig is a higher level of sentient being than the dog since it's a lot more intelligent? You know, so um, it's just, we, we're just not, you know, we're just not, we're just lost our synchronicity. And we're trying to find it again. We're trying to regain our, our synchronicity, trying to regain our consciousness. Just seeing something like this and understanding the, how advanced you have to be. And the fact that we now can even perceive this and understand this and figure this out lets us know that we're going in the right direction consciously. We're starting to really wake up and we're starting to really be able to put things together and understand things and put pieces of the puzzle together. And if, once we can do that, then we can, now it's almost like when Enlil came back to the Garden of Eden. Enlil, not Yahweh. Yahweh's, uh, you know, in your in your DNA. That's where Yahweh is. What we talked about yesterday. You are God. This divine energy, the divine force that flows through all of our bodies, that that enhances and takes us to the next level. But Yah, Enlil was the one who came to the Garden of Eden. Now, when he came back to the Garden of Eden and realized that his brother Enki had told the humans, Adam and Eve, about knowledge and wisdom and who they truly were, knowledge of self, and they put on clothes and became ashamed and everything else. The apple was knowledge. It wasn't a real fruit that you pluck from a tree and bite into it. It was, it was knowledge. When he realized that they had gained a specific amount of knowledge and became to another level of sentience and realized who their true self was, he got angry, and then he banished them from, from the garden. Um, now, who was... the process of actually who was in Lil? he was also known as satan the lord of eden in ancient text <laughs> so now you see where you get satan from it's in Lil. now what he did was he played the big the, the big mind trick he then fooled everybody into believing that his brother enki was the was a serpent and the evil one when it was really him so when you read the samaritan tablets you begin to find out that uh, uh after the great flood and and all this happened and they reached up civilization uh, and people were multiplying on the planet in, in incredible numbers. If they got too loud or he got too uh, pissed off with them for whatever reason, because they were having their own in internal battles or they were just making too much noise, he would just call them. In other words, he would just kill them off. Kill 100,000, kill 200,000. He would starve villages, just purposely dry out the, uh, he would give an order to dry out their fields. This is Yahweh, but they're thinking it's the creator of the universe, but it's really just a flesh and blood person like us, that puts on his pants one leg at a time. Just a little bit more knowledgeable, had more, more advanced technology, knew a little bit more, and because of that, you know, we became a cargo cult, we deified them. So, but he tricked everybody to believe in that his brother Enki was the evil. His brother Enki actually had empathy for humans, married a human, and was banished from his own home planet because of that. Uh, and when he did the genetic modification under the order of his brother, he came up with a suggestion, but his brother put the decree in, Enlil. 
to do the genetic modification. He was just trying to stop the war at that time. But when he did the genetic modification, he gave us a little bit extra. A little bit extra. He gave us, he, he genetically modified Homo sapiens in a way that we have the capability of surpassing even them. And then when his brother Enlil discovered this, he was irate and went crazy. He went ballistic on his brother. Because he says, how could you do this? That they outnumber us, they could become greater than us and more intelligent than us, they where we fit in. This is one of the reasons why they didn't create, a lot of people said, why didn't they just create a lot of robots? Well, they even knew about that. AI was no good for them. They created a, a cybernetic organism uh, that went on a trip with, with Gilgamesh. So if you read one of the oldest texts out there, the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is the true and full story of Noah, uh, Gilgamesh was a uh, half-human, half-Anunnaki. Okay? He was uh, uh, the son of Enki and the son of a human woman. Uh, and he was a giant, massive, strong man. There's, there's depictions of him holding a lion with one arm up, up on his chest. Okay, this, this was a massive dude. And he goes on this journey, but they give him this uh, R2-D2 type of thing to go on this journey with him. It was artificially intelligent. And they actually had other, a few more of them in the medical department that they had, because they had a medical city for healing. And they had a few of these Android-type uh, things there. This is in, in stone text, written, documented now, six to 8,000 years ago. So you just can't make this stuff up. I mean, you can't try to change the stones. You know, you can't erase the stone and rewrite it. This is re this really happened. Um, but they, they had conversations from time to time, and they realized that these androids, if they created too many of them, could outnumber them, and then they would have no need for them. This is why they chose to genetically modify a bio biological robot, humans or hominids at that time, whatever the hominid in particular was, and making homo sapiens sapiens. But the, the good news in all of this is the fact that they actually claim and state that the current human that they have now genetically modified because of the work of the, the geneticist Enki, even though he, we, our lifespans have been shortened and things like that, but we have the capability to fix that scientifically. We're in the day and age where we've already learned how to stop the telomere de degradation. But because of the way that we are created, we have the capability of superseding the level of the Anunnaki, the level of these beings that came from elsewhere, spiritually and technologically. And we have all the numbers. There's 7.5 billion people on Earth. And we are letting less than 100 people control everything we see, taste, smell, touch. As long as this page doesn't say expired, which eventually will happen, you can get two solar generators. Hey there, welcome back. This is kind of a cool headline. Ooh, 2K views. Biden tells funny joke about MTG. Good one, old man. Old man Biden. Either you're drunk. Good one, old man Brandon. <laughs> that was a slam dunk. Come on, let's do a fist up. Yeah, you can do it. You put your fist up and you bob like that. <laughs> I just want the Zoya to be confused. TV 
17 likes. The one of my friends in. That was a slam dunk. Come on, let's do a fist bump. Okay, just got two K views. This got this got two K views. Come on, let's do a fist up. Yeah, you can do it. Put your fist up in your bub like that. Find yourself disoriented and confused. Either you're drunk. Fist bump. Okay. All right. So five things the ancients knew that will change your life. Uh, that sounds great. Um, I just wanted to check. Oh no. Oh shit. It's fucking disappeared. Damn. <sighs> okay. Fed up Fox News host. Torches Trump using his own words. Uh, that was 27 minutes ago. Uh, what's this? Jack Smith fires back at Trump's threats. Judge Chutkin denies Trump's recusal efforts. A New York Attorney General trial starts Monday. A flurry of updates in the Georgia Rico case and more. Watch Legal AF. 5 p.m. GOP caught. Yeah, Republicans caught fabricating evidence during hearing. Misconduct. How about some fucking misconduct charges? Tropical vacations, warm celebrations, and special dinners. These are the moments. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. I want to show you the exact moment during the MAGA Republicans. Or insurrection. How about some fucking misconduct charges and mass explosion of the GOP traitors for insurrection? Okay. Am impeachment hearing of President Sellers from the Midas Touch Network. I want to show you the exact moment during the MAGA Republicans' sham impeachment hearing of President Joe Biden. When Democratic Congresswoman AOC uncovered that the MAGA Republicans, specifically MAGA Republicans, to have been sent, but from the White House Easter egg roll what? in April 2022, oh, Republicans, specifically Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network, I want to show you the exact moment during the MAGA Republicans' sham impeachment hearing of President Joe Biden when Democratic Congresswoman AOC 
uncovered that the MAGA Republicans, specifically MAGA Republican Byron Donalds, was fabricating evidence, was showing cherry-picked portions of a text message and introducing it to stand for the proposition of something it actually didn't stand for at all. Watch this, then let's break it down. Play the game. Uh, I want to emphasize why that's important. Earlier today... ...locating evidence was showing cherry-picked portions of a text message and introducing it to stand for the proposition of something it actually didn't stand for at all. Watch this, then let's break it down. Play the clip. To, uh, I want to emphasize why that's important. Earlier today, one of our colleagues, a gentleman from Florida, presented up on the screen something that looked, appeared to be a screenshot of a text message containing or insinuating an explosive allegation. That screenshot of what appeared to be a text message was a fabricated image. It was a fabricated image. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it was the staff of the committee, but it was not the actual direct screenshot from that phone. And in fact, I would like to submit to the committee the actual full context from as a, from the Ziegler affidavit number one, exhibit 402, of the full text of that exchange. Do I have permission from the chair? Importantly, what was brought out from, from that fabricated image excluded critical context that changed the underlying meaning and allegation that was presented up on that screen by this committee and by, by members of this committee. Now, they are well within their right to do that because they are covered by the speech and debate clause. This was not submitted by a material or fact witness under oath. That was not submitted by a material or fact witness under oath. So as AOC was saying, the MAGA Republicans introduced a very small portion of a broader text message to try to deceive the public into believing that this message was between President Biden's brother, Jim Biden, and Hunter Biden about President Biden, I guess at that time almost a candidate, uh, trying to use his influence to uh, work with Hunter Biden on various business interests. So here is the uh, message that MAGA Republicans showed. This was the Republican exhibit. And here's what it shows on Fox. Actually, it was December 2018. Here's what it shows. This can work. You need a safe harbor. I can work with your father alone. We, as usual, just need several months of his help for this to work. And that's what the MAGA Republicans highlighted. Let's talk about it. It makes perfect sense to me. This is difficult to fully vet without talking. Will you please call me on with A? We can develop a plan together. It can work. I'm going to try to call you again. Please answer. I can and will. I will. Crisis with Caroline. Same problem with P and New York Post. Dealing with it as we speak. She is okay. I believe I have it under control. I get back to you ASAP. So that's what the MAGA Republicans introduced. But if you want to go to the actual message, what it involved was President Biden's brother, Jim Biden, communicating with Hunter Biden at a time where Hunter Biden was a drug addict and suffering 
and Hunter Biden couldn't afford to pay his alimony. So what it is actually discussing is a way to see if Biden, at that time not the president, um, could help with alimony payments to keep Hunter on his feet while Hunter was a drug addict. Just think about how despicable it is that that's what MAGA Republicans did to manipulate this. Here, let me show you the full message. Pull it up right here from 12-29-2018. It's a message between Hunter and Jim Biden, and here's what it says. I can work when I'm in New York City all day, every day for the next three months from 8 to 12, but I can't pay alimony without dad or tuitions or for food and gas. Really, it's all gone. I can go make it up in 15 to 20 days, I'm sure, but he's basically made it clear that he's not paying alimony because Mom made clear that she won't do it. Haley won't allow me to be at the house or lend me or pay me back any money. Ashley moves into Mom Mom's house after I told Dad that I would move in there. That night I tell Dad I want to probably stay in the area, and specifically I want to live by you and teach my course at Penn and maybe develop another one in which James B. responds, uh, Jim Biden, this can work. You need a safe harbor. I can work with your father alone. We, as usual, need several months of his help for this to work. Let's talk about it. It makes perfect sense to me. This is difficult to fully vet without talking. Will you please call me on with A? We can develop a plan together. It can work. I'm going to try to call you again. Please answer. I can and I will. Crisis with Caroline. Same problem with P in New York Post. <laughs> Dealing with it as we speak. She is okay. I believe I have it under control. I'll get back to you ASAP. So it's about helping Hunter Biden when he was addicted to drugs pay alimony, not interfere with business interests or anything like that at all. And by the way, it's from 12-29-2018. Biden was not the president then. Biden was not the vice president then. Here is AOC on MSNBC talking about what went down. Play the clip. It's good to have you there, uh, Congresswoman. This was one, this was a really striking moment. There was a much larger part of the, the, the text that sort of altered what, what that conversation about getting a job was really uh, about. How did, how did you catch that? And what does it say that that's the evidence they're using in this, their first impeachment inquiry? Well, you know, I think this just speaks to the tremendous amount of teamwork that we've been able to accomplish on the House Oversight Committee. Of course, uh, it's an honor to be the vice ranking member under Congressman Jamie Raskin, who we just heard from. And I think the leadership and the collaboration in that committee and also the depth and dedication of work, people have been pouring over these documents, at least those documents that House Republicans are even divulging before and sharing with the public before the hearing. But, um, but you know, I think immediately when this screenshot was raised, first, this was not something that, that had been seen before, but vaguely had seemed familiar. I think we had our committee staff really tearing through every possible document to try to piece together how this possibly even came to be. And I think we were finally able to match up in real time uh, what the actual context was as opposed to what uh, what Congressman Byron Donalds chose to put on that screen. And it really cannot be understated how deceptive that was to take to take critical 
messages out of context, to tear apart the context that they're in, and then to Photoshop a text message bubble to make it look like it's reconstructed back on a phone. And this is supposed to be the Republican case for impeachment. I mean, at this point, we should be investigating the investigation <laughs> for for the, the ethical conduct that is happening on the Republican side of the aisle. And I think, frankly, they knew the Republican Party knew that this was cooked and done from the beginning. Their star witnesses that they called in today said in their opening statements that there is not evidence to support articles of impeachment against the president of the United States. And by the way, the MAGA Republicans have an ongoing pattern and practice of fabricating evidence. You may have seen this video that we covered on the Midas Touch Network called Caught in the Act, Republicans Caught Fabricating Hunter Biden Documents. And this was a video we made two months ago. And what we showed here is that the messages, this from a letter that Hunter Biden's lawyers uh, sent, and they exposed it as well. Uh, it shows that the MAGA Republicans, and specifically Jason Smith, the one who's one of the three main leaders of the impeachment inquiry, this sham impeachment inquiry, uh, posted on his social media a fabricated text message of Hunter Biden. And how do we know it's fabricated? Well, it purports to be a WhatsApp message, uh, but there's a lot of things that indicate this is just purely a fabricated message. And here's how we know. The screen grab images that the MAGA Republicans posted on their social media are not real and contain a myriad of issues. Take a look at it. Both include a photo of Hunter Biden, not from 2017 when this purports to have been sent, but from the White House Easter egg roll in April 2022, long after the purported message was sent. Both images portray the message in a blue bubble when WhatsApp messages are in green. One image superimposed the Chinese flag for the contact ID when surely that was not how a text or contact was kept. And one purports to be a screenshot with a dot 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 of someone composing a text as in Apple's iMessage when that does not happen in WhatsApp. In short, the images you circulated online are complete fakes, referring to the MAGA Republicans. Many media articles confirm that the data you purported to have that come from Mr. Biden's devices have been altered or are manipulated. The MAGA Republicans, or someone who's providing it to them, is manipulating it and doing that again. All of the misstatements about his communications and your use of false text are good examples of how providing one-sided, untested, and slanted information leads to improper conclusions. And there it is, folks. Fabricated text messages. Cherry-picked portions of other messages. That's not how our system is supposed to work. And shame on the MAGA Republicans for engaging in that behavior. Despicable, despicable stuff. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 2 million subscribers. Monumental. If you want to support the growth of this channel, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch.
Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report. Continue the conversation Midas by following Mighty. us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. some important shits. <laughs> she don't need no Instagram. She Call just uses just a gram. Something that looked, appeared to be a screenshot of a text message containing or insinuating an explosive allegation. That screenshot of what appeared to be Okay, some monumental AOC cut. The Republicans. Red-handed, fabricating evidence, falsifying message between Hunter Biden. Uh, Hunter Biden and James Biden. Hi, you. And James Biden. Hunter Biden. Uh, yeah, James Biden. This calls for misconduct against all involved. Don't fuck this up, America. Call 202-224-3121 in Congress and DOJ 202. Misconduct. Remove them all now. Remove them all. Hot Republicans were in handed. <clears throat> okay, misconduct charges against all involved. So monumental AOC. Good job, AOC. Caught Republicans red-handed fabricating evidence. Falsifying message between Hunter Biden and James Biden. 
This calls for misconduct charges against all involved. Don't fuck this up, America. <laughs> Call 202-224-3121. Congress and DOJ 202-514-2000. Misconduct. Remove them all. Okay. Um... Modest touch. Um, pop up. Yeah, fucking get rid of them all. <clears throat> um, 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 did AFC, right? Rip. AFC. And, uh, Democratic Party. <clears throat> um, why hurry up just uh for the young Democrats, that sounds pretty bitchin'. <laughs> right there, pretty tough. <laughs> um who else? Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Project. I do appreciate that. So monumental AOC caught Republicans red-handed, fabricating evidence, falsifying message. Between Hunter Biden and James Biden, this calls for misconduct charges against all involved. Don't fuck this up, America. Call 202-224-3121. Congress and DOJ 202-514-2000. Misconduct! Remove them all. Okay, if I put it in Instagram, I could put a song with it. Stop in the name of love. Before you break my heart, take it over.
What the duck, a short comedy. You believe in justice, lock jump up. Stop in the name of love before you break my heart. Send it to the um, Senate DSCC. The <sighs> road from Midas, okay, Midas Touch, and Marcellus. Pop. Since it was Ben Micellus who did the hat, and you can tag Ben Micellus on Instagram. That's what I like about Instagram. You can tag everybody, like Politico. Jobs. <laughs> Good way to um, Washington Post headlines.
Lady Hassan. By Ari Melber. She's pretty awesome. Arizona Young Dem, so good. Think it over. <laughs> Looking at all these, uh, that orange racist, TikToker, MAGA dump Trump, Trump haters, Trump haters here. Never Trump, Trump haters, Trump haters, fuck Trump. Trump is a, that's a predator. Trump is trash. Trump sucks, Trump sucks, Trump haters are the best, Trump haters, follow me. Midas touch, Gen X proud, the Nazis have what they call propaganda villages to stage conditions of concentration camps to the media. Diaper Donald is taking a chapter out of the book of Hitler's speeches by his bedside. Taking a gnarly old shit on the country, literally and figuratively, staging a fake Nazi, Russian, agit, prop, North Korean style event where non-union people raised placards saying union workers for Trump, all paid actors. Thank you to Uber. How about uh, send it to David K. Johnson too? David K. Johnson's a cute surprise quitting investigative writer has repeatedly posted false information that was reviewed by independent fact checker the Whittingham Okay. Uh okay, tag anyway. Maybe you said something about uh like both of them. Marcus said something about COVID. Johnson is Here's a Pulitzer Prize winning Johnston. I'm sending a message. Maybe he'll do a story on me. Try again later. We restrict certain activity to protect our community. Um, what does that mean? Try again later. But then it looks to me like it was posted, but. Uh, what does that mean, try? That means like it, they didn't post it, but they're showing it to me as if I had posted it, successfully posted it. That's pretty much what's going on. Hey man, I wasn't just talking to myself. No. Um, so shout out to K.A.M. Pasting Radio at the University of Baridstone. Uh, Kepibati, Papayaki, Tabo Radio, Tabo Radio, Tabo Radio. On the rest with Chesta, Tabo Radio, Tabo Radio, Tabo Radio. Hey there, welcome back. Just listening to Robert live on TikTok. It's not okay. 
The failed former president Donald Trump yesterday engaged in the closest thing I recall he or any American politician doing that is this Mason close to overt Russian or North Korean style propaganda. Now you might be saying, David, that sounds a little bit hyperbolic. That what do you what do you mean? Donald Trump, after being rejected by the actual union workers that are striking in Michigan with the United Auto Workers Union, because he's against unions, why on earth would they welcome Trump? Trump went to a non-union factory, had people in the crowd holding signs that say union workers for Trump. They weren't actually union workers, and Trump in his speech pretended he was talking to union workers, mm-hmm. even though the union said, don't come here. He was at a non-union factory. This is unbelievable. The Detroit News reported that there were about four or 500 Trump supporters in the audience for Trump in Clinton Township, Michigan. It was filled with pro-Trump signs, MAGA hats, etc. Was at Drake Enterprises. Drake Enterprises has about 125 employees at this facility. So right off the bat, we know it's not even just their employees. It's a propaganda crap. Fine. But the most important aspect to this is the catalyst for Trump going was that he wanted to get involved with the UAW strike. The UAW doesn't represent the Drake Enterprises workforce. It is not a union facility. But Trump shows up as if he's speaking to union workers. In fact, there were these union members for Trump signs, which we're putting up on the screen for you right now, all over the place. Which union members? The people that work there aren't union, and it actually turns out that some of these were not even, they they were just brought in to hold signs. There was a local paper that covered this event. They found one guy holding a union members for Trump sign who wasn't in any union, period, just not in any union. Another one was holding an auto workers for Trump sign, wasn't an auto worker. The entire thing was fabricated. And here is Donald Trump speaking, again, acting like he's speaking to the United Auto Workers, which he's not. But we will stop him. Hopefully your leaders at United Auto Workers will endorse Donald Trump. Your leaders at United Auto Workers, they weren't in that room. This was a non-union factory. This is overt propaganda and misdirection. The failed former President Donald Trump yesterday engaged in the closest... Cool name, by the way. Good job, David Pac-Man. We're going to at sign him and David Pac-Man show. which is non-union.
Thanks, Peach. <clears throat> so good job David Pacman pointing out Diaper Donald's speech at Drake Enterprises which is non-union People holding UAW signs were not UAW or part of any union. Paid actors, obviously. Lock up Trump. Lock up Trump. Not lick up Trump. Lock up Trump. Lock up Trump, lock up Trump. Okay, so now I'm going to take a screenshot of that and share on Instagram. Lock up Trump. Says, good job, David Pacman Show, pointing out Diaper Donald's speech at Drake Enterprises, which is non-union, was staged. Fake speech as if he were talking to UAW, people holding UAW signs, not UAW, are part of any union. Paid actors, obviously. Lock up Trump. Okay. I'm in fucking jail.
They're all fucking fired in advance, even Jack Smith. Bunch of fucking pussies. Injustice system did its fucking job. This wannabe dictator. If our injustice system Bunch of pussies. They're afraid of him. Fucking diaper Donald. All. Okay, now I'm gonna mm, put on Trista Artista, Trista for President 2024, Trista for Governor POTUS 2024. YDA. 
Labor Caucus, Young Democrats of Atlanta, Black Caucus of YDA, oh, this is interesting, Women's Caucus. Puerto Rico. High schoolers. Uh, YDA Pacific Region. Yum Dumb's Rural Caucus. So this is really interesting. Finding some new Peeps, Muslim Caucus, Young Democrats Muslim Caucus, Stonewall, Veterans Caucus, uh, YDA, R, Women's, YDA Women's Caucus. Faith Caucus, YDA, High Schoolers Caucus, okay, 16 people. Government shut down to Americans care. And, and, and. Said. Okay, so I'm gonna 